State of Shonen Jump number two. I guess we're the only ones doing it now, guys. <laughs> yeah. It feels weird to say that. Like, regardless of personal opinions on how uh, Eyepatch Wolf did his, it, it feels weird to be the ones buckling down and talking Shonen Jump at length here. Um, just a sneak peek of all of the titles we'll be talking about, maybe, hopefully. Uh, yeah, that's a long list. <laughs> that's a long list. <laughs> I'll also add in that if we forget to talk about something, we're sorry. We yeah. just, like, went over the list several times and uh, still realized we forgot things. So, just apologies uh, in advance. We did our best with that. And this is a list of things that, like, not all of us read, not all of us have consumed in any capacity, and... Maybe later we'll have some more people join in that have read some of them and have differing opinions, maybe not. This is going to be a long podcast, so uh, throw it on in the background while you cook, you know, or do your errands while you're slaving away for 12 hours at your job. Whatever. I know that's what got me through my hell week. So, let's start things off strong with Ruri Dragon. This is one of those Enigma titles right now, because... It's on hiatus, but it was, like, the most dominant new series in the magazine this year. As and far as I'm aware, didn't it... Was it, like, outselling One Piece it, when it... It, uh, it was outpacing, from what I remember from when I was going on, this is with doing zero research in the last couple weeks, is it was doing better than your JJKs and your One Piece volumes at times. Uh, obviously, like, One Piece being the best-selling piece of media on the planet now, uh, even beating out Superman and Batman, which is bizarre to think about, but I love it. But yeah, it was outpacing the, the Titans, yeah. It, and it's, I it just goes to show that, like, you have something super wholesome, and it will sell. It doesn't have to be, like, one of those beat-em-up, super-powered manga it can be just this really wholesome school story and it, if it's coherent and well done it can sell super well and be extremely popular uh, apparently to the author's own detriment <laughs> yeah because i brought this up to you as a fair as a fairy facts and i, I might as well get polychrams's uh, opinion on this as well but um i feel like the author because they're about like they're a few years younger than um uh, than Fujimoto, aren't they? I have no idea. Because <laughs> I heard they were like twenty three or something. And they would be surprised, but I don't know. I never looked. Yeah, so and Fujimoto's like I think Fujimoto's the same age as me and Fex, isn't he? I believe yeah, he's that. in his late 20s or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like the author of Dragon saw what uh, Fujimoto was doing and figured I could do uh, I could do the same scheduling as he could. <laughs> but not everyone is built for that weekly schedule. And yeah, that's that was my theory on what on what actually happened because it it. Doesn't make uh, to me. It's like, it's like okay, you have this series, and 
you going on hiatus because of your health. Like, what actually happened? It's wild. Like, we we obviously can speculate till the end of the end of days here, but you you have this grueling scheduling of like you have a day to basically do from what I've read into like you basically have a day to do each phase of creating a manga and doing everything in a day's time like storyboarding writing typesetting all of that you get into that week after week after week it takes a toll on you and when you get to doing that at a young age when you haven't really had any history of even trying it to see like hey can i do this or hey maybe i should start with a one shot and see how i can pace myself out you just go right into it balls to the wall it will clearly take its mental toll physical toll or maybe this author had some extenuating circumstances or some health issues that we had no idea about before this and they just got exacerbated by trying to do everything day by day by day for six weeks it, like we have a volume of this series and it is a masterpiece it was like in the server like we do like our like top chapters occasionally like every time it was out it was my number one. Like, it was so much fun. Not having to read, like, beam fight after beam fight or <clears throat> sword battle after sword battle or even with, like, Sakamoto. Like, it's currently my number one uh, week after week. Like, even it was, you know, at the time, Ruby Dragon was out. You know, it was, like, dropping lower and lower. And then, like, this arc is just fucking incredible for Sakamoto. We'll get to that later. But... It's weird. It's it's a weird circumstance, and I really would like to see this come back in 2023, but I don't want it to come back in regular Jump. I would like to see it like go to Jump Plus or Jump SQ, where the author can go at their own pace a little bit, because it's a proven success, obviously. Yeah, and um, on that note, I feel the same sentiment. Like I would love it to come back in Jump Plus, and we've seen series um, that... Regardless of our own opinions on series um, that are in Jump Plus, they do they do succeed. Like the biggest one um, is Spy Family. Mm-hmm. Like I said, regardless of our opinions on Spy Family, it has it has blown blown up into the mainstream. It's basically mainstream at this point, yep. and um, and that started on Jump Plus. So I feel like if this went to Jump Plus, because in 2023, they're going to be um, translating all Jump Plus series. So I feel like if it went to there, it would get a huger audience than what it than what it's already gotten. That's insane to think about because uh, when Party Champs and I were going down the list of things in Jump Plus, we're like, holy shit, there's a lot here. <laughs> was, yeah, and, there's a lot of Jump Plus series we will not be talking about. Not because we don't read it, but because we might just save it for a whole other podcast. because yeah, that's our podcast in of itself. Like, are there too many Jump Plus titles? Or are, are, Jump are Plus there t- too many Jump Plus titles that end at like 50-some chapters? Uh, or 15 chapters. Like, um, the author who, who just recently started their series about the... Um, amnesia family like they did that oh what was it called that, that like two volume Ichinose? series Ichinose, yeah but what what's the name of the author 
something. Yes, something like that. Like they did that really dark, depressing series that uh, that people thought was going to be. Oh, you're like, talking about Attack OP. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And people were thinking like, oh, that's going to be a long running series, and then it turns out like it ended at like 15 chapters. That's that weird. was a perfect length, honestly, for that story, but we won't really be going into that for this podcast. Um, but yeah, like, just uh, keep this rolling a little bit for Ruby Dragon, so we can keep this under, like, six hours. Um, like, the, the last thing I really want to touch on is, like, now that we might potentially get it back in 2023, or we might not get it back at all, like, what what do we want to see from that story and the new year? Um, because, like, we ended it on this, like, sort of cliffhanger. I'm not going to open the, um, the the manga up on stream, obviously, for copyright reasons. But I'm going to open it up here on my other monitor just to go back and kind of refresh myself. Like, there was... A, we were getting, like, the hints that there might be more dragons or more, like things in the school because it seemed like it was just like perfectly normal in this universe um <clears throat> so and then we had like this electrostatic uh discharge cliffhanger for ruri uh at the end like getting more and more dragon powers <clears throat> so where do we think this is going to go how long do we think this is going to go on if it comes back kind of thing I would love it to be that it's not just dragons, but it's like uh, it's like uh, more supernatural creatures. So like we have um, some who are like um, vampires, some who are werewolves, or so, so... make a witch watch. <laughs> I was just gonna say like it's sounding a little. <laughs> it's pretty much gonna be witch watch. Uh, actually, the funny thing is with witch watch, we don't have. Um, we don't have like many of those creatures. I mean, we have the main cast who are those creatures, but we don't have like an entire school of them. <laughs> they just all, you know, happen to frequent around there. But yeah, like they don't all seemingly go to the school. We don't have like the day to day lives of like. In a way, we do, but like the daily school lives of, you know, those types of creatures. Um, I I would love to see. It not turn into like a Kobayashi's Dragon Maiden, you know, obviously. Um, this, is, this is a different type of story, but where we have like 17,000 different types of dragons and we have all this like various stuff going on. Um, and then obviously like the the plot of uh, Kobayashi's Dragon Maids being the, uh, <clears throat> the, the, the lovely, <clears throat> how to say this without getting, the the uh the hentai bait of um Kobayashi's Dragon Maids obviously but I I would love to see a I would love to see this be like a mid-length series like your um 80 to 90 chapters of just the daily school lives of various like mythological creatures or um various different types of dragons like obviously now we have ones that can do electrostatic uh stuff or we have like the the fire breathing but i would like to see like maybe like this one over here can shoot ice breath or this one over here can do like various cool different things like that if it wants to go just the purely dragon route um just my thoughts on that 
Uh, Party Jams, you got any uh, like length suggestions for this or uh, where the story can go? Oh, well, I mean, this is not one of the series I'm reading, so I'm leaving uh, it to you guys. Uh, I don't. Uh, I read the first chapter, and like, I didn't have anything against it. It just I didn't see what was so captivating about it. I will admit it's very different from a lot of things in the magazine, so I can see how it stands out there, as you mentioned, Vex. But it's a, a slice of life series um, in and of itself about mystical creatures. Like none of that seemed too special. Um, and it didn't seem like it was going to be very story oriented, which is fine, but it didn't seem like anything I was going to get particularly invested in. And since the series ended up, you know, not panning out, at least as of now, it seems like there was no point in me trying to get invested. That's so. very fair. Um, so we'll go from there to one that ended like shortly after uh, our last one, uh, Doran Doran. Oh. Again, you were like, super invested in this one, Luke. I I was because it it was pretty much um, just it was pretty much a bleach esque series, and um, and I just liked the dynamic between the two main characters. I would have mm -hmm. said three, but the main quote unquote female character had the Taiju effect. Ah, <laughs> yeah, where it's like she shows up you think like oh she's going to be like central to the plot and then she just disappears until the end <laughs> and mia um me and pyjans made the uh, made the joke of like where's jinchika or whatever her name was jinchio anyhow she ended up missing and well that happens with quite a lot of jump female characters main heroines now that i think about it yeah. But we'll did, get through this as we go through yeah. the series. But I did like the lore of the the lore of the series, and I I liked the concept of the main character not having any supernatural abilities, but end up basically being an Aster type character, for lack of a better word. So the, um, this is a series I also really enjoyed, and like Luke said, it's the main duo that really sells it. Their dynamic and, of course, the art style is incredible for this series. Um, and they also slowly over time built up a little bit of a power system as well, which was interesting to see and very fun to speculate about. But I think the biggest criticisms that people had towards this series that I don't fully disagree with, but I don't think was too much of an issue in execution, was that um, it's a series that feels very similar to almost any other jump battle series you've read like luke mentioned it's very similar to bleach but it almost is a little too similar at times when you have like some of the character designs like one of the major one of the first major bad guys uh we meet is basically a grand fisher-esque character literally down to the way they act and the fact that they are responsible for the protagonist's mom perishing um and and then that character led to a Grimjow esque yeah, character. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like, why don't we gonna talk about the Grimjow esque character? We're gonna talk about him now because he was great, but again, very similar, almost a little too similar to Bleach. And the other thing is that I think this series it really struggled to have it like its own identity, but its strongest point, I think the other weakness is that strongest point, which is Kusanagi, didn't get utilized perfectly. Oh no! Because Kusanagi, 
his ability for those who don't know, he is a Mononoke, which is the name for the creatures, monsters in this world, who has the ability to transform into other weapons. And when the series first started, I thought, oh man, this is going to be so awesome. They can use his transformation abilities to great effect, but they really don't. Most of the time he's a sword, just a basic sword, and that's kind of a waste for what uh, he could have done. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think it's a series that had potential, but really didn't deliver on its full potential. And I think because of that is why it didn't succeed. But it is unfortunate because it was one of the better 20, 2022 series that come out in Jump. Yeah, um, you I, pretty I much hit the nail one, on that. Like, I can't really weigh in too much, but I did, from, like, what I saw of the art from you guys sharing it in the chat, like, it really did have that super stylistic art style. Like, if it would have kept on going for a little bit longer, it feels like something I would have touched on. But I have, like, this internalized rule in the back of my head to let things build up for at least 20 chapters, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's fair. That's why I didn't read Ruby Dragon yet. Um... <laughs> uh, but, like, I feel like it's a trend now, because you touched on it um, kind of following in the footsteps of Leech. I feel like it's a trend now to latch on to one of the previous, like, holy trinity of Shonen and kind of take inspiration from that. You see, like, a little bit of Bleach and Black Clover. You see, you know, Dragon Ball inside of, like, My Hero Academia. You see bits of Bleach inside of, like, JJK. You see, you know, like, One Piece and a lot of the more wacky, um, over-the-top uh, stuff. Like, even in, like, Roboco, you see little, little like, slapsticky nods to uh, that in there. So, like... It's it's very weird that we're getting in this era because like every generation of jump takes inspiration from the previous generation of jump, but sometimes it's done to a series of detriment, like you said. Um, like early Black Clover really leaned heavily into that, in my opinion. <clears throat> and that's why like it took me a couple times to kind of get into it, and we'll get into my thoughts on current Black Clover a little bit later. Uh, comments are gonna be super fun for that. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I've, I would like to see something that was this pretty succeed, at least. Um, but it's, it's part of the jump gamble. You, you win some, you lose some. I would hope to see this author come back um, at some point, though. Um, but yeah, like... Yep, same here. Any other thoughts, or should we move on to the next series? Uh, yeah, I've got no more thoughts of... I think you said pretty much everything, um, everything Pythons that I had in mind. And like Fix said, I'd really love this author to come back at some point. Uh, Aliens area. This was a weird one. This was one that I was like, I eventually was just like, I am not, uh, I am not even bothering with. And, and you're not alone in that because I saw at first it seemed like it was going to pop off, and then. It, it turned into a mess, apparently. It's one I had nothing, uh, no investment in other than watching the turmoil on Twitter. <laughs> you want to know what I thought people were going to do? Because I made this comparison when I saw the designs of the two main characters. I was going to, I thought it was going to be like a case of like <clears throat> Luffy from One Piece meets Dr. Cena from Dr. Stone. <laughs> 
it, it did kind of look like it. Like character design wise, it looked really wacky. Um, it was it, more because it was more because of the scars on their faces. Because one of them looks like they've got Dr. Cena's scar from Dr. Stan, and the other looks like they've got Luffy's scar on his uh, cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Party Chance is the only one that was really invested in this one in any capacity. Yeah, so I'll take it from here. So basically, for those who don't know, this series was like Men in Black, but Shonen. And we follow like basically two protagonist-esque characters. Uh, one is like, uh, I forgot their names exactly. I remember one was like Shark. The one who looks like Dr. Dino was like Shark something. And then the other one started with like a T. It's been a little while since I read the series. But effectively, um, this world... it. Is Earth is known as Aliens Area because in the grander galactic scheme, we're kind of a no man's land of um, alien life forms just coming in with very little uh, intergalactic government regulation, except for the organization we follow. And effectively, the series starts out, I think, kind of slow because they really want to build up like their uh, power system, which was based on like gadgets, and they kind of went over the strengths and weaknesses. The weapons, they also wanted to build up like their cast a bit. So it took a little while to get going. But honestly, I think that the series slowly started to build more and more intrigue. And almost contrary to what Vex said at the end, I think it actually was at its peak near the end. Because at that point is when we really started to question the morality of the organization that we were following and the enemies that we were fighting. Everything existed in an interesting morally gray area in terms of the actions that they deemed appropriate for how to deal with aliens and alien-human relationships. And above all that, we also get to see like what our characters went through in terms of experimentation to gain the abilities that they currently have. Um, I think the strongest part of the series is when we really just started like watching coordination between like a lot of the different teams of the group to take down the bad guys. So I feel like Aliens Area had a smoother ending than a lot of other series, but it was also very clearly axed because there was like the first half of the series was basically just build up. And the second half was the resolution to one of the major antagonists being taken down. So I think it is a little unfortunate that this was a series that had plans to go on for a good while. And then right as it was getting good, it's when it had to wrap up its story. But I think, again, like this wasn't like my favorite series from 2022 and not even my favorite act series, but it was still up there as a series I really started to look forward to as I was watching it die. Um, So, yeah, I think if I had to recommend like one like quick story to read that got cut in 2022 even over like um some other ones we'll talk about i think it would probably be this one because you will get at least a pretty quick coherent story from start to finish i I mean that's kind of like the dangers of basing the entire um your entire perspective on a series based on twitter drama um but it, that's one thing I really hate about that space online is just like Twitter in particular for manga is the toxic cesspool and they either want one series to succeed or none of them. <laughs> um, I mean, the other thing with Twitter is using it as any bar of success you can kind of see is not the best idea because like I think right now the big thing people are talking about is like uh, the new Avatar movie. It's of course doing very well because it's Avatar. 
But people are like, why aren't people talking about it on Twitter? And I'm like, I don't think that's how you can measure success. Right. No, not at all. Um, and obviously, like, fucking Avatar is its own enigma, and everybody has different opinions on it, but I think it's just overhyped. Um, <clears throat> I, I well, think for worth, I enjoyed the movie, but we probably shouldn't talk too much about it. Right. Uh, I haven't seen the sequel yet, and I'll wait till it's near the end um, of the run, so I can have like an empty theater for it, like I did with Black Panther too. Uh, oh, I love those empty theaters with you. Oh yeah, for sure. I uh, mean, I'm I'm just gonna be one who's just gonna watch on Disney Plus when it comes. Oh yeah, I I gotta rewatch the original movie before I see that anyway, and it's been like four years since I watched it. Uh, but super smartphone guys. Um, it's uh, another weird one that came out this year. <laughs> uh, so, this is, the premise between this one is kind of like a Death Note series, ex- or even closer to Mariah Nikki for those of you who are familiar with it, because it's effectively like a competition between a bunch of people who have smartphones, which is uh, essentially what happened in Mariah Nikki. The idea is that we follow like an intelligent protagonist um, by the name of Q. And his smartphone is has the capability of searching for any kind of information on the planet. And hence why they're called the super smartphones. Well, they have a different names, but I'm not calling it Google phones for the entire discussion because I can't take that name seriously. But yeah. this was probably my favorite act series that came out because I really enjoy mind game uh, psychological series. It's like my favorite subgenre of manga. That's why I read things like Tomodachi Game and Talentless Nana and Shadow's House. Like series like these, where it's like a competition of minds, is very fun. And I think this series, while it did have a habit of information dumping a lot, I think it also did a decent job illustrating it through design works. It reminded me a lot of Doctor Stone in that way, where it showed diagrams to kind of show off the information that's hard to handle. But at the same time, I think the weakness that people didn't really like about the series is the fact that it kind of uh, was one of the series that bordered on being a little too smart for itself. I didn't really get that vibe, but I think near the end, I kind of saw what people were saying. But uh, I think Luke wanted to talk more about the antagonist, which was his uh, favorite aspect. Yeah, um, the antagonist in Super Smartphone, I was really invested in because it seemed like he was the kind of antagonist who could be that L-esque guy to um, uh, Q's light, or I guess the other way around, like um, uh, Q was more um, L-esque, whereas the antagonist was more light-esque. But yeah, what I found fascinating about it was just like I said, his intelligence and how he used that to be really intimidating at times. Like, um, whenever he was on, uh, whenever he was on page, until I decided I'm just, get- I am getting so bored with this series, I'm gonna drop it, or I'm just getting too overwhelmed, I'm gonna drop it. I was really invested in everything he said. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I finished. Vex was going to say something. So oh, okay. you guys almost sold me on this till I saw it was ending. Because when it was wrapping up, like all of the um, all of the people in the server that were talking about this series were like hyping up, like it was really 
looking like it was going to be something really good on that Death Note level. And I, I'm i like you, uh, Party James. I like that psychological, like, suspenseful story. It's why, like, Mira Nikki, um, Death Note, specifically, like, part one for me. Like, there's a lot in that. And then there was another one that I talked about in um, in Chainsaw Man review um, that wrapped up while I was living with Red. Is uh, It's called Sacrificial Vote. Like, stories like that just really intrigue me and keep my my goo brain working. Uh, so, like, I was getting ready to start this one. And they might still just read it just for the hell of it because it sounds like it's interesting the more you guys are talking about it here in this video even. But, like, it ending so suddenly kind of sucks because, like, it's it, it could have been this long story... Like, it sounded like there was a lot of plans for this to go on and on and on. But it, it just got met with the, the axe of Shonen Jump. And that's, um, that's unfortunate. Like, we had a lot of casualties this year. <clears throat> and they had a lot of promise. Um, and looking back to the last video, like, even Ayashiman, like, that would have been a, a fun story to keep going if it had a chance to keep going. Or Red, uh, Red Hood, for me, like... I liked it for other reasons, but, you know. Uh... Yeah, um, facts. Um, big busted, uh, big busted now-esque individuals cannot carry a series. Sure can. <laughs> no! Wait till we get to Fabrican 100. We'll discuss this a little more. But I, uh, I am... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, like uh, I, I would like to see like those series in particular like carry on a bit, uh, and then like Super Smartphone was one of those as well. Uh, but you were about to say Party Jams. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I wanted to go off something you said, which I think was very good. Um, is the fact that this is a series that felt very similar to me in how it ended, like Phantom Seer, where it. Ended at, like, well, Aliens area, and why I would recommend that series to be read is just, I felt like it finished at least a branch of its storyline. This, like, Phantom Seer, it ended right as we were getting into, like, the big meat and potatoes of the series. Because in a similar way, it set up here, it had one of those chapters, like, a few chapters before it ended, where it's like, here are all these characters we're going to meet with smartphones, and it's going to be a whole, like, battle of engagement and I thought, oh man, this series is really about to ramp up. But then, much like how Phantom Seer started, like showing all those antagonists we were going to face off, it ended like a few chapters in. So it feels like, in the same vein, the author got the memo, like almost like right after that chapter or something, or at least two ch more chapters in, because I swear as they were setting up like who is going to be our allies and our enemies, they were like, okay, well, let's just finish off the main antagonist and just wrap up the series. And so this is more so than any other mangaka that got left. I want to see them come back because I feel like this is a lot of the other manga that we talked about. Well, it's obviously except for Ruri Dragon, who has like a whole success on their hands. Um, this mangaka, like they knew how to like present and draw a story. I feel like some of the other ones, like they had some ideas, but it wasn't fully executed. This one, I think, just got prematurely cut. And so I hope they come back because I feel like they already know what they're doing and how they want to tell a story. And additionally, I just feel like, and maybe we'll talk more about this a little later, but there is a lot of 
manga sub genres that are kind of missing from our lineup, like one being sports, but not as into sports, but also psychological series like uh, Death Note or a super smartphone. We don't have any of those except for maybe one, which honestly doesn't really feel like um, one of like the best example of the genre at this point in time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and like, like you said, like this is an author that knows their stuff. They, they can come back anytime and then just kind of get back on track. Um, and I hope they do. Like I, I want to see these younger authors succeed. And that's something not a lot of people realize is like a lot of these newer, newer authors are just getting started like every every successful mangaka has a pile of trash that got thrown to the wayside and a lot of people are just especially like well i'm glad that one failed you know don't be glad that it failed be glad that they learned something and every little bump in the road for these newer authors is that a learning experience for them and they can come back to the magazine come back refreshed and start a new project and let it be with that lesson learned of what what didn't work in the last story um but earth child on the other hand <laughs> oh boy ah <laughs> uh... The series that, sh uh, in my honest opinion, should not have uh, should not have been a thing. It should have been a one, one and done chapter. I read the first chapter of this. I'm like, this is it, right? This is this is the whole story, right? Pretty much because it's like they, it's like they told the entire story in that one chapter, and then when they got picked up, they were like, what do I do? Alright, I will be right back, guys. I gotta go grab those packages from the front door. Alright, so... You want us to continue? Yep, yeah, yeah we, we should continue with our child. Yeah, we should continue. Okay. So, like, again, Earth Child, like I said, first chapter, really, really good, really solid, but at the same time, it's like, after that, where where do you go with it? Like, there's literally nowhere to, nowhere to go, and it's... And what I thought was going to happen was that we were going to get a time skip um, to the future where it shows the child uh, being grown up and having some sort of superpower themselves. But nope, it just focus on, focuses on the uh, on the father father character. Yeah. Um, okay. So if anyone has seen any of Luke's videos, he knows that this is not a series I was a fan of the least because uh, I unlike him and le several other people this was a series I kept going and I think of all the j series that came in jump uh, this was probably the most hated series and very rightfully so because it was a mess because even the first chapter which a lot of people say this would have worked as a one shot and I think it would have barely passed as a one shot in my opinion because what it, the first chapter did was establish a relationship between two characters, one who has like psychic powers known as an earth child, and then the most average person ever, that's their whole character, uh, come together and have a child. And then that uh, the mom, the earth child, had to sacrifice herself in dramatic fashion, and now the son has inherited her abilities. And so... Because of this, I figured, okay, well, this series could have just ended right here, but I thought, like Luke said, this would be a story about how a 
character or um, a person we saw the backstory of the baby would be following in the mother's footsteps and how the dad is going to have to deal with the trauma of loss and everything. So it looked promising, even though I wasn't sold on the romance because we had that all in one chapter. But then following, we did follow the dad, the average boring nobody, and they kept telling us how average and boring he is. Uh, his character... His character was supposed to be inspirational, whereas someone average ordinary put into extraordinary circumstances can rise above due to love of his family, which, again, I wasn't too super sold on, but I thought there was at least some cute moments where he was trying to do good by his son, but he just wasn't an interesting protagonist. The other problem is, especially in the early chapters, was that the organization we were following, which took care of the Earth children, they are always flip-flopping between are they like a messed up group or a good just a group. Like comparing to Aliens area, for example, the Men in Black's organization in that series, they were very much definitively morally gray, where they will do what it takes to protect humanity from aliens. Like it was very established where they stand. But this group, they kind of flip flop between, oh, okay, we will start erasing people's memories. We will kidnap children. But then they'll also be like, but no, we want to do right by this family now. And so I don't know who I was supposed to be cheering for or why. But with the first three chapters, I thought at the very least we would just be following a hero growing up, which in and of itself would have been fine. I actually would have been like to see a Shonen Jump protagonist grow up. That actually could have been cool, a premise. But then we find out that the mom is not dead. She's like in a suspended state of animation, basically cars from JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, for those who've seen that. And he's just floating in space and just like barely surviving. So then the series instead becomes about training up a baby to go save the mom from space. And you would think that the series would have ended with that when they saved the mom from space, but no, then we get that time jump we were waiting for this whole time and just start having this family uh, going on adventures, which would be fun if it wasn't for the fact that the antagonist of the series ended up being the embodiment of the planet Earth. We were fighting Earth, and, like, Earth is kind of a jerk, like a big... Wait, 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 wait. What? Yes. Oh, you didn't know that part? Oh, yeah, no. See, the last antagonist was just Earth. Like, the what? one who was giving birth to... The you ch- thought children? global warming was bad. Wait, wait until wait. you had to fight Earth itself. What's Earth was so white material, though, I will say. So, oh my, oh my word. It was Earth-chan. It is exactly what you think. I was, thinking, I was thinking of that. I was f- generally God thinking about that. Like, fucking it's Earth. end me. No, it is just Earth-chan. Oh, like, my God. word. Oh, my. So, Evil Earth-chan. Let, okay, so let me get, let me get this straight. So... We save the mother, then we get the time skip, and then it's revealed that Earth-chan was the bad guy this whole time. Here's the thing. Technically, they alluded to Earth-chan effectively being the reason that Earth-children slowly die off because every hero needs to have a dramatic death or whatever. I don't know. And then, so we see like a voice for the last Earth-child, Albert, who was kind of a mentor character. Um, and he like was almost... Dead, dead because of Earth Chantel's, oh, go sacrifice yourself to save Earth from a black hole. But then he survives the black hole because that makes sense. And then the black hole is just inside him or something, I forget. But then the um, next Earth child is uh, 
the mom who we saw sack herself, the voice she heard in the first chapter was Earth-Chan. And then we get to meet Earth-Chan as she was, mom was being saved. And Earth-Chan is effectively pissed there's so many Earth-children alive because there's only supposed to be one at a time. And so she's like, I need to rebalance this and just causes a massive natural disasters across the planet just to kill off like three people. So and wait, then like um, Earth couldn't Earth couldn't like just uh, find out where they find out where they were and then just like drop a drop a hailstorm on top of them. No, they she knew exactly where everybody was and just put like hurricanes and everything. I don't even understand why it was hard to kill them. Because she herself pointed out it's like I'm Earth. You guys are like cells to me. And I'm like, yeah, this shouldn't be hard then. How are they resisting you? Yeah, and the, I don't... the way they win is like through a Takno, the most Takno Jutsu thing to ever exist. They have a family meeting, psychically linked. Oh, oh God. Say say what you were about Doctor Stone's ending. At least that at least that ending ended with the ended with the antagonist um, say, "Yeah, no, we we don't believe in you, so we're gonna go bye." Yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, Doctor Stone's ending was honestly like probably a little over dramatized by some people. It was a solid enough ending, but yeah, Earth Child. Now that was a mess. And what's funny is there were a very small handful of people who I knew who actually enjoyed the series. Almost had it in the early chapters one of their favorites, just because they liked the family aspect of it, which I kind of got, but eh, I didn't think they did a good job with that either. But by the end, even the fans were like. How is this series continuing to exist? Yeah, no, honestly, and also about that. Just what I've uh, heard is just crazy. Yeah, and also about that family aspect. We already have two series that do that very well: Spike's family and Yosakura family. We don't need another one. Yeah, this one. And the funny thing is, I would say there was some potential here because they had some ideas but i don't think i actually don't think this manga can knew what idea they want to settle on they want to have cute family stuff but they wanted these giant earth like planet scale battles and i don't think they understood like what to focus on or how to not make this melodrama feel believable so you know again i i don't wish harm or ill on anyone but this is not a particular mangaka i'd be too excited to see and unlike other series where people thought okay the uh, some of the editing decisions probably screwed this up now i don't think this was an editing decision i feel like they just didn't know what they wanted to yeah. do no, no um, like the gif i put in mod stuff is me listening to this conversation right now uh <laughs> yeah uh yeah like like i said i feel like they had the first they had the first um what one shot and they were like i want to do an entire series in one in one go oh crap what do i do now this actually popped off let me let me cobble together a story no 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 just just let it be a one shot let, let it exist on its own um so where where to go next because earth child is making me want to consume all of the substances right now uh, <laughs> uh let, let's let's go to one that i know red hasn't read and it's almost time for him to get out of work so uh da don uh, yeah i i have 
I have not read Dawn to Dawn since the early chapters. I've skimmed through bits of it. I know in the last arc there was a kaiju battle, and I'm just like, how did we go from aliens talking about banana penises and um, and um, a turbo granny stealing golden balls off the main character to a kaiju battle? Because plot. oh, that's so relevant. All of that still ties into what we're How does banana penises tie into a kaiju? Okay, I am generally curious. Um, I'm saying this 100% with seriousness. How do banana pieces tie into a kaiju battle? Well, technically the golden balls tied into it. Um, so, so a strapping because you, you you need like to be high to read the series. Can right? I um, can I just get some substance to drink while you're going through this? <laughs> yes, please. Go for it. but no, like. This series has the the anime rumor mill going around, and I, I feel like it's only a matter of uh, when, uh, not if, it gets an anime like we were talking about yesterday, Party Jams. And I, I, I really, I don't want MAPPA to get it. I want MAPPA to let its workers go home for a while. <laughs> um, but I don't know of another studio that would do this uh, justice while uh, Luke goes uh, and grabs some juice or tea or whatever he's going to consume. Oh, I already had my substance on standby. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I really don't know of another good fit studio-wise for this. Uh, before we get into the plot, uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Oh, uh, yeah, so... I, oh, would, I would say... Because I don't think they've done anything in a while. Madhouse? Yeah, that's a possibility. Actually, uh, that's a good question. What is the last thing Madhouse did? Last uh, thing I think they really did was Hunter Hunter. I can't be right. Anguish. Just Google this real quick. I know they were in turmoil after season two of One Punch Man. Um, oh no no they've done they've done other things yeah yeah i was gonna say i knew i just saw some they did vampire dies in no time which by the way getting a second season next season it's gonna be great and yeah a few of these other series i've heard of but i haven't seen uh they've done death parade and parasite the maximum oh yeah i just have to watch death parade that's a good one um side tangent um I know the concept of Death Parade, and I just find it ironic how it has one of the most upbeat, cheery theme songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it definitely does not do it justice, and I kind of respect that. Um, but yeah, like, Madhouse could be a good fit if they're in a better state. Um... I mean, they are making stuff, but I think they're just smaller series in the last couple years. So. That's fair. Um... But, no, you you start off with just, like, this supernatural story, right? Where you you got, like, yokai in the background, and then aliens in the background, and then it all just goes, uh, like Luke said, like, you get this super creepy vibe from this one fucking alien race here, where they're just like, we want to breed with you, or, uh, we need your banana, 
And then, uh, no, it, it goes to, like, collecting the golden balls of the protagonist. And those golden balls are somehow, like, fuel for these kaiju-esque robots. What? Allegedly, maybe, or just fuel in general. Yeah, they could just be similar in form, but that's a big contention right now. Uh, and then now we have... Uh, that creepy race going to battle with an even creepier looking race of aliens and the main uh female um i'm horrible with names as if you watch any of our content the main female is teaming up with the one that maybe tried to grope her in the early chapters <laughs> well here, here's how here's how you remember the main female they're the same name as the father in mission yosakura all right Mo. Uh, but yeah, that's, no. that's actually a good way to remember. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? That's great. Um, now if I can just remember, uh, Voloma, the the kaiju girl, got sent off into exile by Momo in the last chapter. And every week I read this, I'm like, I am not high enough to read this series, but it is so much fun. I I fucking adore this series so much. Because it, it's nonsensical, but it also all makes sense. As yeah, and as much as we're talking about its randomness, which is like a huge aspect to the series and its charm, there is a really good underlying story there. We, What I love about Don Don is at first, I was just in it for the random ride, but it felt almost a little too similar to Chainsaw Man with trying to appeal to like being chaotic and somewhat dark, but also goofy. But then, like, I think compared to Chainsaw Man, I much more quickly got emotionally invested in the cast because unlike Fujimoto, we're not just killing off characters constantly. Uh, and so I was able to watch them develop and grow and expand the cast and flesh them out and get through character arcs. And the current stuff is, even now, we're still, like, going, giving more layers to the characters and their relationships, and I really love that. I feel like Don Don is probably among my favorite Jump Plus series, um, I think it's Jump Plus, Jump Plus series going on right now. And yeah, it's anime, easily going to recommend it to like everybody. Oh yeah, and, and it, you're right, like it being Fujimoto's assistant, um, or... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was uh, his assistant. It, he, he doesn't follow Fujimoto's footsteps beat for beat, which is great, because like you do actually get to see characters develop. Like the um, the former boyfriend of Momo turning into the fucking beast that he is now, and also trying to maintain relationships while being possessed by his spirit is just one of my favorite things going on at the moment. Uh, who's driven only to battle strong things, but mostly the MC. <laughs> Yeah, and that character is, I think, Ark. Like, when we got into his story is when I really realized how special a series it is. Because before that, it was just kind of, like, settling in on the romance between the two characters, which is cute, I will say, very cute. But I think when there was more depth added, when uh, Gigi ended up showing up, and then going off that, when we developed one of the bully characters into, like, a fully realized character, and then, like, a random side character just joined our main cast out of nowhere and i'm already like cool i already like you. this series does a great job of making me like characters like as soon as it needs me to start liking the character you actually came in use creepy fucking four-eyed 
dude who knows how to pilot a mech somehow. You've watched way too much TV. Thank you for being here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, I, I just, I want to see more of the series in the new year. I, this has got to be my favorite current running Jump Plus title. Other than, uh, well, even Ayakashi is technically just Jump is just on Manga Plus. But yeah, I, I fucking, this, this is something I adore. And what I want to see is, are, are, are Akron just get his balls back? I just, I just need my boy to get his balls back. That's a weird. Yeah, it was say. weirdly upsetting when he lost more of his nuts. I'm just like, why? I was uh, for this um, guy. Question. Uh, question. How can? Uh, I can't believe I'm about to answer this question, but it's in the co relevant context of the conversation. How many balls does this guy have? <laughs> No, it's still two, but it's like, well, actually, now how many? Uh, yeah. I, it, is it one, or did he lose both of them? He, he, he's lost. back down to ballless. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's back to, yeah, zero. Uh, this is important to the Lord. I, I, I have a poor joke that I don't want to say. Go for it. <laughs> I apologize immensely, Fex. I am so sorry for this. I hope you forgive me. So he's basically a pussy now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's a eunuch, basically. That's why I said I apologize. I didn't want to say it, but no. I got the approval from Vex. Go for it. Like, there, there's there's no way about it. Like, this this man has been neutered by the universe around him. And the funny thing is, as funny as we say this is, the last chapter was so dark. Our characters are beaten bloody, and they are children. They don't. The series never makes us forget that they are kids in high school that don't Wait, fully what? know what they're doing. Wait, oh yeah, what? they are bloody near the brink of death. Our, our man is a, basically on a makeshift ICU machine. I'm saying makeshift ICU. It's a ventilator, but just in case people don't know what that is. Yeah, I am he's going like to, on a vent. I am going to look this up now just to yeah. see for myself. Yeah. Oh, and also speaking of the last chapter. Um, uh, I don't think the Shonen Jump intern is at all watching this, but uh, on the off chance that people know what I'm talking about, I really hope they did not lose their job because they accidentally leaked previews from a future chapter in a, the recent tweet to promote the current chapter. So, oh, God, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my word. Yeah, they're in no state to be fighting anymore. It's, it's literally the Momo show right now. The Momo and Alien Dude show. It's bizarre. Um, it, it, I don't. I don't know how much darker the series can get, but it, this is a dude that's worked with Fujimoto, so I, I guess trauma seeps through that man's veins. Yeah, and just the fact that it can do like comedy and darkness sufficiently, like it's something I really adore. It's authors like Shinohara, and man, I really should just learn this manga because Nate. Uh, I'm gonna probably just look it up right now. Uh, I got the first volume right here beside me. Uh, Yokinobu Tatsu. Okay, great. So wait, like, Tatsu is his last name? Yep. Okay, so Tatsu Sensei, okay. I can remember that. That's a simple enough name to remember. Uh, but yeah, I, I just happened to get the first volume in the, one of these packages. <laughs> um, along with three more to my Fire Force collection. Um, but yeah. So should we go on to the next series? I, we have another I, one, Red hasn't read. 
Uh, I think now would be the perfect time to talk about Elusive Samurai. Uh, well, um, I do not read this series, so I will be back in a minute. You guys can take it. Yeah, Vex, do you read it? I'm I not too sure. It early, uh, and then I dropped it because it just made me uncomfortable. Uh... Yeah, fair enough. I'll then, as the person who's caught up with it, I'll talk about it. So again, this is a series that's been going on for a while, so most of you are probably familiar. But basically, it's like a historical fiction series, and it takes place during a warring period in Japan, and we're kind of following these historical events, but from a more comedic manga perspective. Um, and what I like about this series is that it's comedy when it's good is very solid because it's written by the same manga who did Assassin's Classroom. And also the wars can be decent. I say decent because it does include a good amount of like explaining the strategies used. And that aspect is very interesting to see, especially watching the main character like learn these strategies because they're a child at this time. And like learning how to fight, how to conduct war, it's very interesting because it's also done from this historical perspective. And watching these characters and learning about the history of this time period is great. But I also feel like it's highly, highly geared towards a Japanese audience based on like the references that they do. Very much like Demon Slayer, because I feel like the Japanese audience will have a greater appreciation for these things and their history. Which is fine, but it's not going to gain as much momentum in the West, though. Having said that, I feel like sales-wise, the series hasn't been doing so great recently. But that's not due to a declining quality. In fact, I think that the most recent chapters, like, we're having some of the biggest climactic fights going on right now. Like, the main war has started, and it has very much paid off a lot of the build-up to the cast and the characters we've got to know. Um, just watching the insanity unfold between, like, these characters who have learned how to conduct war and are figuring out their place in the world, like the kids especially. Uh, I think I was talking to Vex about this yesterday, but one of the most memorable scenes in recent things was a horse race in a battlefield to build up morale. And it was a competition for that, except the enemy was so insane that he was wearing a horse mask and also drinking the brains of his horse in order to like, he like drunk his prefrontal cortex of the horse to make it go insane and run faster. It was so awesome. But he, the horses kept dying and had to get renewed like a NASCAR race ride, effectively. And I loved it. But also, it ended like showing the tragic backstory of the horse rider. And you actually felt really bad for like what he's gone through and like basically what war has shaped him into. So this series has quality, but I feel like it lost a lot of people along the way. And it also is not really geared for a uh, Western audience. So it's not a series I can highly recommend, even though you'll probably see like many people who read a lot of Shonen Jump like really love this series and for good reason. So I will say if you can stick it out, uh, I think it's worth the time. But also realize that the comedy is very hit or miss and that the war chapters, especially early on, are very dense. And if you don't read too many war manga where they show like different aspects of the battlefield going on it, multiple different times, Your it's Kingdom a little hard to follow. Yeah, it's closest comparison, except I haven't actually read Kingdom so I, yet, so I can't really say speak to that. But yeah, uh, List of Samurai, I think at its current state, it's really solid, but uh, throughout 2022, I think it was a slow decline up until it got to this point. I hope it's going to wrap up soon because I really want this series to end a good note. But honestly, with a lot of the recent stuff, it could end as soon as sometime next year, but it could also 
continue with some of the characters they've built up to go on for a bit longer. So well, I don't know. Uh, well, I've I've returned and I just heard that last bit from you, uh, Pie Drums. Um, what chapter are we on for Elusive Samurai? Is a good question. I'll just go on Viz and check it out. Yeah, because the whole thing as well is that this author uh, doesn't like to do long-running series. No, they really don't do a whole lot of long-running It's 92 chapters in. 92. Uh, Assassination Classroom was 180, so it could only go on for another year at this point. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's fair. Um I I do uh, hope that the author finds some success with it. You know, I don't want them to not, you know, have that. It's just this um, this one just made me really uncomfortable with the yaoi bait, like hardcore. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I dropped it like I think before our last one, I believe. Um, last state of showing up video. Actually. Yeah, and I really couldn't get into the series. And I don't blame either of you for feeling that way. I think I just stuck with it because I enjoyed I enjoy war series. Um, this one, not as much as other ones, to be honest, but it's definitely a, a very niche kind of series and weird to have it in Shonen Jump, to be honest. But it's something different to read on a weekly basis, and I can't say I haven't been enjoying it. And the art's also gone crazy. I'm not sure if I've posted some of the recent stuff panels, but man, I love when it does like combat art. It does do combat really well. I will give it that. And <clears throat> it's something I wasn't really expecting. Like I know the author can do combat in some terms, but I didn't think I could see them doing historical combat like that. But it really did really well uh, for what I read of it. So props to them, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so this isn't a series that, you know, you two have much to say on. Should we go on to another one? I'm looking through this here and seeing where we can go to. Uh, fuck it. Let's go to Black Clover. Uh, okay, you can start because I know you have a lot to say. Yeah. So, Black Clover, for me, was something I picked up to do reviews on. Because um, I wanted to have a another review series, and it was something a lot of us, or a couple of us read. And I stuck it out through the pandemic, right? And I'm just reading. That's when I learned that Viz has a cap on the chapters, the number of chapters you can read in a day. Uh, which boggled my mind. I, like, no, you cannot read any more today. Please, please go out and touch grass. Moment. Um, <laughs> we we do not want you to turn into Weeaboo number seventy five. So go 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 do something else, right? So I'm sitting there reading. Basically, it was like fifty chapters a day uh, for a good week and a half, two weeks until we got caught up. And then we had the spade arc, which was kind of hit or miss for me. You know, you had moments of, like, Magma uh, being a badass. You had Vanica being the step on me mommy. And then you have this arc, which is Wano Light. <laughs> 
and I and just like I don't care like none of these characters other than Yami's family backstory here is interesting to me that is the only thing I care about you have sister Lily being a villain now because plot needs to progress but at this point you had it at a moment where you took everything from Asta basically right and I'm supposed to feel this but I'm like I I feel like Asta had already moved past Sister Lily, even in that moment, right? Well, um, to play devil's advocate... Um, hey, there's Wild Red, while I'm ranting about Black Clover. Hey, Red! We're just up to a series that I don't know if you read still, Black Clover. Still. Oh, I guess I, at one point I was... Uh, Thurman was walking me through it, but uh, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, I... I got up to, like, the Sea Temple something... Oh, okay. Temple arc. Yeah. Yeah. Early, early, early stuff. But uh, luck is the best character, and then everyone else is whatever. <laughs> That's my assumption. <laughs> That's okay. My um, well, what was I going to say? Yeah. Um, slight spoiler here, but Sister Lee's an antagonist now. Um, wait, the, the, wait, 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 The nun that, that he simped over? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, to play Devil's Advocate here, FX, um, that is something that. They basically brought my Bleach fanfiction to life because I said to someone on uh, fanfiction.net, can you write a fanfiction about the final arc of Bleach but make it so that one of Ichigo's sisters is Stone Raider A instead of Uriu? And I was like, oh my god, this is, this is pretty it much my fanfiction. It kind of does that. It would that. be very cool. Uh, I wish I wish they gave one of his sisters plot relevance. I remember I was there um, when that when, when yeah. that final arc was coming out weekly. I was there reading it. Um, yeah, I remember like that was a big theory. You remember when um, Karin went to Urahara's shop and you know like she was kind of starting to like buy shit from him. Like yeah, it, you know, I, I thought like oh, and I always thought I always thought that um, Yuzu would have been would have made a great like um, Stormida A because. Uh, uh, to, going off on a side tangent here because it's stated that um, in Bleach there's a Quincy born every 200 years without any Quincy abilities and Yuzu would have fit in that mold perfectly well. <clears throat> yeah, I can see it. Yeah. So, well, it, anyway. It's interesting too because Yuzu is kind of like the more kind of like the carefree, silly one, right? Yeah, and the way this, the guy wrote the fan fiction, it basically, it basically um, put uh, Hashwolf put Yuzu through torture by showing Ichigo as a hollow and saying he's a monster and brainwashing her. Oh, that's smart. So, like, oh, you gotta fucking... Dude, yeah, you could, like, show her, like, selective shit. It's like, oh, yeah, dude, he fucking turns into this, he kills I, I, I am good... people and shit. I'll I'll post the fan fiction in in the in the mod stuff cat in the mod stuff. Um, so was get... this a fan fiction that you got like? Yeah, this was a fan fiction that I said to someone, "Can you do this?" And they did it. Did you like pay money for to get them no, to do no, it? They, no, they no, they just did, I I just Damn. I just asked I just sent them a request and they did it. And they're just like, hey, hey, here you go. But um, it just like at that moment, like even he knew like she was going to turn him down, so he had moved past that, and it almost seemed like he was going to go for Noel, and, and then 
you know, shit hits the fan with Lucius, you know, coming back and being like, yeah, no, I'm the fucking villain overall. And I'm just like, yeah, I called it, called it like 50 chapters ago, Lucius was going to come back, or Julius was going to come back and just be the fucking villain. And I, then, I will say, I will say, I did like that. I really did like well, that. Well, I mean, they eisened it, is what's so annoying to me, is they just fucking eisened it. And you're just like, I'm the puppeteer here, do 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 and I'm like, okay, got it. I, I've called this, like, the Diet Bleach for a while now. And now we have Diet Wano as the fucking setting. I'm like, come on, man. Just do something original. You have the whole dwarf lore you need to explore. Give me Charmy's family backstory. Let Give me, like, all of this that you already have left over still before you introduce a whole new fucking universe that you need to explore. And so that in general, some... I think that way uh, to add on to what you're saying, uh, that in general, I think is a uh, something that authors need to hold back from is like this urge to instead of, I don't know, when they when they worry that their story is boring, I think that a lot of authors have the urge to just introduce new things, exactly. be it characters or elements until. Yeah. And like that bothers me, too. I'm just like, like, you know, I, and I only got about like 10 minutes to talk to you guys because Allie's about to, to get home and, and like then I got to do something with her. But like, um I will say, just to quickly spin it to Hunter x Hunter, and then I can dip. Uh, Hunter x Hunter, I love it, and I have been enjoying it, but Togashi does, he still, the, the man still can't stop introducing new characters and elements. And I'm like, man, dude, you got like 50 that you're juggling right now. Just deal with the ones you have before you pass out and die. Like, I don't, <laughs> like they're all good, but it's like, it's really hard. You really do need like a fucking spreadsheet to uh, remember what's, I actually went to, there's a YouTuber I highly recommend. Um, he does One Piece stuff and Hunter x Hunter stuff. Uh, New World Review. Um, yeah. Or, you know him, right? Yeah. He's yeah. um, got the same accent as you, Luke. <laughs> oh, uh, right. <laughs> well, because you're from the same place, right? I assume. Yeah. Isn't he like yeah. British or Australian or something? I One of those things. He might be British. He might be. On... No, I think he's Australian. Oh, okay. He gets. I get like the vibes. Anyway, I was just trying to make a British joke. I'm sorry. It was. Important. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? But anyway, he had like this whole series of videos about like recapping. Because like I tried to go through and reread the whole thing, but I'm like, oh my god, I don't know if I can. <laughs> like again, and it's so good, but like there's so much information, um, and I just wish that he would start to tackle everything that he's set up and like. I believe that he will, and and I and it seems like from the messages they're putting out there that like he finally has accepted help from the editors and like what people have been saying forever. He's probably going to move to like a monthly or bi-monthly schedule. I don't know if you saw that, Luke. He's moving from weekly to like yeah, a I, yeah, yeah. Because I, I tagged you with it. I believe. I yes, did. yes. I'm sorry. I always because I had already seen it before you tagged me. But thank you. I, I appreciate you tagging me because sometimes yeah. I miss them. Um, also, just. But, just to say, I've posted the fan fiction in the mod in the mod stuff, ah, so you. you guys can read it. But real quick, though, wrapping up, um, I guess I'll say, like, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm loving this Phantom Troop mini arc. Like, I, a different side of that same coin of, of what I'm complaining about is that I do appreciate how much detail, because that's always been my thing that I like about Togashi. He is an obsessive compulsive man i feel the ocd streaming from within him and that's kind of why i vibe with his writing because i am also very ocd and i can tell he's a man who like when he's telling a story he he cannot leave anything to interpretation or imagination he has to explain everything but not in like an annoying way see normally that would be annoying but he makes his concepts so confusing 
that actually it's okay that he explains everything. <laughs> like, yeah. that would be really annoying in every other story. But in his story, he's, like, writing a fucking, like, college paper. Like, like a fucking P- PhD, like, dissertation <laughs> on, like, how this fucking power works. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. You feel yeah. like you're learning. What, well, which, in a way, which you, you kind which, of are. Like, yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. And also to go on to add on to that point about it as well. Like, yeah, when I was watching Contunta, um, I... Um, even though he was explaining everything, I was so in, I was so invested in it. And yeah. I, feel, I feel like I've tried reading the manga. I've tried reading the reading it's harder. the manga, but it's too it's too hard because because uh, I already have enough trouble with that with which yeah. watch. Definitely understand that. I because I mean, like I also you know, especially as like all of us go forward in this world with of TikTok and like increasingly shorter videos, our attention spans are getting crumbled away. No, I no, have it, to. I'll hold it real quick. I have to sit down and like force myself. Not that it, and that makes it sound like it's not good because it is good. But like our brains nowadays, I think are programmed to like you see a big long stretch of dialogue and you're like, <laughs> right. But I have to remind myself of this. this is Hunter X Hunter Red? You, you're gonna love it. it, and and I always do. But it is very, it's a very intimidating series, especially in the manga because like you go in there and you're like, oh god, I wish I could remember like half these characters because there's so fucking many of them. That, that in general, I just it, I think more series should operate on the uh, on the like 10 important characters model like i really like that's kind of why i've like l- lately i've fallen in love with like slice of life stuff where there's like five to ten really important characters and you hard focus on them you know what i mean like, yeah i, I like know that. i know exactly what you mean because i've got to bring it up bring it up now for the umpteenth time uh i know you're probably sick of me sick of that's me okay bringing... that's okay i understand um, uh mission yosuka mission yosuka family because even though we have side characters that we focus on a bit it's mainly focused on the seven members of the Yosuko family and the main character. I will give it a shot. Uh, tonight, I have, like, it's New Year's Eve and I have nothing to do. So I'm probably going to, I only, I only get to hang out for, with Allie for like an hour or two. And then she's going to hang out with friends. So honestly, I'm going to be alone all night. So I'm probably, I, I'm going to read some manga. Um, so maybe I'll try to slide a couple chapters of that through. I've been okay. reading, uh, I caught up with, um, I, I can't pronounce the name of it. But it's the the manga that was recommended by the Fire Force author. The one Tachiakuta. with the kid with the glove. Tachiakuta. Thank, is that how you pronounce that? I'm going to try to remember Yes. That. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Uh, so I, I've almost caught up back to that. I was reading it weekly up to like chapter 15 and then I like, I dropped off of it for a bit and now I'm up to the part where they're like in the graffiti city. Um, yeah, it gets pretty even good. better. It's all yeah, caught I'm up. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Don't, don't spoil anything, but go ahead and say what you're saying. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I have more thoughts to say, but I want you to finish up your stuff because I know you have stuff to do. Oh, that's why I haven't said anything with Hunter Hunter yet. Uh, Yeah, so I guess I'll just finish off. um, I'll get into some of the specifics with Hunter Hunter. I assume everyone here is either caught up or just doesn't care about spoilers. I I don't don't care about spoilers. We finally see Hisoka again after like, I don't know, six, seven years of real time without seeing him. Uh, I mean, like, fuck, dude. Actually, to give you perspective, Vex, the -hmm. last time we saw Hisoka in the manga was when we were in High DT Tech. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. Wow. <laughs> Which was uh 2014? This was pre-YouTube us. Oh, oh my, oh my words. Oh my word. That was when I started wor- working, working, like properly working. Isn't that fucking insane? Yeah. So like, and he, it's been like, oh, he's somewhere on the ship since then. And now we see him. And it's so funny because people like expected him to be like disguised and like attempting to like be disguised. Nah, he's just walking around. <laughs> I mean, he's not dressed like he normally is dressed. He's not dressed like a fucking jester. 
but he's like it's like he's soka casual clothes like it's like he's soka in like a fucking hoodie and he's just walking around and like um but uh so what you know one of the fucking mafia dudes finds him and uh basically what togashi's got the the phantom troop on right now is like a side quest because the mafia wants to use the phantom troop to take out a dissenting side mafia group because there's a woman in this mafia group the leader of that mafia group that has um uh, a power that's basically like exponential terrifying growth um she can basically she kisses you and then she infects you with this thing that allows you to level up like an rpg video game uh, and you level up by killing people so every person you kill is a level up once you get to level 20 you get your own nen power once you get to level 100 you can start infecting people like her so yeah. it's like you can see how that can spiral into a problem <laughs> Yeah, yeah. with like 50,000 people on it or whatever. Um, so the other mafia groups are like, all right, we need to take this out. Uh, let's use the Phantom Troop as to help us. We'll, we'll, we'll say, hey, Phantom Troop, we'll give you information on Hisoka and where he is, or we'll let you go to these different docks or whatever if you help us. And then they're like the next fucking minute, one of the fucking leaders of the mafia runs into Hisoka and they're like, okay, we know where Hisoka is, but we can't tell the Phantom Troop yet because we're still using them. So he's like, hey, Hisoka, you want to just go up there and like chill in like, like dock one, like a VIP room? We'll get you like a fucking PS5 and a jacuzzi. You can just chill up there for like a week and then and then we'll just, you can, then you can kill the Phantom Troop. <laughs> and he's like, mm, okay. <laughs> I just love how casual Hisoka's taking it. So that's pretty, pretty cool. I enjoy, um, I really enjoyed the like little infiltration into that like into their little hideout that um, Nobunaga and uh, Heinrich did. The, the animal turn into turn shit into animals guy and uh, obviously sword guy from Phantom Troop. They had their little side mission. It was really interesting and cool. Um, a lot of cool unique abilities like the guy who can fucking uh, like as long as he's touching something with his left hand, he can like divert the damage over to the thing or the person. I could see it's cool because with all these abilities, you can kind of visualize in your head how they created them. Like, okay, what's going to be my drawback? Well, if I'm not touching something, I get the damage, and like uh, I have to constantly be touching. It's cool. I love Nen. I always have. So basically, I'll just end off by saying it's interesting to me because like this is a man who has taken ten years to write like. 30 chapters and every time he comes back i think to myself okay is he gonna start like rushing it now like on some fucking oda shit where like he starts fucking like the, the plot starts to feel quicker and quicker and yada yada but no every time he comes back he just continues like nothing ever happened <laughs> like it's, it's crazy to me like and, and in a way it makes me happy because I, I i know that hunter x hunter will never be rushed to the ending because i don't think togashi has it in him to rush it um so I, i'm enjoying it it's moving at a very slow pace, but enjoyable. I think the pace would be a little less agonizingly slow if it could come out in a consistent manner. Hopefully it will, you know, going forward. Um, I just want to see... I'm hoping that we've got to a point now where we're done with the introducing new concepts part of the story and we start dealing with all the concepts we have. I'm, that's what I'm... I, I feel like maybe we're just about to get there. So, we're, you know, you know how stories work. Like, rising action, rising action, and then you get to the peak and then everything starts to happen. That's what I'm hoping that I'm hoping we've gone over that hill of introducing because we have all the princes, all the Zodiacs, Leorio, Jing, Hisoka, the, the three mafia families, the, all of the Phantom Troop. It's like insane. And it's like, all right, I think that's enough characters. Let's just do stuff with them now. That's what I want to say. It's, it's literally character soup. And that's something that's super annoying when you have so little many that, <laughs> you have so many that are introduced immediately. Um, and it's like how I feel with One Piece, like. Yeah, There's I was way too many. 
Like even a that is like fair. Totally fair. What I will say about One Piece is one of the reasons it doesn't bother me as much with One Piece is because his art style is so unique that I never get same face syndrome with them. Like I never forget the One Piece. Oh yeah, no. You, you have so distinct crazy. personalities and distinct characteristics for those characters, but it, it, it is like now even back when you guys were filming um, the reviews, Wano and that, shit. you were talking about like. It's almost like no, some of them are just falling by the wayside and getting, like, screwed yeah. in their fights. And yes, that is more the problem in, in One Piece. Whereas in Hunter x Hunter, the, 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 the more characters problem is that it shit takes so long to happen because Togashi will not rush things. Like, he will give a fully detailed fight to random background guy, right? But, like, with One Piece, it's the opposite. He'll introduce 30,000 characters because Oda clearly loves drawing wacky characters. But then, like half of them won't do shit. Is that like, yeah, it's it's different problems, but same same thing that's happening. Yeah, I agree. I, I think well, like when when One Piece wraps up finally, he'll Oda will do like what um, a fucking Toriyama does and just make characters for video games and shit. Oh, I'm sure he'd love that. I'm sure he'd love to work on the movies and stuff. Um, yeah, no, he's probably gonna put out like a huge fucking data book thing. They already do like these Vibri card things where it's like like he's got so many like. He's one of those authors that, like, comes up with characters, and even though it's not going to have any relevance in the story, he'll have, like, their entire backstory in his head. So people will ask, like, oh, yeah, what's that character's deal? That random guy in the background. He's like, oh, dude, that guy was born on this island, and this shit happened to him. I love that about him. He's got such a – it's like – there's a, it's like one of those rare authors where, like, it's almost like they have a window into an alternate world in their head, and they're just letting you peek into it. You know, that's what makes his world feel so real. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess quickly talk about my thoughts on One Piece, and then I will dip and let you guys return. Sorry for interrupting. It's fine. So, One Piece, been loving it. You know I felt, and there is going to be a very long One Piece discussion that I recorded with uh, Thurman coming up on the second channel pretty soon here. Uh, we did one a couple weeks ago where we discussed our thoughts on the end of Wano and the beginning of Egghead, um, and I want to film one more with him to kind of catch up with the current stuff, and then I'm going to tack them together, and it's probably going to be like four hours long. So enjoy that. Jesus fucking Christ, you guys. That was like three hours long. <laughs> so now we got to tack on the current chapters to it, and I'll have timestamps so you can like skip to current if you want. Um, yes, please, for audience retention sake, <laughs> even if I have no control over that channel, Jesus I mean, it'll be a good, it'll be a good uh, thing to listen to in, in the background, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm finding love for like video essays as I go. Oh, me over. too. So, but yeah, anyway, real, with 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 One Piece, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you want to finish? So, like, I feel that like just throw it on in the background or just listen to it while you work. Like, I've been listening yes. to like Catacris's, uh videos where he just rants about video games and shit. So yeah. Oh yeah, uh, video essays are fun. Um. But anyway, uh, uh, with One Piece, uh, Wano, I had a big, big issues with. You guys know that. <laughs> um, it was, and I think a lot of it is what Vex and I were just talking about there. Too many characters, you, you know, too big for his own good there. And I think One Piece has always been at its best when it was, like, core focused on, like, the, the Straw Hat crew and, like, two or three of the side characters. So, like, Alabasta was so good because it was, like, the Straw Hats and Vivi, uh, or Vivi, however you want to pronounce that. I've heard it both. Um, but, like, Egghead, I think, has been so good because because of two reasons, I think. One is that we've kind of gone back down in, in, in like, uh, what sort of over here, cast size again. So it's, like, there's more time for, like, organic conversations. There's more time for, you know, him to not have to skip or, like, change locations every other page, 
you know, so it feels like you're actually reading a damn story and not like a fucking flip book. Um, and then the other thing I think is that because it's the final arc, finally, everything that he's doing now is the stuff that he's been like saving and wanting to do for like 20 years. So it's like every chapter has been fucking incredible shit that we've been waiting for forever information that we've been waiting for forever. Um, you know, there's still, just to be fully honest, there's still a bit of apprehension and worry in my head. Like, okay, because Oda's always been really, really good at setup. And sometimes, not always, sometimes he's not the best at payoff. Uh, you know, OG, there are OG arcs where he's incredible at payoff. Marineford's got incredible payoff. Water 7 Endy's Lobby's got incredible payoff. I'd say most arcs do. But you have a, occasionally his payoff's not as good as his setup, right? So I'm hoping that he can land the setup. I believe that he can because, again, this is this, we're getting to the stuff now that he's been thinking about for decades, literally. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a combination of, one, oh, and then on a personal level, I've just, I'm so tired and bored of the feudal Japan aesthetic. And that's, that's partly my fault. It is a Japanese medium. I'm coming in as a fucking foreigner watching a Japanese medium and saying, God, I'm so sick of all this Japanese aesthetic. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I don't, I don't watch anime because it, oh, I like Japanese aesthetic. I'm not that much of a weeb. I watch it because I enjoy, well, you, you know, know like that. traditional samurai battles, the, this sword stance versus this sword stance, Red. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it just, I remember liking it when I first got into anime, but it just gets old. But anyway, I think wrapping it up because Allie did just get home. Allie, want to say hi? Um, Hello. It's, it's David or Vex and oh. uh, uh, the other mods on that OG channel. Um, but anyway, uh, wrapping it up, I really like this new arc for, like I said, less characters, more focus on like naturally flowing pace. Um, sh the shit that's happening is like the shit that's been built up to for literally 20 years. And the aesthetic change because what i've always loved about one piece is that it's different from other anime it doesn't have to be the feudal japan aesthetic it doesn't have to be it's not nailed down to one aesthetic it's not a western like trigon or you know it's not like a sci-fi like it, it, it's it can be everything so one piece is at its best when it's constantly flip-flopping you know it's like ooh, desert kingdom adventure halloween island adventure cool venice italy water street shit so I, I love that we're like, okay, we're done with fucking feudal Japan. Where are we going now? Fucking the Jetsons sci-fi land with laser bazookas and fucking like robots and shit. Oh, like, oh, and then, and all the designs, every, all the Vegapunk designs are so good. I love each and every one of them and I want figures of all of them. Anyway, I'm going to head out and enjoy your video guys. Sorry for fucking invading it. Uh, see you guys later. See, later. see ya. Bye. All right, let's cycle back to the Black Clover, and then we'll just wrap up Hunter Hunter in One Piece. How's that sound? That, so that <laughs> sounds like right. a plan. Okay, so, uh, like, the, the other, like, major issue for me is, like, like Rev was saying there in the One Piece bit is, like, I'm so fucking tired of Feudal Japan aesthetic. Like, I think it got over over-popularized again by Demon Slayer. And then it feels like we had an, a short burst of, like, 17,000 things that had that going on all at once and i'm like come on just just let that let that die down a little bit and it it will once demon slayer's anime ends i figure because that manga is obviously over so we'll we'll get that that burst of that done but i i just really wish that we had authors that could wrap up stuff that they've already set up and hypothesize like hey there's this there's this whole, like, bit of lore with the dwarves. Or, hey, there's this whole bit of lore. Um, I know one smart's gonna be 
And there, but like, other than like the little bit left over from the Silva family, we, we basically wrapped that up. And with it being the final arc, you would think the Tabata would start wrapping up these bits of like what happened to this, um, what happened to this, you know, kingdom here or this kingdom here, or let me go find my family for Charmy or you know whatever, before introducing seventeen new characters and turning the main original love interest and the main hero slash and now antagonist into like another manifestation of satan i guess yeah this is just my thoughts there (laughs) um yeah i was gonna say um i i i hate i I hate to be the bummer here but i've said this before and i'll say again I feel I feel like because he's doing this with the series, I don't think we're gonna get time for Charmy for Charmy's backstory. That and that's that's the sad thing because um much as I joked about like being like uh, the devil of just like we're not I, I I didn't get I didn't get my round the world um tripping dot stone like I wanted it, so we're not gonna get Charmy's backstory. No. Much as I joked about that, in all seriousness I really did want Charmy's backstory as well. Yeah, it, it it sounded so interesting, right? Like, dwarves, when we have elves, makes sense. Dwarves, when we have, you know, all of this high fantasy stuff going on, it makes sense. And well, so here... rarely do we see dwarves in media. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the, thing. here's the thing that I thought he would have done. I would have thought that... Um, uh, Charmy, whenever, uh, whenever she would see like um, Julius or or someone uh, or someone related to Elf, she'd be she would it would get an itch with her, like she'd be kind of pissy with them because of the because uh, of the Lord of the Rings um, mm-hmm. reference to Gimli and Legolas being um, butting heads all the time. Right, like just go with just go with that. Just give me something. Give give me. Anything, give me a thing about that. Like that's all I want. I love dwarves. If you can't tell, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's the final arc. Apparently, the movie was supposed to be, um, like a thing that was going to be in the manga, but it just got too scope heavy, so it became this whole thing. Yeah. So there's a seventeen point five volume that's being given out with the movie. Um. So I guess it's canon. I guess so, uh, as close to canon as possible. And also uh, to wrap up my thoughts, um, it's it's kind of funny when um, when Tabata was saying he wanted to make um, Black Clover a One Piece length series. Yeah, no, that that's the thing that sticks with me. Like that was a direct quote from him too. Is like I want to make it as long as uh, One Piece. And then I real think he realized like how annoying that would be to make. And um, also as well, his pacing, uh, his pacing is um, not One Piece esque um, uh, pacing because mm-hmm. Oda Oda really likes to go into detail into detail with every mm-hmm. every little aspect of the series, even if it's completely um, pointless and make it seem pointless. Whereas Tabata seems to be like in that mindset all the time of like is my series going to get cancelled even though I have got like a 300 plus um, nearly uh, uh, 
near enough 400 plus chapter series. Yeah. So I'm glad you uh, brought up the fact that he mentioned the One Piece length because I do wonder, like, exactly what happened with that. Because when I heard that this was like going to be the final arc, I found that surprising considering I thought this would be much longer. And as we said, there's so many other aspects to the series that we could expand upon. And um, that's what I kind of my feelings are with this current arc because I do think the Spade arc. Um, it has its strengths and weaknesses, but overall was solid, especially how it ended, because I really did like the twist at the end and how they did it. But then it fell into like a final arc, which surprised me, but surprised me more once we got back from the break to it, because we went to a whole new place, like Vex said, and all these new characters. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't feel like we're wrapping up a story. It feels like we're continuing like a whole different story. Which would yeah. be fine, honestly, because I'm enjoying it for the most part. I think it's fun. I like this new power system they incorporated. I like watching Asta still finding things to struggle about um, at this stage because it was something people said he didn't do as much in the beginning, which I kind of get. But I feel like it's so weird that it's like this is how the story is ending because it doesn't feel like it. Because there's two other series, which we'll talk about at some point, hopefully, where are in their final arcs. Well, one... Are, it definitely in their final arc, which feels climactic and final, but also I hate it much more reading it week to week than Black Clover. And there's another one that feels like it in its final arc, and if it isn't, it would be a waste to not be its final arc because it's at its strongest point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I know which series you're referring to. Um, yeah, and we'll but, get to that. Yeah, but with um, with the um, uh, One Piece length, I feel like to Bob probably just said that because like i said he was probably worried that his series was going to get cancelled at some point i mean you brought that up a couple times before in the past we had black over discussions but i really don't think that's what it is i think this is just his style of writing he wants to make a series that was super fast paced kept interest maybe because his old series were too slow and that's why they got axed but I also think it's just a style now because, like, other series we'll talk about, okay. um, especially newer series, are, like, super fast um, and usually to its detriment, but sometimes to its great strength. And I think Black Clover is one of the ones that's kind of on the border of that, but it's more pro than con because I enjoy faster-paced series because I read a lot of slower stuff, especially monthly things that I'm like, it's been a year and we barely made any progress. But it, Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's a little bit of what Luke's saying, right? Like, he wanted it to feel like he wanted to keep that that slow pace, and then he realized like that doesn't work, so he just ramped it up. But at the same time, I do feel like he might have realized he was biting off more than he can chew with how he was progressing. Uh, initially, maybe he thought like I can drag this out for a thousand chapters, and then he realized like looking at the magazine and realizing what styles of stories are being successful. And then he's like, I don't think I can make a thousand chapter success story. And then just like dialed it back and like, okay, what, what in my fucking beautiful mind map here is really important to the plot of the story. And then slowly pulled out bits and pieces that he didn't need while making it feel like a coherent story. I think that might be what we were getting at here. Um, 
but at the same time, I do I do have a little bit of bittersweet sorrow in this being like the the final arc because there is a lot left open, and I hope that before the end of this arc. Um, or this final journey, whatever the fuck we want to bill it as anymore, we we do see some of that get answered, and we don't have a thousand lingering questions for the story that will eventually get filled in by like light novels that will never get translated here. Uh, still, still annoyed that lore is tied into a light novel that has not been t translated officially. <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, let's cycle back to, if we're done with Black Clover, the Hunter Hunter, uh, cause part of James, I know you had thoughts on that. Yeah, I did. Um, I wanted to let Red get all his thoughts out cause right. he was only able to stay here for so long, but yeah, I wanted to really expand on what he was talking about as a blueprint. Cause like, first of all, I do agree with some of the things he said about like how it's very interesting that after this whole hiatus, we came back to the series as if nothing happened. Like, if you were reading this series, like, as a binge, which I did do before the high, he came, um, Nagashi came back, I wouldn't have realized that there was a time skip because it just went on as normal and it ended um, as if it was just another chapter that was coming out, which is interesting because it gives a good integrity to the story, I think, long term. But it also is very strange, I think, from a practical standpoint. But the other thing is that the other thing I agreed was that it he is still incorporating so many new things, and yet, if you're a big fan of Hunter Hunter, you're still gonna love all the new things that he's adding. Like the Mafia Wars was like the big incorporated thing this batch, and it's been very solid. It's like a new addition, but it's also like, huh, okay, I guess we have all these new characters to keep track of. But I think the best addition. And why I was like so happy, it, like this reading these set of chapters made me so happy that Hunter Hunter is still a thing and it came back and didn't just go to the wayside is, was the backstory to the spiders, which for those who don't know are like one of the major antagonist groups um, and that were following very closely this arc. And we just got like their whole backstory and it was very good. Like, I mean, the short version for you guys is that like it turns they grew up in like a very poor city, like a marginalized town, which is down and out of its luck. And like many criminal groups took advantage of his kidnapped people, especially children. Um, and like our spider group, they were kids growing up in this rough area, um, impoverished, but they kind of brought some joy to their community because they found like old discarded trash of like um, basically like anime, like Sentai stuff. And they dubbed over it because it was like in a foreign language to them. I forgot which language, but they dubbed over it and they just became the troop originally was like a, a dub cast group. And they just kind of like made a bridge series for their community. And it just brought so much light and life to their group. But then they had to change their ways because like one of their friends got kidnapped and well, chopped up effectively. And they're like, no, we can't just sit around and let this happen. Like we need to get revenge for this and they ended up changing for it. And it was just so heartbreaking to watch these kids who were just like going to be like this positive force in the world, just turn into like one of the biggest criminal organizations. And they shaped their city to become like a crime infested area to protect their people. And I was like thinking this Hunter Hunter has been going on for so long. These villains have been around for the longest time and we just got this incredible backstory. So. I'm so glad that it was planned out. It came out in this way and that, you know, we got it. 
And so I think that as much as we're adding more aspects to the story, I think there was a lot of planning going into this series. And I'm glad it, like Red said, is, hasn't been rushed out. And the other thing I wanted to add with the Hisoka bit is, yeah, Hisoka is right now chilling up in the top lounge, like he said. But I think the ec- extra bit of joy to that that Red didn't mention is the fact that Kurapika is also up there and he has like a whole revenge scheme against Tosoka at the time. And so it's very interesting what their relationship will be because like oh, on one God. hand, they hate each other, but on uh, the other hand, like both of them are in the mindset of, because Tosoka is currently hunting down the spiders. That's his goal. He wants to do that because it, it's a fun thing for him to do now. And they are both like going after them. So it's like, what kind of relationship will they have at this point. I'm very curious to that aspect. So, yep, I'm hoping Hunter Hunter comes back in a state where Tagashi can just release it as wanted because there's so much more of the story left. And I, as much as Red says, like, I we're past the build-up stage, I don't think that's fully true because, like, even the last chapter was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about these minor princes, but now I'm invested in their story as we're going down this rabbit hole. So I do think there'll be more aspects because this boat ride originally was a trip to the new continent and we haven't even made landfall yet. So there's so much more there's to do with this arc. Can I ask a question? Go ahead. How long have they how long have they actually been on this boat in terms of um production when did they first set off for the new continent, dark continent, whatever? Depends. Like, how are you asking? At what year did the chapter come out? Yeah, or what year did the chapter come out? Okay, well, that will require me to like look up because I do not have like Red's memory of like exactly what year. There, there, there's no way I have that kind of memory anymore either. Um, Is it more than ten years? Not, don't no. Give me a second. <laughs> I don't think it's been that long. Jesus Christ, help me if it's been that long. <laughs> um. I'll look it up, and uh, you guys can talk about One Piece in the meantime, because I don't Um, read that series. Well, one thing I've uh, just got to say, like Oda, I'm just amazed that Tagashi can remember so much stuff, because any other author who went away from a series for this long, they probably need to have, like, have, like... one of those lore videos. uh, Have, like, a volume... uh, dedicated to just recapping events for their own sanity and also the audience sanity yeah no there there's so there's so much going on in here's the thing right because i don't read one piece weekly i binge it and i feel like i should probably clarify like i dropped off at whole cake and i've just been living vicariously through the server right now um i plan on just picking it up when it wraps up that's right i i um i agree with red sentiment of like we're finally out of one we're now moving on to stuff that's stuff that's actually interesting god i do have my own issues with wano but they're my they're my own opinion i don't like um how um do you care about spoilers, Vex? I do not give a shit. Okay, I don't like how Luffy, uh, Luffy's devil fruit is not the gum gum fruit, but it's actually the fruit of a god. That would make sense. 
it um, would make sense, but I still don't. I still don't like it. I, it, and I did put a tweet tweet out about that about how, um, how, um, uh, how Deku went from having no powers to basically being the Avatar in My Hero. That would be that would be like if Luffy had a seemingly normal death through, but it turned out it was the power of a god. Oh wait, he did. And part of that was me being sarcastic. Oh yeah, and I like that it makes sense, but at the same time, like yeah, you're right. It is it is quite a cop out. Um, but I don't fully care that it's a cop out so much as how they'll execute it. I know Oda is a masterpiece or a masterclass in making sure things work out for the most part. Like Grab was saying, like he does have his flaws. Like you can't just sit here and fillet him day in and day out. Like a lot of people do. He does make missteps. Every author makes fucking missteps. It is okay that your favorite mangaka has fucked up, you know? Yeah. Like it it's had, human nature. <laughs> he literally in he literally in Wano had two characters who had similar setup, but basically never went anywhere. Right. Because you had you had Otama who who was like, I knew Ace. I, I was promised that I was promised that when he came back, he would take me out on the seas. And then and then you have uh, Yamato who's like, I knew Ace. I'd I I want to get out of here and go with the straw hats. Neither of them go with the straw hats. Hmm. So it's like, what was the point of introducing those characters, giving those that um, moment with uh, moment of like, oh, they know Ace. Oh, Luffy's gonna take them on, take them on his crew um, to remind them of to uh, to kind of like be um, a nice thing for Ace's memory. Nope, not gonna do that. And I and I will argue and I will argue that to the day I die that if if Oda wasn't gonna do that with them, if Oda Oda was like clearly setting up for like, yeah, they're gonna be part of the crew. They're gonna be part of the crew. Not gonna be part of the uh, only to be like, nope, they're not gonna be part of the crew. I'm just like, well, what was the point? Huh. Well, Okay, Here, the, here's a quick interesting thing. Uh, tweet I just came across that'll relate to one series we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. Yeah, I years. saw that tweet. Uh, but yeah, Pi Johns, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, did you want to know, like, you said when the arc started or when the boat uh, left? When, um, when the boat when the boat left for the Dark Continent. Okay, got it. Yeah, and first, uh, shout out to like just the community for having this hiatus chart because I remembered that it's a thing that exists that right. helps date the exact issue releases. Because normally I could only tell you the volume, but because of the chart, I know exactly. Yeah, it was 2016 when the boat set off. Oh, okay, so it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't over 10 years, but getting close. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. I would honestly. Honestly, laugh if um, if Togashi is deliberately um, doing this like the ten year anniversary of the boat boat setting up, boat setting up is like when they arrive. So they arrive at the dark continent in twenty twenty six. I will say that the arc itself, because uh, I did that too, because I wasn't sure which one you asked. Uh, that was ten years ago. Oh, fucking end me. 
Yeah, no I was surprised because I looked up the volume release. There was like a big gap between that. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. I was like, what, graduating high school at the time or something? You want, you want to know what's crazy about that being 10 years ago? That was the year I graduated from university. Uh -huh. Let that sink in. <laughs> yeah, it is quite something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's Hunter Hunter. And um, yeah, like I said, I'm hoping it comes back in like a stable fashion. Um, let me just look at this tweet that I think that's probably what we're talking about next, mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah, uh, Undead Unlock. Right, so this was the series I was alluding to earlier when I said this is an arc that is, um, like, feels final because, like, as Luke will agree with me, this is there's no really more forward ways to go at this point. We're in the last loop, effectively. And, like, this year has been so strong for Undead Unluck. I mean, in the beginning of the year, actually, I had some issues with the series where it was doing, but the build-up to the last loop and the loop itself has been great. It's been like this is the first time that pacing makes sense because effectively the last loop is a, our new game plus. Uh, and so we know a lot of the beats that are supposed to go down, like what historical events are supposed to happen. And so therefore we can like time, there's literally a point in the story where we have a, a gotcha based thing that allows us to re-roll until we time skip far enough ahead. That's like, okay, we're to the important parts now. And I love that because I'm like, Oh, that is such a cool way for us to skip past the boring bits. But also, it also highlighted one of my issues with Undead Unlock, where it's like, man, I wish we knew about this before, because that would have been a cool way for me to have predicted how we would use the, the this gotcha system in our last loop. But it's fine. Undead Unlock likes to introduce things when they feel like it's relevant. And also, they like to introduce... like characters when they feel it's relevant and that's like the big thing with this current arc where they're giving all the characters that got next to nothing in the last parts of the story all the development so yeah 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 and that's something i i appreciate about about the sit about the series because one of my main gripes about the last part is that we basically had billy 2.0 with nico because it's like when Nico turned out to be a tray, I was like, okay, where did this come from? This is there's Billy Oro. There's always a traitor, apparently, right? Apparently Yeah, so. but I think Nico's betrayal was better set up than Billy's because they at least were like, hey, there's this thing, that character that came into play, and then he did some things. But yeah, why it was he was a traitor was much better than Billy's, honestly. Even though I think Billy, by the end of his character arc, was a fine character. Yeah, and also as well, um, this final part of Undead Unlock has made me do something that I haven't done. I I haven't done in a character in a while about the series. Care about the side characters because the only characters really I cared about in in um, in Undead Unlock were Fuko, Andy, um, Tatiana, Junes, and Shin. They were the only like five characters I really cared about, but now that we're now that we're getting like um, time pretty much well spent with these characters, it's, especially ones that died originally and now are brought back, I'm like, okay, I'm interested in this character. Where we're gonna go with them? 
Yeah, and that is one thing the series does. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of the methodology of, okay, this character is going to be in the background till they're relevant, and then we're just going to backstory dump and make you care about them. But I have to be honest and say it does work. I don't like it, but it works. <laughs> so it's a great way for them to just have a cast and just be like, okay, now they're relevant. But at the same time, I just, I'm so used to like manga having longer stories where multiple character arcs are going on at the same time. And I care about so many characters in the cast. Well, rather than one at a time until the end. It's an interesting thing for me because um, I haven't read this series since chapter 57, I believe. When I'm just like, I can't take this early 2022 shit of the series anymore. Um, and that's fine. Like, I'm glad that it's getting better. I maybe should pick it back up and see if, you know. I like where it goes, but you guys are making it sound a little interesting, but at the same time, I'm just like... Well, I think the series works as a binge pretty well. Yeah, I think it, I think you would like where it's gone, Fex, um, but, uh, but at the same time, that's really up to you. Yeah, it, it, I'm just like, you burned me twice on Dead Unlock. I don't know if I can do a third. Um... One thing I will say, because we touched on this yesterday, is that um, one particular person is calling Fuko a Mary Sue, and I am really not seeing that. At, and the only thing, the only evidence that we have to go on that is the fact that Fuko is just succeeding in the plans that she is going through and not really being challenged. Right. And like, how does that make Fuko a Mary Sue? It I mean, in and of itself, it may sound like it, but the they do. Sh we have seen this character develop from the ground up to this point, and the time skip is kind of the author's way of excusing a couple things because, like, she had the time to build the skills and resources she needs, which is fair. But also, it's like a little bit hand wavy. But I don't mind it because it's like I said, if this is the final arc, and I swear to God, I hope this is the final arc then this is just a great way to like, bring her character to fruition. Yeah. Although I will I, say in that tweet that you sent to Vex, like, it's not it's saying that the series will be moving forward in 2023. It didn't say the series will be ending. I really wish that it confirmed. It's like, hey, guys, I'm almost done. Yeah, I, would, I wish that as well. Because um, if, it, if it ends in 2023 when the anime is, when the anime is super popular, then that would um, boost its popularity even more. But... Um, but you want to know what's going to be crazy about 2023 on Dead Unluck? It's going to be it, it's going to be the uh, SJWs going crazy about it all over again for the wrong reasons. Oh God, no! Like, please, no! Like it's going to be like how we've, uh, like I said yesterday, only Chan is done for. How people are going crazy about that for for stupid reasons. It's going to be on. Uh, it's going to be the same effect with Undead Unluck. And the ironic thing about it. I'll like I right said back. yesterday, is that the more people are saying, cancel this series, cancel this series, cancel this series, the more people are going to be like, I want to read this series. True. And, I mean, I'll be interested because I was expecting 
more controversy from certain series like Redo of Healer, for example. But people didn't really talk about it much when it was airing, but then after it was airing, then is where people started giving it a lot of random hate. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to talk too much about that, but I do actually think Redo Healer is a fun revenge story, just a very graphic one. Okay. Um, but yeah, going back to what I was just saying there, I, I actually put that on Chibi, Chibi's um, video on Onichan, and somebody actually commented to me that it, that the reason the, the reason they started reading slash watching Goblin Slayer was because of the controversy. Uh, yeah, and honestly, I love Goblin Slayer. I really want more of that. <laughs> and yeah, a, the controversy absolutely helped that one. There's an old adage from a former wrestler promoter that controversy creates cash. And that's never been more true than in some of these series. Right? Oh yeah, for definite. Because of like we got the controversy as well with Rising the Shield Hero, how people were going um ape shit over that and yeah, ironically it turned out to be one of the best series of that season. Mm-hmm. And because there was so much uproar about the series, it boosted the views of it. And just like throwing a really clickbaity thumbnail onto a, a video creates more ad revenue for that, that content creator. You know, it, it's just like this wonderful thing. The more, the more you try to deny somebody reading something or watches mm -hmm. of it, the more they're going to seek it out. No, I will say, I think in this series case, it's almost done on purpose. Because, mm -hmm. like, it really, if the first chapter, so it was only, well, first couple chapters probably where it was relevant. But then since, it's just not. So either the editor stepped in or, you know, the author was like, I just need to get all the attention. Because mm -hmm. if you look at the sales, this series has fallen off a lot. Yeah, it, it has last fallen month, off. It didn't even get 30,000, and I don't think it's hit 30,000 um for a while now and it's this is all established series like new series usually need to cross that threshold to become established so right. yeah i think part of it uh it's partially to do with the uh environment we're in at the moment um but yeah i can agree that the sales have dipped um quite badly for um uh, for undead Un unlock whereas Series like uh, series like Mission Yotsukura have been like relatively consistent across the board. Mm -hmm. um, and Witch Watch has been increasing a bit. Yeah, Witch Watch has been increasing a bit. But um, going back briefly to the controversy, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the same people who are complaining about the controversy for Undead and Unlock are the same people who are complaining about the um, comedic scenes in Bleach being removed from the anime that are a bit sus themselves. Well, okay, I don't know if that makes sense, because I feel like there's two different groups coming with different things. No, well, uh, like, what, Booba in anime is bad? No, no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, no, what, like, the thing about the first chapter with um, with naked zombie guy dangling girl over edge, that's, that, that's too bad, but... Um, Ishin, Ishin commenting on Rongiku, Rongiku's wet boobs. That's a okay. I, um, I, I don't know how to, and kind of weigh into that one, but um, I, I have seen both of those controversies, and they they seem to be like two totally different audiences. But I, I, I really 
At this point, I think anybody that can make a clickbaity video will clickbait a video and drum up views for it. I mean, even when yeah. you fell into it with the first few chapters of Undead Unlock, like, wow, let's see what this is all about. Turn it into a video, see if the series is any good. Um, but it's very... Like, I don't see, based on what you guys were saying, this going, this being the final loop, I don't see this going on very long unless we near automata it, you know, delete the save file, start all over. Yeah, and, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the author, but at the same time, I brought up the sales numbers because the other thing is I feel like this, I don't know how much longer Shonen Jump can push this series if it's not right. selling so great. Yeah, um, I feel like we will have to wait for the anime to come out um, to get a clear picture of if it's ending or not, um, because that might boost the sales, but probably not by a, not by a whole lot. And I feel like you hit the nail on the head that the reason why Seeming Fire Arc is because we're skipping over things that in any other series that would be going on for much longer, they'd be focusing it on, even though we've seen it already. Mm -hmm. Yep, and interestingly enough, there's another series that we're not going to talk about, unfortunately, because this is Shonen Jump focused, but uh, Eden Zero is looking like it's going through a similar kind of thing, and I'm very interested because two series I'm reading are doing very similar things in terms of, like, their final arcs. Well, hasn't the author of Eden Zero confirmed that it's ending? I think so. I want to say yes. I want to say yes, but I'm also not 100% on that top man. Okay. But I did, I'm glad you brought up the anime because I'm very curious how the sales boost will go because it'll depend on two things. One, if the series ends before the anime comes out because in my mind, I pictured the manga ending because at the rate it's going, it feels like it could end very soon next year. But it also could be at least the last, through at least a little bit of the anime and the volumes will continue to come out, of course, after. So I... it might get enough of a boost that it could theoretically continue a bit longer. Though at the same time, I, the reason I think it could get boosted is because of the studio behind it is David Productions. Yeah. If you've seen David Productions, you know they do things like uh, Fire Force and JoJo. um, JoJo's. And, you know, most of JoJo's hype was kind of killed by Netflix more than anything. But in general, David Productions produces like high quality shows. So I think Undead and Luck will have a very popular anime, both because of its controversial first episode and also because of the animation. Looks like they it'll be... They got the fucking god roll of studios, and I'm a little annoyed with that. But at the same time, you know, go off, King. You got it. Um, I really wish, um, as we move on, um, that when one particular manga gets an anime, that it gets... And David Productions as well. And then Sakamoto Days. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll be right back because I don't read Sakamoto Days, so you guys can take this. So it is in a very interesting point right now with this arc. Because we just saw like the attack on the organization here. And we're also seeing... <clears throat> the the fucking database being a living breathing human being which was so perfect of a reveal to me like it makes sense that you don't want actual data sitting around when you're you know killing off people so why not have 
one person record all the data in their own mind. It's just such a neat little nod there. But we also have um, people being exiled from Slurs Group now, which is a neat twist to me because they all failed. So why would they be relevant anymore? And they're getting hunted down now. So that last chapter was just a perfect chapter. And the film, dude, I want to see him die so badly. I like fucking. Mm. Yeah, and I, well, I'll add one thing with the human memory thing that being in the field I'm in, I know human memory is way more fallible than I think manga tends to give it credit for, but it's oh, yeah. fine. It's like superpowers. I'll give it perfect memory, eidetic memory for the sake of story. But yeah, it emotionally did great because I feel like they really, this last arc, which I feel like maybe about to close up. It's, it was very interesting because we've spent so much time going into like an arc that was about school, right? Like there was an entrance exam and then we had their school events and then we had the invasion of the school and now we're kind of closing that up because we found what we were looking for. And it was so cool watching like uh, introduce like new characters in this way because it really felt like the story was expanding more. And I think this arc justified that because now we got a whole backstory on some like uh, of the villains that we're facing that um, and like their relationship with a lot of characters like Amine especially has been a character who at first I didn't think much of but now that we know how his grandpa's involved how his father's involved and like like how his mother basically gave birth to him for him to be a hostage one day like my god that kid is right. just going through so much and like he's like instantly becoming like one of my favorites because he, he also reminds me a lot kid. of myself as a teenager was very bratty and full of himself mm -hmm. but also like n not like a bad person but just like going through a lot of shit right no for sure i uh, i do like how the interest exam kind of played out where you had the 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 cadaver body basically being controlled via vr too that was a neat little twist uh, yeah, that was very cool. It was a great way to like show us do our characters like a high level battle, but not quite at peak level because like of delays, <laughs> like actual like lag in the fights. Um, but yeah, like it was fun watching Shin grow. It was fun getting these new characters, and what's also interesting, and they really haven't touched on in a while, is like those examinees that passed and got to the school. Some of them just got straight kidnapped. And yeah. our hostages to slur. So that adds a whole new dimension to what is it going to happen here? Um, and one thing I was a little confused about, and I kind of want to bring up because I think you kind of touched on it, is that it's not just slur we have to worry about because we learned recently that there was like a whole coup mm -hmm. right before the events of our story effectively took place. And so that illustrates that there's like a potential other group that we're going to face. And I think that, um, what's his name, Nagano? Starts with an N. Uh, he so. seems to be, yeah, he seems to be up to something because he's kind of working under the radar to kind of figure out what happened to one of his friends, who I assume is Akira's aunt, one of his classmates. Because she's apparently dead, and we don't know how she died. But we're going to learn about that because it's probably something to do with, like, this coup, I'm thinking. Yeah, so, yeah, like, coup. it's... It is such a unique little twist to it because now we know what might have just led Sakamoto to just kind of fuck off and retire too. 
Yeah, it adds so many more dimensions. And I think the biggest thing with Sakamoto Days, and I may have mentioned this before, is that I love that somehow they stepped away from the whole original concept of the everyday grocery man who just happens to be a really cool assassin. Because like when we focused on the world building and the plot and all these assassins and characters and like the assassin world, like the world building of it, it's just so fascinating, and we probably wouldn't have had it if we just stuck with slice of life stories. Um, well, I think a lot so, of yeah. people compared it too much to like Way of the House Husband. Yeah, it did it. seem very similar, and I was afraid like, it would be in its shadow. But now nah, this is like a whole new level of peak because this author or mangaka is like just too great at like drawing action sequences and even just plot building. That I feel like just doing everyday gags, which would have been fun. It wouldn't have been writing to their potential, honestly. And hey, Sakamoto Days luckily avoided the whole, oh, this is a series that just had, didn't live up to its potential. And it just kind of goes away. No, it's like one of the best things in the magazine, like you said. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's my number one, but it's definitely top five. It's my number there. one right Like maybe now. three. Um, and... It's mostly because I don't read a lot of stuff weekly. I just let stuff build up and just kind of, you know, been uh, binge it. But, like, I've even been doing that with Witch Watch here recently. It's just letting a couple chapters build up and then just binging them. But, sure. um, I think with Witch Watch, that's not a bad idea. Because sometimes there's just nothing happening. And I'm just like, okay, I read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we'll get to Witch Watch. Yeah, but uh, Sakamoto, like, uh, the strongest two for me, like, like you were saying, like, it, it once it left that, like, Slice of Life uh, story, it really made a unique assassin story. And I, I doubt that anybody else has read it here in the call, but Golgo 13 <clears throat> was something I started reading in high school, um, because I've always loved, like, the James Bondy storyline of, like, go and be, like, a, have the license to kill, basically. Uh, I love that aspect of things. And that's probably says a lot about my character. I don't know. Um, but I I love those kind of stories because I grew up on them. Because my parents both loved uh, James Bond and, like, uh, fucking Mission Impossible, those kinds of spy stories. So I love that. And then... I feel like second to that is Sakamoto Days, like, in that, like, assassin storyline kind of thing. And I really want to see two things from Sakamoto in the next year. And because it's an ongoing and we know it's not in his final arc or it's rumored to be in his final arc, like, I feel like we should touch on, like, what we want to see from it. I, I want to see what happened during that coup. Like, I want to see that, like, 100% now. Like, that is, like, key focus in my mind. And I want to see the remainder of Slur's lackeys' backstories. Because when we start getting them, like, they make us a little sympathetic to some of their circumstances. And being sympathizing with a villain can sometimes be a good thing. Um, and I don't think there's anybody that's really good or bad in this uh, line of work obviously you're taking the lives of somebody you're all obviously a shade of gray or evil but <clears throat> the, these characters really seem to be just drawn into this because they believe like the other organization is bad or they're drug in there because they have a unique set of skills and 
case in point with like the film dude and it's just like he just wants to capture a good scene you know <laughs> i really hate yeah him. i really i, I want to see him die too i i, I like i want to see stanley kubrick uh 2.0 over there just you know fucking go away but um is yeah, he, but he's one of those villains you love to hate, though. I have to admit, they do such a great job in that <laughs> respect. But, like, but like I, when he had came it. into the classroom and just started being so casual and just murdering people it's on like, the side. Out of frame. No, that's not a good shot. <laughs> Shut the fuck up and He die just, here. like, drops, like, trauma right onto Akira just <laughs> out of nowhere. It's like, oh, yeah, your aunt is dead. <laughs> the first thing before. Uh, but, yeah, no, like, that, that's, that's two things I really want to see. I, I can see this one going on for a good long while, too. Like, I don't think it's anywhere near over. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because right now, I think we talked maybe in a previous pre State of Shonen Jump uh, that so many series, like, in the 2020s, this weird amalgamation of years that we're living through mm -hmm. right now, series have been ending, long-term series, and, like, half the magazine, at least, because I was talking about this with this guy, Zed, on the server, that, like, half the mag series in the magazine are, like, post 2020 and like some of them are just like only a few years before and like some of those veteran series that we'll be talking about are ending or look like they will be ending and so like it's kind of crazy that this is at least one series that i feel like will be a huge carrying point in the magazine because some series uh well yeah we'll talk about them but like they are like going to be ending even the newer series that look like they're going to be ending and so Sakamoto, I'm glad, like, as one of, like, the best things in the magazine is going to be, like, healthily several years down the line. It's selling well. The story is at its a peak. It was one of the best things, like, I read, like, the year. Like, I think during the last Manga of the Year stream that was going on, like, it was one of my nominees. And my rule for the nominees were, like, okay, I want to put at least, like, one thing from, like, each magazine thing I'm reading. And for Jump, I chose Sakamoto Days because I feel like... Of, even though there's series I put above it, like Hunter Hunter, Jujutsu Kaisen, I think Sakamoto had the strongest year uh, in 2022, like easily. 100%. Because there was a point where it With was like one kind of possible tie, but we'll talk about that. There was, a, there was a lull like in late 2021 where it was just like kind of finding its footing again with the new arc. And then once it got its footing again, like it, it really just popped right back off. And it, it has not stopped since this arc started. <laughs> yeah, easily one of the most consistent series in the magazine, which is my problem with most like manga series I read in general. Lack of consistency. Mm -hmm. Like Dr. Stone was one of my favorites because of its full consistency, and then Sakamoto Days is up there too. So yeah, and then another series, newer series we'll talk about. Yeah, we have like consistently good series are what I want in moving forward with Shonen Jump because like some of the newer series like much more hit or miss as we talked about the lot of axe series that we had. So do you think it'll end in 2023 or 2024? Cause I don't see it. Wait, are we talking about Sakamoto? Sakamoto. I don't oh, see. No, I don't of... see this ending at all next year. And honestly, I can see it yeah. even going through 2024 because there are so many subplots here. Cause we, as you said, there's those things you want to see, but I also want to see slurs backstory. I want to see more assassination organizations. I want to see our characters grow. And I think it's been foreshadowed that they're going to join the order because the, apparently the order is never full on members, meaning that there's slots for our characters to join up. And then maybe even Sakamoto's child will potentially take up 
uh, throne. And one character we didn't talk about that's been so sidelined is Lou. Like, she's just not even around. But I feel like they could easily do more with her and her whole... Um, I think she was part of a Chinese mafia. Yeah. Chinese mafia that she was a part of. Then we could get the international organizations involved. Like, this is a series I can see not just next year through, but even the year after and furthermore. Like, that's why I'm glad it exists in its state right now. Because yeah, so many other series are, like, hiatusing or ending or unsure. It's so weird. Like, we're so used to, like, shorter series now. Like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't see it lasting forever. But, like, you're right. There's, like, 17,000 plot points that are going on right now to where... It could be two, three years down the line before this is even close to ending. And that's such a fun thing to think about because, like, we have all of the long-running ones, like you said, they're just getting ready to wrap up or are in their final arc. Like, well, with One Piece, like, a final arc for that could be four or five years because fucking Moana was forever and a day. <clears throat> so, like... E there's there needs to be something consistent for the magazine to fu function on. Like you can't just have the revolving door forever. So yeah, especially with a lot of these new series, like only one series, and honestly, the only one that's probably deserved it, uh, that survived in its debut of the year. And because of that, I don't have the most faith that uh, 2023, especially with like a, even the current new series we have, are going to stay around. And right. so if we don't have new series and we have a lot of veterans ending, we need staple series that are going to stay. And I think of them, Sakamoto is like the strongest. Mm -hmm. You have Sakamoto, you have Yo's Fam, and you have um, like fucking maybe, maybe Chainsaw Man. But that's Jump Plus now. So well, that, even, that. even that's Jump Plus. Yeah, exactly. And like like uh, Sayers, like Witch Watch might go on. Like, whenever the author feels like it. So it's hard to say with that one. Right. Yeah. I, I like, with the Yo's fam, like, even that one, we'll probably talk about. It, that could go on longer. But honestly, I could even see that maybe ending, maybe not next year. But, like, the year after, I could see it, honestly, yeah, with what's happening. I could see that one ending. And it's weird. But Sakamoto, I can't, honestly, that early. I mean, it could if it wanted to, but I hope it doesn't because it has so much more it could do. Yeah, um, but I, I do I do think that Sakamoto will get its anime next year. Yeah, yeah we could talk about that. I mean, honestly, I'm partially stalling for Luke to come back so we don't right, actually yeah. talk about series he doesn't want. But yeah, anime, oh, let's well, been, talk I've about that. Here, I've been here the whole, the whole time, oh, right? okay. <laughs> that whole conversation, so um, I just didn't have anything to add to the table. Uh, I do think we could get it at, at like mid mid year that announcement, um, but I do I do really want to see this series in motion because like Chainsaw Man, it does fight so well, especially like the fight on the beach where Sakamoto just bodies a dude inside of a crashed jet. <laughs> Oh god, that jet fight was the most Jackie Chan thing ever, <laughs> and I, I love that. I absolutely adore that. I I want to see, I even if it's just a fan animation, I want to see that. Right, like it's so fucking cool. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know what studio I want, but definitely one that's experienced with action. So yeah, David Productions would be good. Um, it's another I like good say like, it, a one. Yeah, I was going to say A1, but then I'm like, 
I have mixed feelings. They won, but '86 was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have mixed feelings being a Sword Art Online fan with A1. So yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, '86 was like one of the best things of the year. Like well, we're not talking about our best animes, but that is up there for me. Oh it's like yeah. On the like all time like top ten kind of things. God, this was a good year for anime. It was. Um, I I think we should uh, pivot over to Yo's fam. I'm good. Look, you yeah, want to take up? Yeah. Do you have time to talk yet? So, Yo's fam is in a weird spot for me, right? Um, I'm loving what we're doing, but a new villain, I, I'm a little hesitant to be like, mm, come on now. Like, we just we just off Momo. Can we just let the, the family rest well, for a here's, moment? <laughs> well, here's the thing. We didn't technically off Momo. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, as cause... I take a sip of lemonade. <laughs> uh, no, because if you because uh, in the chapter, um, uh, the new villain Asa froze Momo before he could actually properly be erased with um, creatures blooming. So it's so weird. Like that that power of Kiyotro's is terrifying. Uh... Yeah, oh, yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, Yo's Fam, I mean, I guess for those who don't know, it's like a spy series with the family. The main focus being like our couple um, who get married like immediately, which is one thing I love about it. We just kind of follow their lives as like a high school sweetheart couple that are already committed to one another. But yeah. Yeah, what's been great this year has been just like one of probably Jump's best villains right now. Because we built him up for a while. It's the father of the family and, like, how he's been responsible for so many events. And I know Vex mentioned, like, an Eisening situation. But I feel like even compared to Black Clover, even though I did like, I really do like what they did with Julius. Uh, with Momo, I they really do have, like, strong connections to, like, from the very beginning, the, all the foreshadowing they did and, like, his involvement in the background. And then this arc showed him like full throttle like going insane but at the end i what's interesting is he has like a very split personality kind of character stemming from a lot of like the stuff he's been through mm -hmm. so he, he didn't i remember in previous reviews that luke's done on his channel he's mentioned like is momo gonna be redeemed and i feel like the answer to that is not so much redeemed as much as he was playing a part of a grander story i don't know it's like a very weird situation yeah uh, yeah um and i was i, I was more i was uh, as well i was more um leaning eventually along the lines of was re his wife was she alive inside him and it was like split personality going on inside him with her does he have like yeah we have a lot of theories for this going on you know but, but I will say, um, uh, to um, elaborate on what you were saying, I, in terms of it being a strong year, I also think it's been um, a strong year for one of the best redemption stories uh, ev ever for um, for a creepy character in the form yeah, of creature. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. anybody who initially reads the series will... Uh, Unless you're, unless you're Sacred Hero, will hate Caritro because of the fact that he's so creepy. Like, 
everyone in the series hates him. Uh, but this year has been like... Uh, Never forget one... his punishment for Futamo was, give me a foot rub. Oh, oh my god. Like, uh, I feel like he could have taken that. And I, 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 joke, I joked about this in, in the review of that chapter where it was like, he could have taken all of those punishments and anything, but I think the one that went too far was I's punishment. <laughs> where she literally had him being a baby. <laughs> Yeah, that was hilarious. That was hilarious, and I feel like he was probably thinking in his mind, we must never speak of this ever again. <laughs> this did not happen. Yeah, but no, um, no. If like Kai said, finds out, I'm dead. <laughs> oh my, yeah, and that's another thing as well, like, um, uh, in um, Roger Space's stream, it said, this has been the year of the antagonist, where I think it's been more of the year of Caricho, um, because he's had way more spotlight than any of the other Yosukro family this year than uh uh than any previous year any previous year yeah and being on par with Momo in terms of screen time uh, arguably more so than Tayo mm-hmm. yeah which i think is fine cuz we know Tayo pretty well from the early chapters was like very much spent on him so it's fine to like expand the other cast members uh yeah i see more Shion like oh I, yeah i do well. i think i think we're gonna get i think moving forward we're gonna get um more uh, i feel like we've had the whole year of caricho i think his year is done and moving forward to next year i feel like he's gonna take uh he's gonna be more pushed to the sidelines while other characters take the spotlight because mm-hmm. one thing i really really want to see uh especially since now we're probably going to be um Moving into more slice of lifey um, chapters for the next few weeks, I want to see because um, they they mentioned this happening. Um, I, I go into kindergarten and I want to see her interaction with um, kid kid uh, with other kids and seeing how she copes with them. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting spot. That could be fine because like we we wrapped up an arc here basically. Um... Or the next chapter, we'll wrap it up. We got the anime coming, <clears throat> in which we'll get to in a little bit. And now, like, we can go directly into next battle, or we can go directly into, like you said, the Slice of Life stuff. I think that everybody real really needs a moment to, like, decompress. So I would love to see that Slice of Life, like, going to restock the supplies, or... Everybody going back to school or doing the things that they need to do with their life. Or just, like, a fucking date between uh, Mitsumi and uh, Tayo here. And, you know, like... So, is everybody just so over everything right now? Let's just run away to, like, fucking Paris or something for a day. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Fucking hell, like... I can't imagine living the life that they live. Where, like, our father is trying to murder us while all under the guise of love. And now we have, like, we were created being dropped on us. <laughs> yeah, and let, let's let's talk about that briefly. Because you say Yozakura, um not ended next year, but the year after. <laughs> but the way the last chapter ended means that it could... I feel like the author did that because... He uh, he wants it to be um, not long running, but more. I would say on um, my hero length, 
what you're right, right but my hero's been like what seven years or something yeah. like that right yeah, and uh, like Yozakura has been like three years, so I then would like, say uh, like four more years. Okay, I mean Doctor Stone was also like five years, so that's more what I was thinking in terms of Yozakura length. Um, but you know, that's just me. It, it's it's hard to tell because this is a very like take it as it comes kind of series. Like it it could, I said this many many times. Like it could end next week, or it could you know end years from now it just depends on like how the author wants to take the story and i think it's written that way on purpose so they can be like well i'm kind of bored with this now or oh well this didn't do so well or this is dying off so let's wrap it up before it you know becomes like a meme um <clears throat> but i do i do enjoy this series it's one of my top three in this uh magazine right now but I do feel like playing it that way also can have its own detriment, you know? Oh, yeah. Because it, if you're writing it week to week, it kind of falls into that Dragon Ball lay, level of manga where, like, you clearly tell that the author is planned to finish here, but the sales or the editorial staff are like, no, make us more money. <clears throat> yeah. To, but to cover that, um, there have been incidences um, where he's alluded to that there's something else out there because earlier oh, yeah. on in the year we got um, Kirito saying like there's something more than just our father. And we had, I don't know if this, if it was meant to be interpreted as like, oh, this is Asa, but we had a mysterious black shadowy figure that showed up one chapter. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, the whole, it was a few uh, chapters and, ago, actually. Um... Yeah. Uh, and the whole thing with um, Yosakura that I really, really like is that it basically uh, has it on the back burner of like, okay, so there's this threat out there that we can focus on later <laughs> um, if we really want to. But at the same time, don't really have to focus on it at the initial point we are in the series. Mm -hmm. It's a fun it's a fun way to tell a story, for sure. I am concern like when it ends though like the state of the magazine like when it when it doesn't like what will the state of the magazine be at um just like with sakamoto days like these are these will be two of the longest running um at that point and i i do not think we can rely on something like a roboco or a high school family or something like that uh to carry a magazine once those two are wrapped up um so yeah it'll definitely be yields fam and sakamoto at this stage i mean i guess sales wise you could probably throw in like blue box too for that crowd yeah but i f i feel like even with blue box i feel like that's only got like a year and a half max left i really can't tell with that series to be honest <laughs> i really don't know like it'll make progress when it wants to make progress but we'll talk <laughs> about that when we get yeah. to blue box. oh yeah it will um but yeah, um, so we can uh, talk about the anime. I think. Yeah, just um, one last we have thing. Silverlink. Yeah, just one last thing I want to say. Um, by the way, um, Asa first introduction absolutely terrifying. His his stare is his stare is like yeah. I said in my in my review is a Lumi is a Lumi esque from Hunter Hunter. Oh. Yeah, yep. like the this author really knows how to draw action scenes and faces. Like, 
fucking terrifying faces. I think we're in the era of that too. Like we've really gotten like down to like the the super demon face, like looking like like uh, Shinra for Fire Force, for example, or uh, the dude from Blue Lock. Like you, you just get. The yeah, really... I was gonna use Marriage Toxin as an example. If you see the latest chapters of that, the current villain, know. he's not even a big threat yet. Well, he might be, but he is awfully scary. Just the way he's drawn. God. I should read that. It sounds interesting. Absolutely would recommend it if we do a Jump Plus series. It's going to be an easy recommendation. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, who is doing the anime for Yo's Fam? Um, Silverlink. Silverlink. Um, that one, I, th- I feel like... No, we'll- so- I feel like we did a little research on that. Yeah, it's in my research yeah. history. Um, yeah, I... Silverlink has done, like, some solid series. They are very much so good with, like, Slice of Life series. I think Luke wants to talk about one of his favorites, so I'll let him do that. Yeah, um, I-, I was just going to say uh, quickly, one of the... Um, what, uh, one thing I saw when it was announced who it was... Um, People were people were um, saying like it was a bad choice for Yosakura family, and I don't think it is because I mean we've had we've had um, uh, Silverlinks did um, uh, effects the great Jahi will not be defeated. Yeah, I mean it, it fits it fits it. Uh, you also have like Death March, the Parallel World. Um... Yeah. Uh, yeah, which I've watched. It's a very mediocre series, but one of the better mediocre isekai. Yeah, and one of the series that I really like from the studio, Non-Non Biori, which is just basically basically the most relaxy anime you could ever get, just about um, uh, a small small village town with um, where it has a school with only five with only five pupils, and we follow those five pupils, but it's just so relaxing. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the reason a lot of people were a little upset with the choice is because I think in the minds of many of the Jump readers, Yozakura like slowly but surely gathered like a fan base, um, and that fan base like really enjoys like the action-heavy like chapters, and they probably see it as like a very battle-heavy series and wanted a more action-oriented studio. But the truth is, if you read it for like. I've read it since the beginning. It's a series that very heavily relies on its slice of life and family dynamics for as the backbone. And I think Silverlink can do everyday life series very well. So I think it's a decent choice. Yeah, because I think people are just like looking at it as like recency bias, where we've had mainly this year just focusing on the action, action, action. Um, But if you look at the like earlier years... um, uh, like one of my favorites that I feel like the studio could do justice is what the first chapter that came out this year with just I just going around collecting the collecting the meat and everything and just being like I want to do this because I want to make my want to make my family proud. I feel like they could really capture the um, mm-hmm. uh, real general emotion of that chapter. I mean, they did Baka and Tess too, so like they can do you know both sides of it. So. Yeah, Bakates was a great one for my childhood. And here's, but, the, um, thi- and here's the thing: um, it, even even uh, even if um, Silverlinks is doing the first season, uh, it might get pi- it might get picked up again by another studio. Uh, please not Studio Wit. 
Wait, yeah. What's wrong with Switch specifically? It, they, they, they do Spyx family. I don't want them doing both of it because it's just going to be like, they're picking it up because it's the same series. Discussion. Well, to be fair, Cloverworks, I think, also had a hand in it too, right? Oh my god, don't, uh, like I said, I said it, I said in, uh, in the Discord for Michio's Core, thank god it wasn't Cloverworks. Uh, well, honestly, to be fair, Cloverworks, like, has had some solid, uh, series this year near the end. Se Shadows House Season 2, as well as Bochi the Rock, which is, like, a surprisingly incredible yeah, series, I, so. I will give Bochi the Rock uh, a chance, but... I can it's so I, much fun, Luke. It's so much I, fun. Yeah, but I cannot forgive Cloverworks for what they did to the Promised Neverland. And it's a fair sin to hold them against for like ever. But also, I have to place a good amount of that blame on the original manga because I don't know what they were planning on doing with this. The Shadows House proves that I think they really want to respect the mangaka's wishes for how they want to carry out the series. Because that's how they, there was some stuff cut out from the first season. They naturally incorporated things to the mangaka's like assistance and how they want to go about the series. And like, so I really feel like season two of Promise Neverland's really like, hey, what if we did this? And they're like, okay, if that's what you want to do. Fair it, enough. It's, it's very, it's very confusing with that one, what happened. And we'll probably never know the full story of that. Uh, no, we'll probably never know. Uh, but well, it, Wonder Egg proves that they do have bad ideas, just at Cloverworks in general. <laughs> so I don't blame you for holding a grudge, but I think they've earned a fair amount of forgiveness from me for like their recent series. I would have been, uh, I, uh, my dream studio would have been the studio who did Demon Slayer because I feel like uh, what? Euphotable, I think is how you said. Yeah, it. you thought. Yeah, I thought you. I thought you. I thought you said. Oh, horrible for a second there. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing with Ufotable is I feel like Ufotable is an easy answer for most series just because of how they did Demon Slayer. And so in that sense, I feel like Ufotable should be reserved for another highly action-oriented series. I don't know what that would be necessarily, because even with Sakamoto days, for example, I don't know, like, it would be cool to have Ufotable do it, but I don't know if they would be... The one I would be like leaning towards for that. Um, maybe Don to Don, honestly, with some of the stuff they do. Yeah, no, that would be fucking amazing. Please uh, manifest that into Don to Don's like really like highly based on like its art yeah. action. Uh, yeah. And also, as well, uh, people were against Silverlinks doing it because they made the argument that Silverlinks doesn't usually do second seasons. And I was just there again. Say like, well, another studio could pick it up for a second season. That has happened before. Yeah. But also, they've done second seasons. Yeah. Like, um, not not on by test, for example. Byri, um, that has three seasons. Uh, I'm looking. I'm on its wiki now. But Buffery, um, has a second season. The Misfit of Demon King Academy has a second Mark season. Mark has a season two. Um. Which, by the way, since Misfit is, as well as Bofree's coming out, I think you guys may have seen it. Should I, like, watch that one? I didn't see the first season for either of those. Yes. I have not seen the first season for either, so I don't really, I don't really know. Yeah, uh, go do that. Um, Which one, Vex? Both or one? Both, actually. Okay, I'll take your recommendation on it, because Misfit did not look interesting to me. And my best friend didn't really like Bofree that much, so I thought, okay, cool, I'll skip it. 
but I'll give it a try on your right. It, it's it's just dumb fun. Um, but... No, that's fine. I mean, I uh, everyone's taste in is different, and sometimes it's just a matter of mood that you're in to watch something. <laughs> oh no, like I um like. I didn't like it at first, but I um, there's a small series on Netflix. It's not really anime, but it's animated in the anime style, um, or akin to like Avatar, called Scissor Seven. Um, but like at first I'm like, oh, this is just dumb, and then I went back and I'm like, actually, this is pretty fucking good. It just all comes down to like the mood you're in. Um, but with with Yo's fam, like. I, I, like, final thoughts on that, like, you said, Luke, um, you can see it going on for a good while, um, what would you project as end date for this one? Um, well, what, um, I... You didn't say I met Jay. Uh, so I'd say probably around 20, um, early 2026. Um, early 2026. Maybe, maybe cusping on the end, moving into 2027. So somewhere around there. Okay. So uh, everybody timestamp that. And then when it gets announced that it's ending in like a year and a half, we can come back to that. <laughs> uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Um, if, um, if, that, if it ends um, in a year and a half, and you can quote me on this, I will get caught up on Don to Don and PPPPP. Okay, okay, that's actually sure. But also, like, I was just going to say, Luke, you, we tried to predict the end of Dr. Stone, and that came way sooner than we thought there, oh, too. Yeah. yeah, we did. So I don't, but you already made the bet that's too late to back out. <laughs> I know, I've made the bet. I've, I've got to lie, lie in it. I've got to lie, lie in it now for um, that bet. Um, I, I, I do think it'll end like a year and a half, maybe two years. Uh, just because it's being written like a seemingly like arc to arc. Um, and that's like a telltale sign of like the author just always having an end game in place. Um, like, like I said, like Dragon Ball. Um, but I do, I would love to see it go on that long. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like having another super long running like My Hero style series would be nice because the magazine desperately needs it. Well, yeah, that's why. That's why. You see, I don't consider my hero that um, super long, super long running. Um, well, relative to the modern age. <laughs> right. uh, oh yeah, relevant to the relevant to the modern age. But yeah, I don't see Yosakura family reaching the five hundred chapter mark. That 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 I feel like is a bit too far, even yeah. for me. Yeah, um, agreed. So I, I think while we're talking about it, uh, My Hero Academia, why not go there? A.K. <clears throat> um, my boring academia at the moment. Well, I've, I've I'm just it. tossing like a quick theory for Yozakura because because I brought it up uh, on go, Luke's go ahead. channel. Go ahead, do the do your theory. So I am in mostly agreement with Vex with uh, the timing of it. I do see 2024 as like a likely ending because I see it kind of similar to Doctor Stone in that fashion. Maybe because it's also like one of my favorites in the magazine, like Dr. Stone was when it was around. But I think one way they could extend it is a theory I had where we recently learned that Yozakura were potentially created and their superpowers are, at least in some part, artificial. If that's the case, there is a chance that there's other artificial families out there. 
And if that's true, we could have like alternate like families presenting as antagonists. And if we went that route, potentially we could go on for a good while because we don't have Tayo in Gold Rank yet, but we could do that. We could follow his like married life down the line, uh, maybe even going to as far as like a time skip even. So there are ways they could extend the story. I just don't see it happening like too long. Even if my theory comes true, I feel like they would like use it as like a final endpoint. Yeah, no, like that's that's a th that's a good theory. I I don't I don't disagree with that. I do, however, think that that would get a little overextendy, depending on how they take it. You know, like, okay, now we're going to go fight down this this other random family, and then that plot go on for, like, three, four years. Like, Well, you know, I mean, like, I don't disagree, because even, like, you felt that way with Asa coming into play. So I feel like a lot of fans would feel the fatigue, and I don't mm -hmm. blame them for that. I just have, I just think it's a cool theory I came up with. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool theory. And one thing that we honestly need to know um, before the series ends is, are there any aunts, uncles, and cousins out there? Because Musumi can't be the only Yozakura with siblings. That's a good point, too. Like, there's, there's got to be more families or uh, more relatives out there. Yeah, and also, I, I need to know, like, the... Uh, um, I need to know the... Um, the... Uh, idea of um, like okay, Musumi is the only one that can give superpower uh, superpowers to the to the ch to children. That that's been established, but there should be like um, the but surely um, we need to know can the other Yosakura siblings um, give birth themselves? Because it can't just be the head of the Yosakura who can be the only one that can give birth. That's yeah, our branch families has been a huge thing Luke and I have been discussing because it feels like such a natural way to extend the story and the cast. Yeah. Plus, I'd... like, what the relationship with those branch families would be, especially because they weren't even there at the wedding at this point. <laughs> yeah, and it, it might actually go into your theory, um, uh, uh, party jams, of the fact that Asa, being the creator of the Oscars, it, he could also potentially give powers to uh to these other family members that are different from the from the blooming so that it doesn't detract from the blooming being a unique power source true like if they if the others couldn't pass on abilities we could have some uh asa give them yozakura blood somehow oh so yeah that's not a bad idea Wow. Well, it's probably launch that material now. Yeah, so my hero's ending soon, probably, right? That's uh that's a confirmed. That's what ending. Horikoshi's been saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like Although I think he said in a recent statement, hey guys, if this goes on another year, I'm sorry about that. I'm trying. Horikoshi, how long how many cause how many more battles do we have to have before, uh, in this like final war? Like you seen the tweet he put out, or that tweet, but like the the message he put out, like he can barely hold a pencil right now. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, 
like all the stuff we're going to say about MHA aside, like, I hope he takes care of himself because he's one of the most talented artists we have yeah. in just manga right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't wish any ill will on, on him as an author, but at the same time, he has this, this story has, um, in my opinion, overstayed its welcome. Yeah, very much so. Um, and the fandom, even more so. <laughs> uh, like, I'll never forget when they were dogging on Mirika's voice actor for not being black enough to voice a black character. Even though she was black. It yeah. all, uh, is black. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never let that one slide. That was just next level cringe. Um, yeah, and speaking as a person of color, it is just very frustrating when people say, it's like, how much of a blank are you really? It's like, I, I didn't get to choose to be born this way, okay? You don't get to say that. Right, no kidding. Um, I, but like, this this story, it, it doesn't need to continue. Like, it, it's it's been nearly wrapped up for two years now, it seems like. I, and but it just keeps overextending itself so far it's just wild um and then the anime obviously is going to continue for another like four years from this point so like how long do you think we have left for, with my hero academia as a thing the the japanese avengers how long do you think the story is going to continue yeah, I'm hoping like it ends next year, but like it's weird. Like weirdly, I don't believe it. <laughs> I somehow just don't believe it. Not because it's like, oh man, I can't believe in a world without MHA. No, I can see that. I just can't see Horikoshi being like, okay, I have it properly paced to the point where we can reasonably. End. I have honestly said March of next year. March so of like... next year. That's a bold statement. <laughs> March of 2023, but at this point, I'm just like, I do not know. I don't know. Like, I've I've clearly voiced my opinions on this story many a time, so I don't need to rehash them. So, I, I won't. Um, I I hope it ends around March, though. I really do, because it, it really does not need to continue. It, yeah, it's, cause... it's had so many natural ending points at this point that... It's just very clearly Horikoshi having fun, but at the detriment of his own health now. Yeah, and it's like we really don't have many battles left. It, it's literally the big three at this point. It's um, Darby, uh, Toga, and Shigaraki. And it's been that way for a good while. I know, and it's like... Even it... when you thought it was over, when the Darby fight, I was like, okay, cool, we finished this one. No, we didn't. Yeah, oh, and it's like that is frus that is frustrating. I feel like the only reason he did that was because he wanted it to be Endeavor versus Darby, as opposed to Todoroki versus Darby. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I but mean, I sense, will say, but still, what I wanted to say earlier, I mentioned that there was a series um, that, like Black Clover, like doesn't feel like a final arc to me, but I've been enjoying it. MHA, this feels final, but I've just not been enjoying it. Because I've just wanted to watch it, like, end. Because, like, it's... I remember thinking when I was reading uh, Deku versus Shigaraki, when Deku finally got back to the fight, had his Goku moment of, okay, I'm here now. 
I was not like excited to watch this fight. I was just like, okay, let's wrap this up real quick. And I'm like, man, that is kind of sad. This is the big fight between the main protagonist and like the main antagonist. Except it's also not really because Shigaraki himself is not even fully in control of his own body. And I think that's one of the big reasons this fight is just failing. Because Shigaraki as a villain developed so well for so long up until maybe the war arc. And then after that, when AFO took over, I'm like, I don't care about you, AFO. I just really don't. And so you being the, I know, the actual true villain that they've established are just not interesting to watch fight. So, yeah, and his whole master plan means basically nothing. He's the most generic bad guy ever. Oh, yeah, for sure, definitely. And I feel like one of the, I feel like the point where I was just like really done with the series was when they revealed who the traitor was. I mean, that's fair. I think that most of Horikoshi's like reveals just did not pan out to the level I think it really should have. With, I guess, Davi being a weird exception to the rule, even watching season six of the anime, which was this year. I thought to myself, yeah, like this is so obvious. People figured this out almost immediately, but the execution of the reveal was cool. But uh, yeah, I think with MHA, the uh, anime-wise, I think the series is going to have like its next. Um, this season will be like the last really good part of the story. Yeah. And yeah, and then the anime fans will like the rest of us will just be like, okay, we're going to wait for it to just be over. And it's finally no, it's it's still going up. Is it? Nope. Uh, two more, two more seasons. Or oh, how much longer is this story? Or unless, unless they want to, unless they want to do um, the uh, Attack on Titan route, where it's like, no, my hero season seven part one, my hero season seven part two. Yeah, I will say as someone who has Attack on Titan as their like very top of the top. Um, yeah, that's annoying how they do that. It's like the best part of the story, but they didn't have to do that. They really fucking did it. Like, um, having said that, I will also say this is one. I think MHA is like a good case study for why, for as much as I wish Dr. Stone went on a bit longer, I greatly appreciate a planned out series. Because like, at least if you have like the story planned out, story mapped to the end, it'll feel like a well-told story versus this is being stretched onto infinity, which is what a lot of these long-running series have, like, trouble with. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, MHA is definitely a good example of a series that's gone on too long. I I mean, people say that about One Piece, but I guess uh, One Piece fans say, no, it's been going on as long as it needs to. I don't really know, though. It's, it's a mix of both, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, um, yeah, just my hero has just been going on for way, way longer than it really should have. Like the, uh, like this whole, uh, it. I think like it. The reason why it, uh, I felt like it's been going on for as long as it should is just because we've just had a war arc and now we're already in another one. That is a good point, honestly. Because like this war arc doesn't feel as epic because we just had like a big war arc happen. And it's like when you compare this war with like the last war in MHA, it's like the only real difference is the players involved. It's not like there's been a huge change in the dynamics of the characters, even though some big things did happen. Yeah. Like you could have easily done all of this in 
in just one really long war arc. But then it probably would have turned into um, what I've heard about Naruto, the yep. never the never ending war. Yep. I mean, yep. yeah, that's true. Weirdly, I think looking back, like uh, there's like Bleach and Naruto just have these giant war arcs to finish up their series, and they were very long. So I guess maybe Shonen Jump series should just stop ending with giant wars. Yeah, no, no, maybe they should. Uh, or wars by proxy, or any of that. Like, you just no more war whatsoever in manga. Let's make that a new rule. <laughs> no, we have to have a walk because we're a battle manga. Too bad. That's so funny. Especially because, like, most of these war arcs are, like, compared to, like, actual war anime. Like, weirdly enough, I can almost include Elusive Samurai in this. Like, they are better at doing war. So it just feels like almost children playing at war rather than a real war. <laughs> it's very weird, isn't it? Um, yeah, it really is. But anything else with MHA? Because I feel like we're, we don't really have much more to say. We're not yeah, even talking I, about the actual fights or chapters. <laughs> uh, yeah, all I'll say is just um, the fights really don't care about. Um, I am just like, please, let's just end it already. Yeah, it, it's very sad when you get to that point with the manga, though. Like, when you just you feel it limping his cadaver along. Like, more money for Daddy Shueisha. More money for Daddy Shueisha. But it, it's very... It's a very great case study in, like, the fact that, like, once you become, like, the cash cow from the magazine, they will kind of drag you out to an infinity. It, it, look at Dragon Ball for, like, the ultimate example of this, right? It, it's it's their merch baby. Like, it's the most yeah, popular. Yeah, they're still story. doing that with Naruto right now and Boruto. Even though I'm enjoying Boruto, it's very true. Exactly. So, like, uh, I don't think this is the end of My Hero Academia. I feel like we'll have a, uh, a My Hero Academia spinoff where Deku's kids are in school. Oh, uh, God, please, no, please, no. Make a Vigilante's anime. Like, Vigilante's is all you really need. Uh, but, yeah, like, it, it's sad. Like, I, I hate when we get to this point in a story of, like, it just needs to end. But as somebody that was even a fan of like fucking um game of thrones like it it drug on way too long to where it caught up to the books and because george rr R. martin is george rr R. martin you know they're like well we'll write the story for you uh and we see how that panned out and then now it made hbo so much money it's like here's a spinoff here's a spinoff here's a spinoff here's a spinoff um but yeah, I, like the, that's the fate I see for this, because uh, you have Dragon Ball having a movie every other year now because it makes the money. So uh, maybe just uh, like the Heroes Mission movie shit will continue after the ends. Uh, who knows? But uh, another like weird one, and just to move on because we're beating a dead corpse, uh, quite literally. Um, we can talk JJK here. Because it is in yeah, a, that's a good yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't read this series, I will. Um, I will be right back. Uh, uh, it's, cool. So you want to start, Vex? It's in this weird state, like because we, we've seen like rumors of it being potentially ending, and rumors of it not potentially ending. So I I don't read it weekly, obviously. Uh, but it's it's an interesting story. But I do feel like it 
can't carry on much longer as well. Like there's a lot to do, but it can be done relatively quickly. <clears throat> well, I'll say this because I don't exactly know where you are in the story. Um, so JJK is now the hunter hunter is once again out of the magazine. JJK is like probably the top of my magazine for me. But I will say this year was a very slow year. But that's not to say I didn't have some good chapters. The last fight we had was really, really cool. And it was Hunter Hunter level like fights with super crazy explanations. And like the way, although I will say with Hunter Hunter, I feel like some of their solutions were a little more clever than the way this current fight played out. Cause it's more like, oh, I the way I beat your power is I have the opposite power. And I'm like, that does work, but also what? <laughs> um, and anyway, um, I also I'm just saying this super vaguely so I don't spoil you Vex. But uh, there are some things that are happening where I really do feel like bigger parties around the world are going to start getting involved. I've been saying that for a lot of series, I know. But I also I think it's just because I like when series do these things. Um, but I, I gen we generally have seen other countries in JJK directly now. And I think they're going to play a part with Japan being the center of the universe in this fictional universe. Um, and I think it could play into a whole other arc that we'll see. So I honestly could see another, like, I think this series is, like, basically a few big things. There's, like, pre-Shibuya stuff that built into Shibuya, then Shibuya itself, then, like, some post-Shibuya stuff that fed into the current arc, which, um, uh, Culling Games, yeah, that's what it's called, the Culling Games, and now the Culling Games are effectively wrapping up um, and then I think it'll feed into one last big arc. That's how I see Jujutsu Kaisen playing out. And for anyone interested in the series, um, I highly recommend going the anime only route at this point. Because I feel like the anime is, of course, like it takes the source material and builds it up to something just amazing, um, for one thing. And the other thing is just the fact that the, the series is very hard to follow on a weekly basis, especially when Shibuya. So I'm very interested in season two will handle it. But oh I'm God. hoping that'll help the organize pacing. the material better. <laughs> the pacing is all over the place in the manga, and the anime did such a great job of, like, condensing it and making it fluid. You know, uh, in, like... I, I agree, like, the anime route is 100% the proper way to go with consuming the series. Because if you look at the early pages in this series panel wise it is the most obnoxiously laid out shit on the planet it yeah i don't like, blame like the fact that red just really wasn't feeling the series early on it was like pages of text and it was like not it's hard to explain without putting it on the screen but if i put it on the screen this video will get copyright claimed so i'm not going to do that but like it the way they laid out the panels for like when he gets the cursed finger right is just so obnoxious that like reading it on stream i'm like ah! i'm trying yeah to but again it's i think that's also a partial red was talking about earlier where it's just kind of how our brains are kind of built to consume media now it, it very much is because like trying to interact with chat and trying to read this and trying to comprehend the story was just too much stimulation all at once. And it's very much like, even I'm guilty of it. Like I'll scroll through TikTok more than I'll do anything now. 
because it's yeah, like quick, same. instant dopamine. So, like, yeah, it, it's very unfortunate, like, how our brains are getting overly trained now. Yeah, um, but it's also, like, how much of an excuse can we really put when we're the ones consuming right. the content? <laughs> like, uh, I need my dopamine hit for the moment. Uh, the open TikTok, uh, hey, that's a pretty, pretty thing there. Cool, like that. Uh, and then the algorithm is all, like, horny now. Uh yeah, and then it feeds you to make the content. I don't even consider myself a content creator, but I've been regularly making TikToks. <laughs> like your TikToks are on my for you page, and then like yeah, I've seen you viewing them. I appreciate that. <laughs> and then the rest of my my TikTok feed is like either horny or uh, transbian femcel <laughs> TikTok. A lot, a lot of depression. I mean, I want to think it's because I'm, you know, uh, planning on going into the psychiatry field and not because there's some underlying stuff the algorithm is trying to tell me right now. Hey, hey, hey maybe you should see a therapist. Maybe your job's taking its all on you. <laughs> you know what? At some point when I, like, hopefully, like, settle down as a therapist, I'm going to need to set myself up with one. Because really, a therapist is the one who needs a therapist the most, I feel. But that's a discussion for a different podcast. <laughs> I can only imagine the therapist to the therapist needing another therapist and just like therapy inception. <laughs> oh, but I got really should be a thing we set up just for doctors in general. But again, I don't want to go into this because it's like more in my professional world rather than manga. Right. Uh, but like so, um, JJK, like, uh, yeah, watch the anime if you want to watch it. I do think the content's been good. I honestly can't see the series ending too soon. But Gege has said it's like. At least like two thirds or something done, or some I think. Yeah. So, so maybe two, it's probably years? just a few more years. Yeah, I can see it ending in like twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six. Yeah, I mean, it really shouldn't extend beyond that. Uh, but Spy X Family will outlive us all. Oh, is that our transition point to there? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Luke, are you coming back in for this or not? Uh, yeah, I'm back, and oh boy, I do have some things to say. Uh, so, um, this is a series that exists on the planet Earth, and, um, that's about the nicest thing I can say about it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's been a series that's gotten super popular with the anime adaptation, as expected. Um, and, you know, I've, it's funny because, like, a lot of my friends are watching the anime, and I've talked to them about it because I know what's happening because I've read the manga, but... What's interesting is, like, I think a lot of them find it weird that I'm not watching the anime because I usually, when you read a manga, you'll watch the anime with it uh, because you're not afraid of spoilers or anything and you want to see stuff get adapted. But in the case of Spy, Spy Family, I, I just really don't care, especially because, like, from what I've heard, it's more filler somehow than the series has had. Which I've had other people in the fandom mention. It's like, well, it's a slice of life series. It's mostly going to be filler anyway. And that's true, and that's one of the reasons, like, Slice of Life series aren't really for me. It's one of the reasons I wasn't planning on reading Ruri Dragon unless it got, like, super big, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Um, but with Spy X Family, I will say, and I'll switch between Spy Family and Spy X Family because I'm too used to seeing X, but I think that the current arc has been very solid, 
And so I will say I am enjoying what I'm reading right now. And the last chapter, I'm glad Anya's, Anya is like stepping up to be a protagonist. Because that's where most of the time people like Anya for her meme faces and her goofy attitude. But I'm like, but that doesn't really make her a good character. And I think the reason it bothers me with Spyak's family more than other Slice Life series, because, you know, I could watch Bochi just complain about being an introvert, just like till I die, probably. But with Spy Family, there's so much more depth to the world and the characters and trauma that they have, like, buried in there that I'm like, why don't you dig into this more? Because, like, the best chapters this year for Spy Family were the Twilight backstory and the current arc that we're having here, like, most of the rest was just random filler. Yeah. Uh, like, even, like, Damien's backstory should be dug into more. Like, he's... Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's one of my favorites. He comes from, like, fucking... From this wealthy-ass family who's, like, the main antagonist family of the fucking story, but we spent two chapters this yeah, year... Yeah, that is the main issue I have it. always had with um, Spike's family. It's just... The story's not progressing. I, yeah, had... I mean, it's currently progressing, at least, so I'll say that. It progresses when it wants to. And to be fair, I think the mangaka like, has a formula that's selling well, so I really can't be mad at them or blame them, because they're making money, and ultimately, that's kind of what they need to do. Yeah, I, I can't begrudge them, but like, you've spent two chapters with your being inf having infiltrated the mom's club, basically. The, the Christian moms uh, from South Park, maybe. I don't know what the goal is here. You know, where, like, you gotta cancel South Park. I'm just trying to relate it to Luke here. Uh, for saying fuck shit and damn on the, the TV. But here you have her in there. And Anya knowing that mommy's in there and daddy's goal's there. And that didn't manifest to fucking anything. But... Now you have them all as hostages for one of the, the the terrorist groups in the manga, and that's somehow progressing the plot more than what the actual plot of the fucking series is. This just baffles my mind. Uh, uh. So I do want to give at least some more props to the current art because I like what they're how they're showing that like the terrorist group are not as bad as we would seem because like the people leading it, most of them don't want to actually hurt the children. They just are really against the extremely oppressive government that's using the most shady tactics to take them down. And it really, and again, it's stuff like this that makes me think, man, I wish we had more of this. I wish we had more of these moral conflicts. And I was seeing the terrorist leader's daughter say something like, I'm not afraid of dying, but I'm afraid of living in a nation where I can't speak my mind. I'm like, dang. That's some good writing there. Where was this? For the last, like, 18 chapters this year. Yeah, the world of Spy Family is so cool. And I I mean, I don't want to say that we'll get more of this going down the line, because we won't. And more than uh, Yozakura family, I think the thing is I'm just so much more invested in the characters there. So when they do Slice the Life fun stuff, I'm just super invested in the cap, and I'm cool with it. But with Spy Family, I don't care about most of the characters outside the central cast. Mm -hmm. No, like, I don't really either. Like, it's weird, right? Because you have the makings for some good characters, but they just never... They never make anything worthwhile for it. And it's unfortunate. Like, The Handler's cool. Um, Twilight cool, Lloyd's whole story, cool, whatever. 
your badass mommy, please, mommy. Um, but Anya is like this meme character, usually. Now she's like really being central to the plot. Damien was a nice character. And then the, the doofus that works with Lloyd, like outside of that, like I don't. The rest of the characters could just be killed off, and I wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, Nightfall is kind of on the border of that for me. And I think some of these characters end up liking more, like Damien's mom. And I really want to meet Damien's brother they keep alluding to. And probably the villain himself will be interesting when they ever bother with him. But, like, yeah, you're right. I, I guess also, I guess, the current terrorist. And I know that sounds like a lot of characters, but, like, rest of Anya's classmates, except for maybe one other one. Not even Becky. I don't care about Becky at all. We spent chapters on that girl, and I don't care about her. Or Damien's friends, I don't care about them. And just like most of Twilight's other spy friends, I don't care about. So yeah, like Garden, like yours whole group should be more interesting to me. Yuri's like government group should be more of an interest to me because they're the bad guys, more or less. We do not story. speak about Yuri. Well, I mean... to be fair, he did play a part in this current arc, so we kind of have to talk about Yuri. He didn't do anything that interesting, though. That's the sad part. Right, like he's... He tried to do something, then it didn't work. Like he's supposed to be important to the story. I could get, I give less of a shit about this man. I, I want Does to it, see, I want to see him die horribly. Has he, has he spent any substantial time with the family? Well, he uh -huh. did tutor Anya once, so there's that. No, I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not talking about just one time. As he, as he, like he talks about Yoru and how amazing she is. Have we ever literally seen a conversation where it's just them two alone? I mean, we've had flashbacks, but I think outside of that, no. I, uh, not even flashback. Like just like say, for example, a chapter where it's just like. Um, Yoru is bored because Lloyd and... Oh, Anya you mean just are... like a Yor, a Yor and Yuri chapter, right? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think we actually did. Which is weird now that we're saying this out loud. Yeah, because you would think with... Um, yeah, because you would think with Yuri being like, I, I love my sister so much, talking about uh, basically being a um, creepy... Um, uh, say what you were about Caritrio, but at least he spends time with his family. Yeah, no. You're right. Yeah, like, that is a good point. I mean, even Gauch, who I know you're not a huge fan of, Luke, he spends yeah. time with his sister more. Yeah. And, and hey, um, at least they've had substantial interactions with the main character. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably, I don't know if we should do more with Spy Family. I don't think we're going to talk about the season two trailers or anything. Apparently the boat oh, arc's next. So. Oh, my God. I hate that arc so much because it, it's like, it's like it, the author wanted to have his cake and eat it with that, with that, with that arc. Like, I want to do the cutesy slice of life stuff, but I also want it to be action oriented as well. It's weird. Yeah, which is not always a problem, but I don't think it pulled off too well. I mean, at least it gave him something for Yor for the first time in a long while. So I at least appreciate the arc for that. Yeah, I feel least. like I feel like the main issue I have with Spike's family is that there's no reason for them to have secrets from each other. 
I mean, like, that's not entirely true. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Anya. They didn't ever explain. But uh, Twilight, I mean, he is a spy. You have to keep your identity a secret in that case. And Yor is like an assassin, like so she murders people. So that says we kept a secret. So I kind of understand that aspect of it, but it's also just weird that the most, I, and this is a running joke in the community, that's the most incredible spy in the history of whatever can't tell that his wife is an assassin despite the most obvious clues ever in front of his face. Yeah. He, he really uh, Benoit blocks it, doesn't he? I, I feel like you should have picked oh, someone... Oh, which I did watch Knives Out. We were talking about that yesterday. Yes. It's, uh, it's great. Yeah, I feel like Lloyd should have really picked up on Anya's um, mind-reading abilities um, when he literally met her, when he was like, I need to find a six-year-old. And literally, as soon as he's thinking about that, she's like, I'm six. I mean, in his defense, if mind readers are not a common thing in this world, that wouldn't have been my first thing either. So I can't blame him too much for that. But no, it was the like, assassin thing. I can blame him for that. Yeah, but it was like literally as soon as he was thinking that, she came out to him and said, "I'm six. Like, um, at least could have just with, been a coincidence. I don't think with, that's. Um, at least with Yugi, he picked up on it right away when he was like thinking about the foul to Mokuba in Yu-Gi-Oh and. Pegasus went, I fell to Mokuba. He literally was like, did he just read my mind? Okay. I mean, I'll give you that. Maybe a throwaway line could have at least been nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just so... Uh, that's the thing that I give praise to Yozakura family over Spike's family. It's like, Tile knows that they're spies and he's part of the family and they don't have to go through the whole bullshit of keeping a secret. Like it's funny how they're they're a spy they're like a spy family yet people that yet people know about them. True, you're right. But we should. I feel like we should probably move on because I think we've been talking about this for a little longer. Yeah. Than I did. Uh, but I. How long do you think they'll actually feasibly go on? Just I don't know. I, I don't. Mean, know. I'm still good. I don't know about you guys. Plus, I know we still have plenty of series left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the next one, let's go down to Ayakashi, shall we? Okay. Let's talk about something positive um, and lewd and definitely not monetizable in any capacity whatsoever. <laughs> I, I just, like, that series getting published for me, like, uncensored in english was a surprise i don't know yeah, i know was. i know and i'm just waiting to see will they have the forbidden chapters so what luke's referencing is there were two chapters i believe um it might have been more yeah that, it, was I think two. it was two that were not shown in the shonen jump app uh at all I don't think they were even published on Manga Plus, were they? They weren't. They weren't published nope. on Manga Plus. Only Raws were out that fans found. And then translated. So, yeah, like, those two chapters, it'll be interesting to see if, like, they get put into the actual volume. Because the Seven Seas publishing them, and the Seven Seas don't usually care what the content inside the manga are as long as it sells. Um... <clears throat> but I feel like with those chapters, they'll be... Um put around um um they'll be shrink wraps shrink wraps yeah um 
for sure. They they will be shrink wrapped and kept in the naughty corner of a Barnes and Noble, um, along with Monster Masume and Redo Appealer and all that. But I, if they get translated, that's going to be the the tricky part. I I very much like the direction we're heading in with this story. I, however, do not see it lasting very much longer. I could see it lasting maybe till the end of the year, um, next year. That's what the direction will be because recently we had a cool chapter for Rio after the first time in a while. And it seems to allude to like a new villain group, which I think could extend the story's lifespan a bit longer. But I do agree, I don't think this is a story that should take too long to continue but uh yeah i'm very curious how the anime will be adapting it uh because yeah this is a hard series to kind of talk about yeah considering it's it's only it's coming out next week yep yeah next week so we will know um if it is lewd and it is um it is uh panty shot galore uh, like the manga or if it's actually just uh, heavily censored. And I will be sad if it's censored because I don't like seeing series not be adapted honorably. Um, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, oh, it does. Like, I mean, this series was intended to be etchy. If you just censor it, it's like... I mean, there are series like, what was it? Worlds and Harem or something. When the officials for that came out, the censored version... It was just like, you know what? You just probably shouldn't have bothered adapting if you were going to just block off, like, most of the series. No, I, I think that one was the one that had, like, the giant white bar across most of a scene. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, the, why did you try? Well, here's the thing. I am looking at the broadcast time for Ayakashi, and it's 1 p, well, not 1 p.m., 1 a.m., so it might not be... It might be uncensored if it's like really late at night. That's good. Um, I I do know they did a Worlds in Harem uncensored version on the Blu-ray. But yeah. At that point, I do so, know it exists. Why Why did you pick it up if you were going to broadcast one version and you know put the the uncensored version out there? And then you have stuff like interspe- interspecies reviewers where like. Oh boy, that was a whole controversy. <laughs> yep, it really was. Man, that was a weird time. But yeah, yeah, Akashi, in terms of story, I don't think I have much more, but I do enjoy reading it like week to week, and I enjoy the character interactions. As a series, I'm okay with just staying as long as it wants, but yeah. I also don't see it lasting necessarily super long because it doesn't really need to. And how long was the last work by the author? Do we know? Um, uh, the last work by the author was around i think it was like 200 chapters it was two love rue wasn't it well yeah, okay that's a two, pretty good length two love rue i did sequel two love rue darkness uh there we go okay yeah i think that's a pretty good length then for ayakashi they can go for that long let's see yes uh and manga so for those who don't know ayakashi i would just say try the anime out <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and no, see if you sure. like it. Uh, it, it. It was, yeah, 102 chapters for Two Love Rue Darkness. And what about the original Two Love Rue? Uh, I'm trying to go back to that. There we go. That was 162. So, yeah. 
So like 270 yeah. at 263. Yeah, somewhere around there. Okay, I, I'd be I'd be all right with that. Yeah. I, I will I say the one thing. Like, I'm... Go ahead. Like, be prepared for a lot of gender bend action in this series. Because, well, hey, uh, if people could survive, uh, well, hey, if people can't survive only trying done for, they can't survive by across a triangle. Right. That's why I was given the warning there. Like, there's a lot of gender bend, and then that plays a lot into the the comedy of the series. So, getting into that without trying to, with YouTube's new rules, nuke the entire uh, podcast to an 18 plus range. <laughs> I'm still salty. I think I'll also say this series was like just an interesting one because it got a in an anime announcement before so many other series. Like we were waiting for like a Yozakura announcement for the longest time, but Ayakashi got it before like it and Mashal and Undead Unluck. And so I think it it must have been doing pretty well. And the yeah. second thing is this series was so um, off the wall in terms of its perversion that it got pulled from the main magazine. And I just love that. Like some series get pushed because it's like, okay, the manga kind of needs more time. So we wanted to give them that time. This, this one is like, just this is boring. making us money, but also kids read this series and this magazine. We should, we should not let that happen. <laughs> Booped to the corner. Yeah, it's very weird that that's the reason. But I understand it wholeheartedly. Like, this is a magazine aimed up to, like, 16, technically. Like, you, you, gotta, you gotta respect the demographic. And this was, like, especially those Forbidden chapters. Like, those were out there. <laughs> those yeah, I mean, if, I don't think we'll end up getting to talk about Robico at this point. But in Robico, I remember a chapter where they did reference Ayakashi Triangle. And I remember thinking, it's like, this the main character of the series is like 10, canonically. It is weird thinking about a 10-year-old reading this series. Yeah, no, it, it was very... I saw that, that panel floating around. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I understand why they moved it now. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Um, but let's uh, get to... Well, fuck, uh, let's look over here, actually. Uh, Akane, that's uh, one of those <clears throat> that are new that really need to be touched on. I'm trying to... Yeah, because in terms of um, actual um, series that have main staying power in the magazine with all these series and ending soon, um, Akane, Akane, however you want to pronounce it, seems to be the one that they're, got, that they're rooting for because it is majorly popular to the point that even at Jump Fest this year they had like panels where they were doing actual Rakugo. That's insane to think about, but it's very culturally relevant to that, so it makes yeah. sense to want to put that one there over like P6 or something like that. Yeah, it makes sense, and unlike Elusive Samurai, this is a series that I can actually get behind because even though it is Rakugo, it's still at the heart of it performance based, so... I'm like, oh great, it's finally a series where it has elements that I actually know about. Yeah, and also I will say this series, um, again, I'll probably just use Dr. Stone as a reference point for everything. It's one of my favorites. But it's in a similar fashion where it does a good job teaching 
audiences who aren't familiar with the content what is going on and you can appreciate it based on like how it's illustrated the storytelling in addition to that i think um i think like series like p6 uh, which who knows we'll have time for it, it does less of a good job of like really telling explaining how music and piano works and same thing with like a new another new series cipher academy where some series are like yeah we're doing a thing but we're not really going to explain it we just kind of hope you understand what is happening and using it as a vehicle for the story while akane thankfully teaches me so it makes me interested in rock and go as an art form as well as the character story and i think the other two things i want to say about this series is one this was like my other like super consistent series that I mentioned uh, after Sakamoto days for this year. Um, the only reason I put Sakamoto above is because Sakamoto was throughout the entire year. Akane just got started. And second, I feel like um, Akane is probably uh, a series that I'm hoping will last a good while, but I'm also unsure how long it'll be. Because like the story could follow her entire career through adulthood for all we know, but I it could also just end at her training. But so it's very curious how long it'll be. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like it would like it could do that potentially. Um, just not focusing on it. Um, uh, for overall, like we'll have um basically her career now, and then we'll probably skip to like a year from now when she's like training to get to the next step, and then another year for now because that's basically what happened with Bakuman. If you actually if you go and read the series read or watch the series Bakuman, it's only hundred and eighty two uh chapters of a manga, but it's spread out over over ten years in in the actual timeline for the series. And I mean it's nice to have like at least one new series this year successfully get in and be very yeah. promising because as Vex and I was mentioning earlier, so many older series ending and like newer series not lasting. We need at least some new series to like be able to like be the next big thing. And I think Akane will definitely be one of those. It's just uh, makes me wonder because we're in a new age of how long manga are lasting. Will it be like another series that lasts only like three to five years or will it be a series that'll go even longer, either MHA length or Maybe even further, but I don't see that happening. No, in this era. I, if the um, if if there was one series that I could see being Dot Stone then for five years, it would be a Carney. I feel like um, five years is a perfectly good um, position. Much as I love the series, um, I feel uh, again, I feel like it's a series that really it has it has a definitive end goal of her reaching the top, surpassing her father, and basically proving um, the um, quote-unquote main antagonist um, wrong in his beliefs. Because uh, I call I, I put it in quotations because he's uh, one of the things that I do love most about Akane is him as a character in the sense that he's not a he's not he's an antagonist, but he's more of the Sukasa type antagonist in the sense that you get where he's coming from. So yeah, Vex, did you have any additional I thoughts? Because I don't read this one. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, yeah. But I'll say I'll say for your for your sense, Vex, <laughs> of what his motivation was, why he did what he did, is because he's he's kind of a he's like um, 
a Simon Cowell-esque type of antagonist in the sense that he wants the art form because he's like an older generation and he's not going to... He's not going to be with for, uh, people for longer, and he wants the younger generation to know know the know the art know the art form and appreciate the art form. But at the same time, he doesn't want people to get good in the art form or get recognised in the art form for sympathy. And he uses and he uses the example of any art form of like, oh, um, do you think people uh, who are who are true masters um, get um, get to be true masters because of sympathy no and it's the same rules that apply for any form of media music acting uh acting um theater performance it's the same thing here so i am not going to take it easy just because you give me a sympathetic backstory that's fair i i get that aspect of things it was also just it didn't resonate with me as much as p6 but even that i'm behind on fair but... enough fair enough I, I lean more into the musical aspect than the acting element. That's like fair. That's about. fair. Um, but I do, I do respect this series. I do want it to succeed. I because it is one of those that like most audiences, especially over there, can latch on to and find something that they love. Uh, so oh a, yeah, for sure. It's much sure. a needed one. Yeah, and um, I feel like we need P six and Akani to be around for a while because. They're a niche in the magazine that really, ever since um, a certain series ended for other reasons, we haven't really had um, all that much. And right. I think think you know which series I'm referring mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Yeah. I am. <coughs> but, uh... I, I'm just going to say, it's a shame that that ended the way it did because that really had the potential to be a mainstay. It did. And Absolutely agree. It's the saddest story ever, but like it had to be done. Um, so let's uh, let's speed round a few of these because we're at three and a half hours on this. Uh, Mashal, wow. final arc. Um, yep, final arc. Yeah, anime's coming up. It a one. It's gonna be it. Mashal. All you need to know is that it's like a goofy, fun battle gag series that uh, slowly get more serious battles, kind of struggled to find its comedy and battle balance for most of the series, but now that's near the end point, I'm just enjoying the ride all the way to the end. And I think the anime will give it, like it's already selling actually pretty well, although the last volume didn't do super great, but in general it sells like 100,000s every month, so it's in a solid position, it'll get bigger. So very excited for Mashal. One Punch Man meets Harry Potter, basically. Yeah. Well, I was going to say basically it's literally. I was going to say one punch man meets Harry Potter meets Black Clover. That's yeah. That's actually, yeah. Now that's actually good. Yeah, that's even better. Uh, one Punch Man. Um, speaking of it, uh, we have rumor that Mappa is doing season three, uh, and the longest arc ended. Uh, you had a bit to talk about on Garu, um, Party Jams. Yeah, Garu's. Garo is like one of my favorite uh, antagonists in general. I really enjoyed like his buildup, his journey, and yeah, this whole arc that we just had was basically about him. Uh, the ending is a little shaky, but I still liked it for the most part. I will say One Punch Man, like it's a favorite for a lot of people for a good reason. Murata is like a, probably like the definitive best artist in manga right now. And the story in and of itself is very simple, but it's fun to follow. It's fun to expand the world and find new ways to like go about the gag it 
it's actually surprising how long the such a simple concept can last, but it's been doing it, and I have high hopes for the third season. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting when uh, we get to that third season, too. Whoever um, is in, uh, actually animating it, if it's MAPPA for somebody else, uh, I do think that they need to slim down this final arc in the anime a little bit because it got hyper extended. Um, but at the same time, this manga versus anime and different media can do different things and pace them a lot easier, you know? Um, <clears throat> but, uh, Roboco got an anime. Um, just to go, just to go on what you were saying quickly, very, very quickly. Um, the last arc was the Monster Association arc, wasn't it? Yep. That's the last completed arc. Yeah. So, uh, it went on well, for four years, f five years. Because it started in 2017. Well, that's... Man, what is with manga doing with five-year arcs? Why? Why? It's still it... a fun arc, at least. But uh, at some point, it stopped feeling like an arc and just felt like this is the whole story now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but Roboco got an anime, and a few of the episodes are out, uh, I guess you said yesterday. Yeah, Roboco. they're only like two, three minutes long. Yeah, uh, some gag series actually do this format where they do like two, three minute episode animes, which fit the gag style. Yeah. And I think for Roboco, it's it's nothing amazing, like it both as a series and the anime, but it's a fun little side story. And I enjoy like, I think the enjoyment of the series comes from developing a love for the cast down the line. And also if you just let enjoy the reference humor, because I feel like my problem with a lot of series that rely on reference humor is that they always reference things. I just don't know. Like a large reason I haven't started Gintama yet. Despite the fact that it looks absolutely like my kind of series is the fact that it references so many series. So I thought, okay, I better like build up my knowledge of anime before I watch this thing. But then Roboco, it references only like jump series, like currently running jump. So I get all the references except for a Isn't, few of the um, older jump series. Yeah, I've skimmed through a few chapters because I'm trying my best to get caught myself on Roboco. And yeah, I get I get the humor now. I get why people uh, it's like just it. Family but, Guy, but manga. It, yeah, it's the best way uh, I but put it. I just cannot stand like the um, the best friend who wears the black shirt. I cannot stand his face his face is the most ugly thing i've ever seen in my life no i see what you mean but i think it's also drawn like that on purpose for comedic effect i know i know it is but it's it still doesn't change my opinion that it's still but ugly but no um because isn't roboco a magica herself now in the series, yeah, that's like one of the things, one of the bigger things she does. Um, she's like trying to get her own manga, but the joke is that all her ideas are ripoffs of other manga. Oh my god! Because Roboco itself is like ripping off oh, other. Oh series. my god! Oh my god! It's the it's the um, it's the Simpsons already did it episode from South Park. I have to read it now. <laughs> I mean, they did, it's a recurring joke, so it's been a couple chapters. I don't know I, which one. I I have to read it now all the way through for, just for just for that just for that description that you've you've convinced me party jams. Okay, um, but that's not even like one of the main plot lines. Like one of the bigger plot lines, which I'm honestly starting to get a little sick of. If I'm being honest, is like Mondo or Bondo, whatever he. Uh, has this thing where he loses his mind during those combined weekly 
uh, jump issues because he's like straight up addicted to Shonen Jump. Uh, and so he has like this weird withdrawal symptoms that cause him to make very irrational decisions. And so his friends have to cover up for him and for all his stupidity so he doesn't embarrass himself in public. So he's basically doing a Tekken 101 where he doesn't have anything and he goes insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. Okay, so it's a gag manga. It can go on forever. It could end tomorrow. I think it's the general consensus on that one. Um, yep, true for any gag. So, uh, Blue Box. Right, so Blue Box, I think one of the things I had an issue with this year is that Blue Box was a series that was known for almost like, I don't know how to say subverting, but more like being a better romance series than others because it actually felt more realistic and grounded and less tropey. But this year, it was like, what if we just indulged in a lot of tropes? And I'm like, but why, though? That's exactly what you were known for not doing. But anyway, it did that for a good bit. But now it's kind of like left that part of it behind. And we really started to make major progress. Like the big thing that happened. Oh, wait. Um, is everyone like cool with me explaining all this? I don't know where we yeah, are. Yeah, I don't right? Yeah. I have no intention. Okay, to cool. Back up. So one thing I really didn't like is they established like a, a love triangle, like with the main lead, his main love interest and this other girl he's friends with. And I was like, why do they need to do a love triangle? But then, you know, eventually I got somewhat invested in it. But luckily they broke it very recently, and I'm just like, oh, dang, they actually broke a love triangle, like in the middle of a story. Nice. And now we're making progress on the main romance. And so that was nice to see. And then we're, then the new thing that happened is that uh, we are now exploring the main love interest backstory because someone from her past is involved and questioning because like the whole conflict quote-unquote with the story is how much of my life can I dedicate to sports versus romance and I always hate when like manga and anime do this because you're kids you have so much of your lives ahead of you you don't have to know everything right now and it just kind of bothers me that Japan acts like you need to have this stuff figured out but whatever so right now they're trying the someone's questioning like if the basketball girl Chinatsu if she's like truly dedicated to basketball if she's trying to like score this relationship with the main lead. And I'm like, man, I get it. It's a romance series, so we have to add more obstacles to prevent them from getting together too soon. But it's just weirdly annoying just to have like obstacles when it's just like we know where this is going to go eventually. Eventually, they're going to end up together. Yeah, and I feel but like that's... I will say it's been decent recently. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of the reason why I dropped, I, I dropped off it, because... It just seemed to be like just um, going around in circles. And I still find that ironic because I originally picked it up <laughs> through, I think, your recommendation. Yeah. So, kind yeah. of funny how that worked. But that it's... happens. With, like my friends will recommend, like Tokyo Ghoul, my best friend recommended it to me. I'm like, man, this was a great recommendation. Thanks, man. It's like, cool. Yeah, I dropped it eventually. Yeah. Um, I really honestly thought it was going to do like a um, a We Never Learned style series where it's like, okay, um, we have something outside of the romance while also being a romance itself that we can actually fo follow follow and enjoy. But at the same time, it's only just been, it's only been sports. It's um, uh, whereas like with, um, with um, We Never Learned, the six main goals they had their own unique personalities and they had their own unique goals that were separate from each other so it's like okay we can follow this story 
do this, do that. And I really thought that's what Blue Box was going to be. I think that's fair. And yeah, I think it could have been that. You're right, because they do have their own goals, which would be more interesting to follow, except they very much glance over a lot of the sports things. So when they dig into it, it's great. Like, I love the tennis tournament arcs. But then, like, with the basketball tournaments, they just happen in the background. The dance tournament happened in the background. So it's just like if they focus more on the sports in addition to it, it could have been interesting. But it is basically just a romance with, like, some sports just, like, there for flavor. Yeah. I, I read, like, three chapters of it, and that's kind of, like, the vibe I got uh, right off the bat. And I'm just like, okay, this is a thing that exists on uh, Intro and Jump. Cool. I'm also not a big sports fan, so like that probably didn't help me uh, get captured in any capacity for it. I'm a sucker for romance, but this just didn't vibe. Um, high school family also did not vibe. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll just mention this one quickly because I don't think anyone else reads it. So this is a story, like it was easily the worst thing in the magazine for the longest time. But eventually they gave each family member like their own arcs. And I think, like, especially, I just really enjoyed following it. Like recently, we had like the Shoji tournament arc for the little sister over, and it just built on all these characters that we've been following who've been like developing their love of Shoji and then, Shogi, sorry. And then uh, the main lead, he recently got elected school uh, president, and we got to follow his arc and him <laughs> finding his own voice after being overshadowed by his family, literally in the story continuously. So he, found his place in the world and what he needs to do. And I loved seeing that happen because uh, he was overshadowed for so long. I'm also glad that we're spending less time on the cat because his story chapters are funny, but they're also the least substance because the he's cat, a cat. The cat, uh, I'm just like, how, how is that a thing in the series? Yeah, the cat barely even shows up anymore if it makes you feel any better. Oh, thank God for that. Um, but yeah. I would have thought... The cat um, is catting, you could say. The, uh, here's how I would have changed it. Um, I would have made it better. Is, um, if it was like... Um, if it was like, say, with... Um, um, if it was like... It was only high school siblings where it was the brother and the sister in the high school. And it and turns out that... the father, that... the mother, the cat, the yeah, fucking... Yeah, and it, it turned... And, and it turns out that the sister is way more intelligent than the brother, and he's trying to prove throughout the series that he can be better than her, but constantly failing at it. And uh, there's a better premise than what this was in the story. Yeah. I mean, I'm starting to see why people like it, but at the same time, uh, it's not really for me. But I understand yeah, I why. I don't blame people... you. This is one of those series that is almost, you have to like read, like, years worth of material to get into it and it's not like one piece where it's like oh it was totally worth the journey this is more like huh i did a thing and now i'm just emotionally invested in it <laughs> me finishing promised neverland uh and me finishing other series too but like oshinoko um is getting an anime that's one yeah i forgot we added that to the list yeah i um i have tried reading the manga um and I hear it's really, really, really good. But every time I try to read it, I end up forgetting that uh, to read it. So I'm probably just going to watch the anime. Yeah, and I anime, 
biggest recommendation I could give to it. Like I mentioned Don to Don. The reason I was struggling to say it's like, oh, it's my favorite jump plus because I was thinking about this series as well because this series is probably my actual one because like I think I nominated it over Don to Don for that manga of the year thing uh, because it is an incredible story. It starts off with the weirdest premise. So if you're going to take the manga, you're going to need to give it like 11 chapters, which is sounds weird, but it's I... a comment I read and it's, it, I'm glad I read it because that's exactly how much I needed to give it. Yeah. Uh, I read the first chapter. I, I thought that was what I was going to get, but I, uh, but I couldn't, I, I kept putting it down. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to skip. Uh, I'm just going to, uh, look at the wiki, skip to the end of the first arc, and then I was like, oh my god, I need to watch this as the anime. Yeah, yep. And so I would say give the anime a watch, just anyone watching this, and you'll probably have to give it a few episodes. It's going to be the most weird the four hour beginning. Mark, god bless you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, give it a few episodes. It's the weirdest setup ever. Um, but it's well worth it because it the story in general, to give an idea, is a whole critique on the Japanese entertainment industry, how it treats child entertainers effectively, but also just talent in general. And there's just so much like messed up stuff that it's yeah. like, yeah, we just treat this as normal, but it's not. And it's everything from like the way manga gets adapted into like plays and anime and also like the way theater is done the way movies are done and most recently uh, obviously idols because that's like the main crux of the series but uh i think there was something else i'm forgetting some other oh yeah tv dramas but that that was more japan thing but yeah so so much of like acting culture and just and it sounds very localized to Japan, but a lot of those same problems can be easily traced here. And it makes me realize, man, I am so glad I have a mind for science and not art because I could not do this. Yeah, and I get, I get, um, uh, I get that as well because it's um, one of the one of the things that I that I have to deal with, deal with as well, being uh, obviously an act, actor as well, of the sense that when people are like. Oh, they're only gonna know you for this one fit, one thing, and um, it's just like I have done other things. Yep, it, it, it comes. It sounds like on the premise, like to equate it for our more, you know, our audience, like the Disney star. For yeah, example. and it uh, and from what I've, from what I've heard, it seems to be um, talking about the fact that people in Japan basically treat. Um, performance uh, performances as well for lack of a better word they're slaves like they can't go and have their own life well i mean like if you look at idol culture even for like k-pop is the biggest most relevant one like it they kind of do like <laughs> yeah it's, it's like it's like they'll say how dare that person go off and have because uh, that's literally how the first chapter is um of just like uh uh, a girl getting pregnant and she's an idol and they're like how dare you get how dare you get pregnant you are ours mm -hmm. it's disgusting yeah. and that's a whole thing in the current arc that we're doing now honestly like purity of idols it's you very know, disgusting if you really think yeah. about it uh if you if you really do think about it like um you could honestly um uh, take uh, idol culture in Japan and um, and compare it to how the world government works in One Piece because it's basically the same thing. 
no. I'll you take know. your word on that. Because the world government, like, there's one character in the in the world government it's just like i want that girl as my property and it's just like wait isn't that what idols say in japan it's weird it's very weird but like you have a public image to uphold if you're like public facing you know like a disney star or an idol or whatever and you have to be that character in your real life that's why like a lot of uh, female stars like they they take a swimsuit photo here they get chastised by their their company or if they're caught you know smoking pot it's like no we can't have you on this um to the point like even like during the 90s there were like child stars like realistically these were 18 19 20 year old people that were seen portrayed as like 16 17 18 um that are just uh, you know like you know what i'm gonna go film an adult movie and get out of my contract and that would be how they would escape their their contract would be just like you know what i'm just gonna go me a shoot a fucking photo shoot for a playboy or whatever it's weird like that that entire culture is disgusting yeah uh, but which watch on the other hand is wholesome and pure oh uh wit which watch, aka the series where the author is completely trolling me at the moment, <laughs> because you, literally the last color page they had, they had Nemu on there, and I'm like, why isn't she in the house yet? Nemu in the house, because they it has been built up for ages that Nemu is eventually going to get. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if chapter 100 comes around. It's like finally we get Nemu in the house. I, I, I don't know, like, I, I kind of like this, like, Troll Luke era uh, from the authors, like, Nemu never joining the house till the very last chapter, and now I'm here. <laughs> oh my god, if that happens, I'm gonna be like, I hate you, but I love you at the same time, for, for the biggest trolling ever. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I can see this one being another mainstay for a while, but I really think it's one of those that I don't think will last for very lo much longer either like maybe maybe mid 2024 this one will be done i'll give it the benefit of the doubt and say mid 2025 really yeah i think i'm closer with luke on that but that's mostly because this author will make uh will write as many slice of life gag chapters as they want between oh, yeah, plot points yeah. This, this is what I love about Witchwatch is the fact that it's it's established itself as a series where it will do basically anything it wants. And that's what keeps it so fresh because you never know what you're going to get week to week. Like, literally, we have two chapters that make us sort of care about genes. No, like yeah, the gene that was crazy. <laughs> and also, chapters. I remember us trying to try to talk about the chapter where it had the series within the series uh yeah it's still like my favorite thing like there's a whole parody series inside this i love it uh, and uh, sign on that the teacher student um uh relationship uh, that they have going with the um, okay maybe we should rephrase that <laughs> uh yeah yeah all right to rephrase it there's a teacher who's an otaku in the series and she writes uh she writes manga with one of her students 
um, and they're tra- and they and they are a independent duo who I would love to see get their own official manga. And it's basically yeah. called Witch Watch. It's very. That's what I'm thinking will be Endgame. It's very uh, fun to see that uh, little thing going on in the background too. Like... Yeah, because that that is that is very uh, that in a way can be very rea- re- realistic because that I can relate to something like that because uh, because literally a few years ago. I was um, I was the assistant to one of my old teachers at her drama group at her, at her um, uh, children's theatre drama group that she set up. Hmm. So yeah, I've so, got something that uh, something to relate to with this series. So for Witch Watch, um, this was written by Shinohara, and he's probably like among my favorite like writers after I found Oscar Lost in Space because he does such a great job of balancing like uh, dark stuff with goofy stuff in like a way that's just so fun and adds to the story. Wait, um, sorry, sorry what? Gonna say? I was going to say, yeah, which, so, make, which makes sense because he was the assistant to Gene Thomas or far. Yep, absolutely. And yeah, like, and then one thing I wanted to say was just that like the current, uh, like, I love the current chapters that we just had, which added so much world building, which kind of proved to me that Witchwatch can really do what it wants. I was recently talking in a different server about how we might get more Tengu lore later uh, with our Tengu buddy, but and we could just keep going and building up more and more of the world while the characters are goofing off and doing high school stuff. And while we did mention other series that don't have plot progression, I think the reason that Witchwatch it works is because the story the silly goofy stuff ties very well back into the plot once it happens. And that's why you never know what will be important and why you need to tune in effectively each week to yeah. see what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, also as well, uh, the thing that we need to like have as just like a comedic thing is them. It, Cause it's going to be revealed eventually that uh, Nemu is the cat. Like everyone's going to find that out. And, uh, it's going to be done in such a go- in such a awkward, silly way that I am waiting for that. Yeah, it and will also, be fun and what Luke wants to see and, more than anything. And also, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for um, another Wolf uh, Wolf X Nemu chapter <laughs> where she's sipping over the two personalities. Well, we should probably move on to the next series if we're still lightning around. Okay, this. so yeah. uh, Chainsaw Man, anime and part two. This will be one of the little bit longer ones, and then we'll go back to lightning rounding. Um, so Chainsaw Man's anime just wrapped up. Uh, they just put up a like every track ever that was uh, the ending track thing or opening track. Um, that had them all compiled for like a milestone um which that's really cool um part two is in this weird uh spot right now because we didn't film a review for it because there was just like not a lot to talk about honestly but there's a lot of um a character drama going on which is really nice um with asa being in this state of like realizing that like she can do things, but every time she tries to do something, she gets, like, completely shit on um, by her own bad luck or whatever's going on there. 
And then uh, now Yoshida being one that has a cell phone. And also, why the hell are the cell phones flip phones in a series that's set in the 1990s? <laughs> I have no were idea. Were they not flip phones back then? I don't even remember. No, no, I think they I were flip phones. phones. Uh, the majority of phones were like those big bulky bricks still in the 90s. Uh, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. I was... Still uh, super unless, young. I didn't have a phone till high school, so I don't even know it. I had a razor. And my phone was a flip phone, yeah. and I know it was outdated at that time. So, I don't remember. Uh, uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, it's an alternative 1990s, so I guess they could have been around earlier. Sure. We'll go with the Motorola Razor existing in the 1990s because the plot says so. Uh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to what you were just saying, especially in the last chapter where... Asa feels like um, like um, she's always worried that whatever she does, she's gonna be judged be judged not uh, not only by other people but by herself as well. That uh, that really hit close to home because that's basically me on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I I sent it to you. I posted it up as like a tweet. Um, like that one hurt. Like that line hurt. <laughs> It hurts because it's realistic. Mm-hmm. Let me just say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Chainsaw Man, the anime, it was very good. Weirdly, I don't know why there was a whole petition about some people wanting to get it reanimated. I don't know what people saw it, that I didn't I, see. I think it was because people... Um, I'm only going by what one particular person said, that um, they don't like how they're trying to add realism to an abstract series. Oh no. What? That was ba- that was basically that uh, this person's uh, this person's reason that 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 um Mappa said they were trying to make it the anim- the animation as realistic as possible but they were like no it has to be abstract because that's what Fujimoto is. Who helped on the production of the project, you fucking troglodyte. <laughs> I, I hate Only friends who didn't really like the art direction. And like one of my close friends who I've mentioned a couple times in our discussion, he didn't really like the first episode in general. He felt it was like JJK, but not as good, which I don't really understand how he saw that, but whatever. Yeah. But in general, I think it was like, a really good adaptation. It made me like parts of the story I didn't even like early on in the manga. So I feel like, again, the anime is probably the definitive way to experience uh, Chainsaw Man. Yeah, fair um, enough. Um, but I will say, um, and I did watch um, Shonen OG's video earlier, that one of the things that I love and respect about Chainsaw Man is the fact that it can basically swap out who the focus character is and make it seem natural because literally it's chainsaw man and we've not really focused on denji for the most part mm. yeah and i agree with that it reminds me of when dr stone when we spent a little time with suika as our primary lead and it was a good time yeah which are, which i wish we had more um and I'm, I'm just saying that because i like suika's character well, let's hope the anime adaptation will just add so much filler at that point in the story, but that's a discussion for another day. That's another discussion for another day. But yeah, um, Asa, I do like more as a more 
as a main character than Denji because of the fact that she is um she um does see herself as a flawed human being, whereas Denji doesn't really see himself as flawed. Yeah, I agree with that in echoing Shonenoji's video again, which OJ, if you happen to have watched this part, hi. Uh, I also agree that the Fujimoto did a much better job making deaths feel more impactful. Because in like even like the parts of the anime where they just started killing off a bunch of characters, even at that point, it still felt to me like, eh, this feels like it's just trying to be super over dramatic, but it's fine because that's the kind of world they're trying to establish. But now that we established it, we don't need to just randomly kill primary characters anymore. We can instead just kill characters when it's narratively relevant. <laughs> Yeah, like Bookie. Or yeah. the, the few kids that got just completely obliterated in the school. You know. Yeah, but again, those are background kids. I don't care about them, so they can die. But meanwhile, the other girl, Yoku, I believe her name is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, her death, like, that hit pretty well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it did, because even though, even though she... Um... Even though she was portrayed as the antagonist, if you want to believe villains wiki... She really did did care about Asa as a character. Yeah, I love corrupt justice villains. It's like one of my favorite tropes because I genuinely do believe justice is no not objective at all when people are trying to apply it. Yeah, it's um. Uh, yeah, and uh, I really hope Yuko comes back in some some capacity because I generally believe that they could have really been lifelong friends. Well, we do know death in this world isn't so straightforward. I mean, like, I'm still waiting at some point for us to go get power because that's yeah, probably going to happen at some that's point. The, I was, I was going to bring that up because Power did say when she made the contract in Deji's mind that even if he finds the Blood Devil, it's not going to be Power as she was. Yeah, but that'll be interesting because I think we could do the same thing with uh, Yoku. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, my question for you for you two is that since we have um since we have famine and um war in the same school pretty much at this point will we have will we have death in the school as well because why it, not because we we know that the death devil is is out there but thanks to you, you sh uh uh oh how octopus guy yoshida yeah yoshida that's his name yeah we know we know the Death Devil's out there. I, mm -hmm. What do you think the design of the Death Devil would be? I mean, people would say like, "Oh, it's obviously going to be the Grim Reaper," but I don't know. I don't want it to be that because that's too obvious. Feeling if they, it's a Japanese series, I'm not going to incorporate the number four involved because the number four is like similar to their word for death. So I have a feeling that's going to be incorporated in the design. That that's what I'm saying. Like. Um, do, do you think it will be basically just the Grim Reaper? It's hard to yeah, say. I feel like skulls might be involved, but I think Japan is way more symbols of death because the Grim Reaper feels more like a Western version of death. I don't know if that's actually true. I could just be making this up. Well, but I, I, uh, well I'm just saying that because in because uh, you have the Castlevania games, which were developed in Japan, and that has the Grim Reaper. That's... Well, yeah, and I mean, we also had Death and Soul Eater also be like a Grim Reaper character. I'm not saying they can't use it. I'm just saying that it, there are probably other symbols that mean death in Japan that might right. be more like, uh, interesting to use. 
Like I was like referring to like the bird as like maybe a warning of death there. The 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 raven that was floating around a few chapters ago in one of the reviews. But it's hard to tell. Like there's they could go like the broad route with like the reaper, or they could go like a more obscure route. Uh, but I I. I do think that part two will probably wrap up in like 2024, 2025, um, simply based on like the release schedule right now and also like how the plot is progressing and how Fujimoto doesn't really make like a long, like super long running things. He likes to make them short and concise and then we'll get like a part three like a year later like we got with um, part two coming around. Yeah. Which, uh, I think that's best, honestly. I think he has probably one of the best schedules of the system. Like, there's another series I don't know if we'll get time for, but, like, other than that freeform... Like, having... <laughs> we'll try. Uh, but other than that freeform, I feel like a bi-weekly kind of, like, schedule and then splitting into parts is probably, like, the best for everyone. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'd... The thing that I want for part three, if we do get part three, is um, it, is it to be the... Um, since we have the public sector saga, as they call part one, and the academy saga for part two, for part two, I want part three to be the primordial fear saga, where we focus primarily on the primordial fears. That would be interesting, but I think that would be a really short saga. It's like, you're all fucked. Goodbye. Because uh... <laughs> uh, you... you a one-shot win. <laughs> Yeah, because you figure that that they would be relevant, like the darkness devil. And I don't, uh, and I feel like this is a discussion for another day. Like, what devils do we want to see in Chainsaw Man? And I've said be a it before. Video. I've said yeah. it before, and I'll say it again. I want there to be the the two I'm most uh, looking forward to find out if they are the lonely devil and the unknown devil. I'm just waiting for Kobani's sloppy blowjob devil to come out. That's all I'm like. Yeah, I love that meme. That's going to be the lonely devil. That has to be the lonely devil. Yeah, because Kobani Co would have to have the lonely devil of anybody. Because Kobani is a very lonely character, if you really think about it. Yeah, I mean, other people are presuming that her devil is just something super OP, which could also be kind of fun. But well, really, that, with... well, actually, that would, that, that actually would be the lo lonely devil. Because if you really think about it, um, loneliness, this, even the most. Um, introverted people they need to have like that basic um, human, human, interaction. Inter human interaction with someone otherwise they'd go crazy yeah like, when I meant like, OP I, mean, I meant something more like the primordials that's what yeah, I yeah that's that's why I'm saying it's like a primordial fear because like if you look at Dr. Stone even Senku who's like perfectly content um, talking talking to himself and being with himself even he needs people to be around him like, please, someone. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I really don't, like, I I don't think I would want her to be OP, but it would make sense for a Fujimoto story for her, of all people, to be this, like, super OP, like, even Makima was kind of terrified of her kind of thing. You know, but... I, that, that would make sense for... Um for um Makima to be terrified if she did have the Lonely Devil, because... Um, Makima wanted to uh, Makima's whole thing was that she wanted to um, belong with someone mm -hmm. yeah, well, we'll see we don't know what Kobani is coming into the story or Kishibe for that matter uh, well, waiting for boy. a lot of people to come back yeah like I said Kishibe has to be like 
the uh, not the principal, but sort of like the head governor of the school. And Ultimate comedy Spider-Man, has to be a, Nick Fury running the school kind of thing. Yeah, and comedy has to be like a, a assistant teacher at the school, like keeping an eye on Denji. Who knows? How many people do we need to keep an eye on Denji? We need a lot of people to keep an eye on Denji. (laughs) We don't want him turning into Shinji from fucking Evangelion, okay? We don't want him jacking off in a corner. Uh, uh, But, but like, even Yoshida in the newest chapter, he's like, hey, Denji, you're going to go be Chainsaw Man now? And I was like, aren't you supposed to stop that? Yeah, I feel no. like I feel like at this point, because the in with the eternity with the eternity devil, it's kind of like okay, now you can do it, Denji. Now I let you off your leash. Because that when he was when he was trying to do it in in the school, that was in a public place. But now that they're like completely isolated, he's like okay, now you can do it. But there's still Hideo Shida doesn't even try to stop any of the devils that are attacking his classmates. He's just like, I'm just going to make sure Denji doesn't do anything too stupid, but I'm fine otherwise. I feel like if he, if he, uh, I feel like he's doing that because if he got involved, then it would, uh, then it would be like a problem for him. But it seems like the other students know he's like working in the public sector. They mentioned the council, the council mentioned that they are aware of him doing that. Like, aren't you aren't you important somewhere buster why aren't you doing anything uh yeah it's um, weird no one else has brought that up but it's fine um it's a fujimoto production we're here for the ride um yeah but uh ichinose deadly sins now this one is very interesting because the first chapter i was kind of like not really feeling this, but then once the second chapter beyond got it, I was like, okay, I am really getting invested in this now. Yeah, it seems we'll go through each family and discover what their deadly sin is effectively. And I have to say, with the last chapter ending with all those bunnies, I'm like, I don't understand what is happening anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I will don't... say, when we ended the chapter before with the... What's it? The paid dates or whatever they're called. Yeah, I was like, I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned for this character. I this author like... does a good job making me scared for yeah, kids. I feel like her deadly sin would be pride. That's yeah, some people thought it was going to be lust, but now it seems like it might be either greed or pride. Yeah, because it could be she just wants money from these. I don't want to say the word sugar daddies. Or yeah. she yeah. Uh, wants, like, um, the attention. So yeah. it's hard to say because she doesn't, no one has any memories. And I like that they found a new way to make amnesia interesting because amnesia is usually so um, cliche to use. But I feel like in groups, like for anyone who's seen, like, the series Dark Matter or read the comics, that was like a whole group of people who were like, yeah, we don't have our memories anymore. We need to figure it out. And also, apparently, we weren't very good people. So this is going to be very tricky to do. Yeah, which which brings me to my theory about what actually happened is that they were uh, considering, uh, uh, oh, I shouldn't really say it, but they were trying to end it themselves. all. End it all with each other. Yeah, I don't want to say. I don't want to say the word. Yeah, yeah. For demonetization purposes, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like at the beginning of the series they were trying to end it all, but they couldn't because of something that happened, and they just wind up losing their memories. Yeah, that's a prevailing theory, and I think it makes sense, and it makes me interested to see how the series goes. And this is one I expect to be short. I just like his the author's last yeah. work. I would short say. 
I could see I could see this being um, Chainsaw Man Part One uh, length. Yeah, that's a good length. Yeah, uh, that, based on what you said, like that makes sense. I haven't read it, so it's why it's part of the lightning round. Uh, Fabricant. This is one I have not dived into this, so this I have no comment. Just talking about earlier. Uh, okay, so. Uh, earlier, Luke mentioned that a series with a busty female character cannot carry, but this series is definitely gonna try. Because, man, like, one of the last chapters ended that I thought, oh, man, this has such interesting implications for the world, and then people were like, oh, man, I really enjoy this number 100. She is hot. She basically gives the mommy, scary mommy vibes that everyone's digging. So I think this series, what its strength is, um, is it does a good job in its first chapter doing what first chapters need to do. Because I feel like a lot of series, even the last one we just talked about, Ichinose, one, uh, Ichinose didn't do the best job with it. It did okay. It, I did like it. But this one, I think, did a good job with its first chapter being like, okay, these are our characters, this is their goal, this is the backstory, and this is their current dynamic. And I guess to just give a summary, um, we're following a protagonist, a kid, who just lost his whole family to fabricants. Fabricants being like these artificial creations who are designed to be some kind of perfect human or something, but the creator was disappointed with his work. So after he made number 100, he just gave up and died. Uh, and so then the fabricants are like, okay, we need to go out and find humans and perfect ourselves by incorporating human body parts into us. And so we follow the series finding fabricants who've, found like elite human body parts that give them all effectively quote unquote superpowers. Like one has like really good legs, others have really good lungs, etc. And we kind of have to fight them off and kill them alongside number 100, the last fabricant who is supposedly the strongest because they get stronger in order or something dumb like that. Uh, so fabricant, the reason 100 is helping us is because she was part of the group that killed the main character's family because they were their family is a family of elites who have like the best traits and live for a long time and their blood is like special or something and so he uses his blood to attract other fabricants to him and they just find them on instinct and so then fabricant 100 will kill them off and there's a deal where he will give his body up to fabricant 100 once he's reached of age so the whole story is basically going around killing fabricants, finding new fabricants that have superpowers and we kill them. But what's interesting is the recent chapters, and we're only five chapters in, is we already found out there's other humans who are fighting fabricants, and there's probably a whole resistance group in general. So at first you'd think, okay, we're going to have a whole series finding all 100 of these guys, like 17 of them or so are dead. But now it's like, no, way more are dead, and there's a whole group of people who can potentially be allies. So that's where we are in the story. And I think it's a series that um, the community really enjoys and probably finds the most promising since uh, Kane. I have certain doubts about if this series can last long because I feel like the formula could get repetitive, but I do enjoy it and I think it has potential. I also think it'll be short though because there's literally only like less than 80 enemies we got to defeat and we've killed enemies off in single chapters before. So... I imagine it's going to be a very short series. I could see it like ending within like two years. I, I'm sorry you had me at strong, tough, dummy mommy. Um. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it for that alone, honestly. 
<laughs> she, it's funny because like when you first meet a hundred, she's like this overprotective mom who's like, no, don't hurt yourself and stuff. But it's because she wants his body <laughs> to, so it's like scary mommy, Tommy vibes all throughout. Like people, manga cats know what we want. Okay. They know. <laughs> they know. And we love them for it. <laughs> uh, like, thank you, Japan. <laughs> thank you for doing what the West won't. <laughs> Uh, Ginka Giuna. This is another brand new series. Um, yeah, I've not really dived into this, so again, I can't say say anything. Okay, I guess it's just another me one. All yeah. right, so this series, basically, it's like uh, another magic series, and like in the first chapter, they established the protagonist is already insanely OP, and I think that was one of the biggest mistakes. Because, like, the, at first it just seemed like, oh, this protagonist is so OP. So maybe it's less about the action and the fighting so much as it's about, like, just the fantastic world. But the world building itself is honestly kind of weak. we already seen the protagonist go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the best of the world that we know of. So there's not much more to progress her. And she already has some friends who are kind of, like, in the... I hate to say this, but kind of like the Ichigo school friends category of, why are you here? But okay, I guess you're tagging along for the ride. Uh, so you're I don't see the series. I don't see the series lasting, to be honest. But I know some people who love it for the way it does its art and the fact that it gets super dark. Because recently we just had like a fight that lasted more than one chapter. And I was like, oh my God, this is a miracle. But it, this villain was just so messed up. She turned people into, like, bombs and things to just throw off her characters. And I'm just like, man, this is a messed up villain. So it's really good when it's good. It's comedy is fun. But I, it doesn't feel like there's a story to be told. I mean, there is a plot line of finding Ginka's other body parts because his body's cursed and he needs to recover body parts to restore himself. But I also just, like, don't care about that and the world I don't care about. And I don't see the direction. So I feel like it's going to get axed. But other people think, based on its placements in the magazine, it could keep going. But I think it's one of those series the author needs to, like, figure their stuff out. Okay. Yeah, it, there's, that's a prevailing theme with a lot of these newer series, too. It's like, figure it out and figure it out quick. Um, like, Cypher Academy feels like five years out of date. <laughs> oh, God. Um, we've already had Super Smartphone, and now we're moving into another series with Techno Babble. <laughs> See, I yeah, love but this my one's way worse. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thank God I didn't I pick like this Techno one up. It's mostly because it's involving like cryptocurrency and like I, I won't be shocked if we're name dropping NFT groups at some point in this, but it makes sense in the universe. Like you were saying yesterday, Party Jams, it's like it, this type of battle does happen, but it feels super dated in its references because they're like kind of on that downswing. So you just kind of are stuck in this loop of like. I know what you're trying to do on a smart level, but on a, a poor man's level, you, you, you're like way too late on the references. <laughs> yeah, I what I like about this series is it focuses on like encryption battles, which were very much led by women um, historically. And I love that it's an all female cast, except for our protagonist, who's a femboy. And so it's fun watching that and the 
I find this, I enjoy this chapters when I don't think too much about it and just enjoy the ride. But it's also kind of sad because it's like with smartphone, I enjoyed like following our character's thinking and how he's figured out problems because that's how a psychological series I feel should be. You should feel impressed by the character because this is stuff that you could understand and make sense of yourself. But in this series, it's more like, no, you wouldn't be able to do any of this on your own because you need no English, Japanese, and the most convoluted knowledge in the most twisted ways possible. So all the puzzle solving is nonsense. It's, I mean, there's sense, but it's nonsense because then this author is very infamous for me because I don't like most of their work, to be honest, that I've experienced. But I also don't hate most of their work. That's the weird thing. Because I'll enjoy the ride, but I'll be like, man, I didn't like that. Why did I just stick through all this? So I feel like Cypher Academy will be that for me. I'll stick through it. I'll have fun. And then by the end, I'll be like, that was not a good manga. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I don't think it's going to last. I hear about my phone. Uh, I don't think it's going to last too long. I figure this will be one of those axe baits before something else gets picked up. I do, however, like a lot of their other work. Like the Monogatari series is super fun. Um, but this, I, I, I like that it's trying to be accurate too. But it's, I don't know, I don't know, man. It's kind of, it's kind of one of those things that just didn't need to be a manga. This could have been a one shot, like a super long one shot, and it just be done. I feel like that would have been a better option for this one. Actually, yeah, that probably would have worked. But, you know, now that it exists, I just kind of hope, I just recommend for anyone who's thinking of picking it up, it's a turn your brain off kind of series, mm. which sucks because I, after smartphone, I was hoping this would be a turn my, keep my brain on and enjoy being right. in smart. Oh. Uh, but um, maybe Ichigoki under control is a better option for you to stick with. Trying to get the last eight out. I mean, here's the thing. I think most people don't like this series. I feel like yeah, this is going to be the I, new most hated series. I don't like this series. Uh, I thought I would like it, but because it's basically, I'm going to rebuild this guy uh, and control him from the inside. Yeah, the premise is basically uh, to a, a high school sweet, okay, you know, love interest kind of thing, except. The twist is the main dude is rebuilt into a cyborg and he's being controlled by his childhood friend who shrunk herself because she's like a mad scientist type of character. And she's also a goofball. I love it's like silly, goofy, off the wall humor. It's very random and random humor doesn't always work. But in this series, it's more physical based. So I enjoy it very much, but it's very much hated. And to be fair, it also looks quite ugly compared to a lot of other jump series. So yeah, I can see this honestly just another axe thing, but I'll enjoy it. And at the same time, I think compared to a lot of things we talked about up until now that are axe bait, this is the one that's a gag series primarily. And gag series like High School Family and Robico somehow survive. So I could honestly see it surviving just because of that. Whew. Wow. Um, we're nearly done, guys. Nearly done. Um, yeah, if it's, if it's not hated, I don't picture it'll last long, but who knows, because like you said, super, uh, High School Family was a thing, it still is a thing. Um, P6, on the other hand, uh, Art Style is one of my favorites in Jump right now. Um, art Style, at first, when I saw that, I was like, I don't really know about this. 
I think it was but... because, uh, I mean, I did check it out at first, and I think it was just because of how he drew uh, Lucky's hair. That is true, yeah. But the art gets incredible. Like, it's like one of the most beautiful things in the magazine. Yeah, and the reason why I don't really um, picture me reading this is because um, I prefer to listen to the music uh, rather than re- rather than have someone describe it to me. <laughs> I yeah, this will be an animated yeah. or a series that benefit from an anime. This would this would definitely benefit from an anime, and I might enjoy it uh, as a result of that. Um, kind of like um, your line April, right? Like where the oh yeah yeah, uh, help really super carry that uh, project, and I really do think it would benefit for a lot of people. Like like you, like I love listening to the music instead of be- it being described to me, but at the same time, like being sort of in that area now i'm like okay i understand this a bit more so it it makes sense and you know actually sitting down and learning music theory kind of helps that too so it something that i should have done when i was younger and more involved in that kind of hobby than i am now but you know cool for me i guess learning in 31 but um it's it's super it's super fun like uh i do not picture it being a super long lasting series though i picture it being one of those mid-range like 300 400 chapters um at the highest maybe a 250 at the on the the like more liberal end of things um yeah i agree it's not going to be that much longer but I will say this is a series that uh, initially I dropped, but then picked up uh, based on recommendations of mutuals. And I'm glad I did, because it's a series that just so greatly improved on itself, its storytelling and character writing, to the point where it's like right below my top five. And like that's kind of crazy to say for a series I almost dropped. But yeah, it is that good. And it like the way it deals with death. And I think the most recent chapters, I guess this is kind of a spoiler, but uh, like the protagonist had a whole goal about like bringing his family together to play for his mom once again, as they did because the family had a whole falling out and a divorce going on, which is a huge uh, thread that's driving the series. But the mom didn't make it. And now the protagonist is like, what is my goal in life now? And he's just dealing with that and wrestling with the loss of his mother. And I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. It's, it's definitely, um, yeah, you're right. Like it does tackle those issues rather well, and I'm really curious, like, what his new goal is going to lead him to. Basically, like you've, you can do music not for that goal. You can do it, you know, in honor of that person as a common one. Um, yeah, I think that's where it's going because that uh, sounds like what he said at a gravestone. But um, I do think that where we get, how we honor the family and how we honor the mother and all this is going to be the um, the new challenge, basically. Like, do I make it a somber sound? Do I make it like this uh, really angry, like I couldn't save you sound? Um, so, like, it's going to be real fun to see how this progresses. Uh, and I need to read the last three chapters. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I spoiled that for you, but I think it was kind of obviously going to build up to it based yeah, on the last five it's chapters. Very, it's, it was a very obvious plot thread. Um, I I like letting this Witch Watch and a few others just like sit on like a month's worth of chapters at a time. 
usually gets yes. just like a better binge for that. Um, yeah, this is definitely a good binge series to have. Um, how about Tokyo Demon Bride? Is that going to be a binge and done, or is that going to continue? I, even though I like the series, uh, based on what it's been recently, I cannot see it lasting all that much. Because I do, yeah. I do generally like the series. I like um, the main character and the uh, main female character and some of the action set pieces. But at the same time, I feel like it's it doesn't really have its own unique identity. Yeah, and I basically agree with everything Luke just said. Closest comparison I can make for those who want is like Surgeon Frog. Ex where it's, you have a protagonist trying to live an ordinary life, but instead of aliens, there are demons involved. And there's a harem element to it as yeah. well. Um, but I, feel I like... think this will be the first one axed next year. That's my bad. Yeah, yeah, which is a shame because I feel like we don't have Rude Dragon. We need some, we need, uh, we need a girl that has horns on her head. We need that. Yeah, you know, that's a fair point, Luke. You bring up a very good point. A girl that has horns on her head. Yeah, um, I didn't want to. I, I I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say that in a in a. Sense yeah, I know. Making, like, I, I know what, what you're gonna say. <laughs> but yes, horned girls are very cute. Um, uh, there's a tag on rule thirty four. Uh, all for that. Um, anyway, uh, Chojin X is the enigma of the magazine. Well, it's not even in the magazine, but yeah, yeah of Chonin Jump. Yeah, I yeah know absolutely nothing about this series. Yeah, you know about as much as me, man. I read like the first two, I think, chapters, three chapters. Oh, only that far in? Okay, I guess I'll take most of this then. So basically, it's a series by Tokyo Ghoul's author, and what's very interesting about it is somehow, by some miracle, this man got an agreement to be like, hey, I'll release my chapters whenever I just feel like it. And they agreed. And even though you would think that would just really hurt the pacing, and maybe early on it kind of did, to be honest, I feel like it just works super well for the series because every chapter feels like, okay, this is significant. And maybe it just need, the first chapters were so much buildup, and that's why I felt like it. But yeah, right now we're basically following uh, in this world instead of ghouls like Tokyo Ghoul, Chojins, who are people with supernatural abilities. And there's like a whole society of them that live alongside humans. And we're kind of dealing with the political, well, I should sit now, I don't know if I should say political, but like the, yeah, I guess politics works. Basically the whole conflict between multiple groups of Chojins. And we're coming to a head with what our protagonists and like what their end goal is meant for, like what they're destined to become and if they want to avoid that fate or go towards it because it's like world ending stuff. And I have to say, I love every chapter of it as it comes out. It's like among my favorites in the magazine or in Jump Plus, I guess, I'd say the only reason it's not higher as high a series like Oshinoko or Don to Don, but very close, is just because of its irregular release, which does kind of be like, oh yeah, let's see when this series is going to come out. I kind of forget it exists sometime. But right. yeah, Trojan X, highly recommended. But at this point, it's hard to recommend it as a manga because it just comes out so irregularly. And even the translations are come out at weird times because sometimes, I think two chapters ago, the chapters came out way before the translation. So I don't know what's going on there. But uh, if it gets an anime, easy wreck. Okay. We have made it to the final four, guys. Uh... Woo! 
Kaiju number eight has an anime coming out. Yes, it does. In the same year as um, Mission Yosakoa. Which is what weird to think about. Again? Uh, 2024. No, no. Uh, what studio? Oh, uh, let me um, look it up. Okay, because I, I want to... I, I, I remember it's a big action studio, but I forgot. Anyway, yeah. Um, so is this a series, uh, a, a game uh, that only I've read? Production uh, I read IG. a little bit of it, but I did not read a whole lot. I should get back to it because I love kaiju stories. It just felt like it's a story I've read before. Which is... yeah. yeah, and I think that's its big weakness. Yeah. Luke, was I going to say something? Yeah, uh, Production IG is the one doing the anime. Um, what I was going to say was that Kaiju no Bray just didn't in didn't interest me. And you had um, uh, Faboyo uh, in the server trying to conv convince me uh, of uh, otherwise of it, and I was and just saying how the main character is just awesome, uh, awesome, and you really should you really should. Um, He's not check that out, awesome. I don't check know it out. Um, uh, you you know what I'm talking about, like how they're trying to convince me, like the main character was awesome. And I was just like, anything yeah, else? Not. I'm just uh, letting uh, people know. And I was just like, okay, anything else? And there was literally nothing else. It was just like, read it for the main character. I'm it's, just like, no, do not do that. Do not read this for Kafka. He's like so irrelevant right now. Oh man! But like the thing is, the main character was like the hook of the series, right? Because you had a protagonist who was like, I think he wants to say his thirties. So we have like a middle-aged adult protagonist, and who is kind of you almost think like given up on his dreams, but now is reliving them. And so you think it'll be something interesting in that vein, especially with giant monsters involved, and he gets the power to turn into giant monsters. But the thing is, it quickly develops into such a generic battles series. And the reason to read it is for the action. It's and like some of like the art drawing and the comedy is pretty good, but it's mostly just the action. And that's why Production IG is a good studio to adapt it because it's as long as they can capture the action very well and the animation, which I think I've seen trailers and they do, then you'll enjoy that for it. But it's such a waste, I think, at its current state because I thought the story had more potential than it's actually shown. And it can do character writing pretty well at points. Um, so I will say there are definitely points where I'm like, okay, this is good character writing. But for the most part, um, I just found it like disappointing that Kafka ended up being so sidelined and basically just like a 15-year-old in a 30-man body. And he, like the fights he's involved with are cool, but they're very short-lived, especially compared to some of the other characters that have cooler fights. So, yeah, Kaiju number eight, it's a fun read, but it's not a very deep read. And it surprises me it sold so well, but it's going to keep selling well because it's giant monster fights and Kaiju are popular. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my main thoughts of Kaiju number eight. Read it for the action and some semi-decent characters, but for the most part, it's nothing special as a series. Okay. Glad I let it sit then. I'll I'll read to those. Yeah, just watch the out. anime. Don't even bother reading it. Just watch the anime, I think. That also works. Uh, hopefully it continues and doesn't just get the, like, yeah, it's only a season one thing and then I have to read the manga. But yeah, uh, Blue Exorcist getting a new anime is probably the wildest story out of 2022 in regards to anime and manga, in my opinion. Because 
How many times is this going to get resurrected? Yeah, it's it super weird. Even has it been resurrected more times than um, Family Guy? Yes, it okay, has. Maybe not that much. Well, I mean, Family Guy only got rescued the once. This has got rescued twice now. But, yeah. It's... Wait, didn't Family... I thought it got canceled, like, more than once. Or almost canceled more than once. But maybe... Almost, yes, But, um... It only got officially canceled and brought back once. Um... Oh, okay. But, yeah, Blue Exorcist... affecting it, too, I think. Um... But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. But, yeah, um... Blue Exorcist, even the manga is very strange because it had like the longest hiatus ever in what I thought was going and what I still think is probably actually no, I did thought it was the final arc, but now I'm just not sure uh, because they are actually fighting like in the manga Satan right now. And so we're having the big battle of all the allies going against all the bad guys. And it's pretty cool, but also very hard to keep track of. And like with the anime, I'm glad it's back because I still feel like the anime might be the best way to go about it. Um, just because the anime adaptation is super good rather than any issues with the manga. But with the manga, I feel like this is a series that is very much hurt by its monthly progress because there was a whole, there was this interesting fight between the two sibling characters. Um, and they're two of the primary characters. So having like an extended fight between them, especially with all the build up to it, was cool. But since it was a monthly series, there was like, I think this was last year, actually, half the year was spent on this one fight. Um, but then, yeah, the I mean, the Satan fight taking as long as it is fine because it felt climactic. But at its current state, I don't know where it's going because, like, it looks like uh, our characters are going to take a detour in the middle of the fight. So I don't really know what's going on in the manga. I'm not sure where the anime is like gonna do with some of the source material because some of the backstory arc that probably has to adapt is very confusing so blue exorcist is a weird one but i enjoy it i do want to say it's a good series but it's one that i think is kind of past its prime yeah very much so i i read it uh back when it was week or quote unquote weekly uh when we got actual physical shaman jump over here um so it was a fun read then but it it very much like seems like one of those stories that just needs to not exist anymore and just wrap up because it's very much a product of its time. And after like that massive hiatus, it just felt like it's like now we're doing uh, a new anime number one and we're doing more manga and now we're in a final ish arc maybe. But who knows? I could take another seven year hiatus. Uh, it's it's very very odd. Um, but it is a fun, a fun read if you want to get into it. Uh, but I definitely do think you should read it and not watch the anime because the anime is just how the fuck is it going to adapt anything anymore? <laughs> but I also feel like, yeah, I feel like it can do it, maybe. If they try hard enough, maybe. Um, I hope they, I hope they do well with it though, because it is, it is worthy of that. Uh, Twin Star Exorcist. Uh, the manga that anime ruined for me. <laughs> oh, God. It, it Was it that bad? It was that bad, yep. man. I didn't watch it, but I've heard everything from the anime watchers who read the manga. Apparently, it was... it was It's at a point where it should just get a reboot or something, because the series yeah. is actually really good. 
It, it deserves uh, a great anime adaptation. Because having read the manga, you know, after that, I'm like, oh my god. I wish this was better when it was animated, you know? Because there is some great action. There's some great fucking plot in there. And the animators kind of took a nice diarrhea all over it. Um, but it it's sort of ending, sort of not ending. It's, it's another one of those jump SQ titles that's very oddly paced and everything. Yeah, I'm not even fully caught up on this one, so I can't say too much. But yeah, it's it was entering its final arc, and I think it's a good place to end it now because we just... I mean, I shouldn't say we just said our time skip. Time skip is just where I was at, but it, we're in a time skip, so I think it's about time to end the series. Mm-hmm. And I'll eventually get around to finishing it, but now that I know it's ending, I think I might just wait for it to be done and just binge the rest. Because Twin Star was just such a great binge read, and I think that's why I just left uh-huh. it alone. It, it, it's very much a great binge read. I don't see it lasting another two years. Yeah, but me neither. I, I don't see how it could. I Except do, for the fact that it's monthly, actually, because of that, it might. Yeah, but I do have to remember it is a monthly series, not a bi-weekly series, so it might be a two- to three-year uh, wrap-up period. It yeah, because... pace. Yeah, because uh, if it is a monthly series and that's two years, that's only 24 chapters. Yeah, so maybe three. Because uh, there's not a whole lot left to do, per se, but there is enough of a plot to where it could be drug out for maybe that three-year time period. I do, however, think it once it wraps up, it does very much deserve a rebooted anime. If fucking Hanako-kun can get one and it just be because they messed up the pacing i think this can too because this one just i don't even think okay this is a side note i don't even think hanako really even needed a reboot like they could have just done what shadow's house did but you know yeah. that's a side tangent yeah it could have um but uh the final one being seraph of the end another monthly series is that really our last one <laughs> wow yes. what a downer way to end wow <laughs> okay I... so yeah again is this one of my only series Again, uh, I, think it I is. believe it is at this point. I'm like forty some chapters behind, man. Okay, so never trust the monk. I follow him on Twitter. Super awesome guy, actually. But never trust him when he says the series almost over. Says that so much, it's never true. And he, this year was filled with like again some monthly series, like chapters that are just like delaying the pace. And what's funny is it's almost like the characters in universe are also a little frustrated by it, because like there was a point where they were talking to Gurin, like their teacher. It's like okay, Gurin, you had this whole big plot that you've been plotting. Uh, what's up with that? It's like, yeah, I'll tell you guys eventually, but we have to go on this car ride to a place. <laughs> now, to be fair, he did. we did get there eventually, and he did explain, but it's like, there was like two, three chapters of that, and one of those chapters was like the protagonist being like, okay, you know what? I'm getting really sick of yours. Shit, <laughs> I'm just gonna like beat out the answers at you. And I'm like, you know what? You do it. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, the current... I, Seraph of the End is, has like a special place for me just because for the longest time and maybe even now it was like one of my all-time favorite series because I love the aesthetic of it and Wood Studio did such a great adaptation in the anime and it'll never get a season three because of how the sales went but or not the sales of the manga the manga sells incredibly stupid well but um, the uh, I guess merchandise I don't know DVD sales but the uh, manga series like 
right now the protagonist is at a place where he's like, okay, I'm not siding with either one of the like enemy side or the protagonist side. So I need to figure out like what is going on and how to proceed, except he's really, really dumb. Like they've developed, devolved his character's intelligence so much that he's stupid and needs to rely on his like main friend at this point to be like, okay, you figure this out and I'll help you. And that's kind of where we're at right now. We're basically getting a lot of backstory, which is really good backstory, and finding a way to resolve this without needing to annihilate the human race accidentally again. Yeah. So yeah, Seraph of the End. I I watched the anime, and you don't really need to read the manga, but it's a very popular series, and I think for good reason. I think there's a good story in there. But the fan base really sucks. It really, really sucks. Oh, uh, yeah, I noticed that. that. Yeah, Let me guess. That. They're calling it the greatest thing since sliced bread. No, actually, a lot of fans are also kind of frustrated with the story itself. It, the reason it's very toxic is because it. this is a fan base that really takes its shipping a little too seriously. Um, and, you know, I... Don't want to like harass any specific kind of group, especially because I'm scared of this fan base a little bit. But I think the re- when I noticed the they're like this the year, I don't... anime equivalent of the Genshin fandom. Yeah, actually, that's a pretty good way to put it. Like there was a one chapter, and I'll probably have to look up if it's this year or not. But that brought our character cast, our central cast, back together after being divided for so long, and I was so happy just to see the crew reunited and kind of recuperating. But everyone else is like, "No, these characters should be way more traumatized than they are now." And I'm like, "They live in a post-apocalyptic world and fight vampires. I think they'll be fine." But yeah, I got a lot of flack for that. And I'm like, you know what? I don't like this fan base. I'm just going to just read the story on my own. Yeah, sometimes you just got to do that. Like, the My Hero fandom is a perfect example of that one. Like, you just got to, if you enjoy that story, you just got to, you know, keep it to your quiet little self. Otherwise, you'll get the shipping wars. Not to mention the fact that these are children. But okay, go off. Yeah, you can go off and just make, make your ships. And also... Yeah, a lot of you are just really fucking creepy. Um, <laughs> but, um, like, Seraph of the End, like I said, it, it, just from the vibe I got from the subreddit alone was... Uh, oh, yeah. Genshin on drugs, but weebs. Um, I guess you could consider yep. the Genshin fans weebs, too, because I think that's getting an anime, too. Something. Uh, I I don't know. I just want to sit back and watch my near Automata anime now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so this is the number two done, and we're going to do this every quarter. And I'm just looking at the time clock. I I, I prematurely tweeted like nearly five and a half hours, but we're almost at five hours now. All and, right. <laughs> Unless we want to fill another half hour with more chump plus. Oh, no. No, no. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, Boris. <laughs> so, what do we want to end off with? Because I really don't know if I want to end off with Seraph of the End. I love the series, but I don't think I want to end off. Uh, like, I'll let you... Do you have any other, like, issues for 2023? Like I said, I want a psychological series to come back to jump. And I'm starting to get more into sports series with Blue Lock and Awashi. So, I hope we get uh, one of those, too. Like a good sports yeah. series or a Sentai series like Ranger Reject. Yeah, I, I cannot wait for that anime. Um, 
Ranger Reject uh, just is amazing. Go go read that. And yeah, see, uh, I mean that's Andy. a little other podcast. Uh, <laughs> but like, the like I I would love to see a Sentai series come back. Um, but I do I do agree. Like a psychological series is very much needed to make it uh, a new staple. Like you know. Because we don't always have a sports series. We mostly always have a sports series, but we always seem to have a psychological story and jump, and we don't have one now. So that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, unless you count Cypher, which I really don't want. Well, I guess you could count um, uh, Deadly Sins. Yes, that's more like... I, yeah, I guess that is psychological, but I guess when I say psychological specifically, I meant more like mind game series. Like with uh, Promise Neverland, Death Note, some oh, extent, yeah, Doctor but... Stone, smartphone. Yeah. Um, one thing that I really want to come back in some capacity again is um, is Doctor Stone, but as like um, as like one shots, but yeah. from time yeah. to time. We could probably get that. Like, there's enough. There's enough there. Um, Although I'm pretty sure the Monikas have other projects they're working on too. Yeah, so, yeah, know. which is which is a shame because I'd really love them to come back. Well, I mean, I'm sure they will at some point. I mean, with Ice Shield and Doctor Stone, I feel like if um, Inagaki is just like, "Hey, I want to write a new series," they'll be like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah, and uh, and what I uh, what I want to see as well is. Um, is um as much as um uh, regardless of what we uh, feel about the series as a whole i want um the promised neverland author to come back and do something else it could it could come back there's enough there after the the like nice little wrap-up chapter that was in that special volume um but I don't think that that author really has the desire to fully revisit that world anymore. Oh, no, I don't mean revisit it. I mean, come back with something completely different. I'll be honest. I'd be very hesitant to read it. I probably would, but I'd be the entire time like, mm, I'm keeping an eye on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as well, um, pretty much as well, another thing that um, uh, I'd like to see is a uh, harem series because we haven't got a harem in a good while. <laughs> Well, no, we have Tokyo Demon Bride, but that's probably going to get axed. So, yeah. but yeah, you're right. We should get one that doesn't get axed. Yeah, get get one that doesn't get axed. But do do something do something different. Like, don't make it an obvious harem at first. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. This is kind of my explanation. I feel like a harem series should just like establish itself off bat because, like with Blue Box, for example, I didn't expect a love triangle, and I didn't want one. And luckily, we don't have it anymore. But I would rather them just say, like, like make it very obvious there's at least multiple love interests, like, off the bat. And then we can slowly build up a harem. But I don't want to be tricked into reading a harem series. Just tell me it's a harem series. Right. I don't want it to turn into, like, um, shit brain. Uh, like, Ayakashi or Dondodon, where, like, it, it ends up, like, in this, like, massive harem aspect even though like the main plot isn't you know the harem itself yeah that's a good comparison because i love don to don but it really doesn't need the harem element at all right um but i think the other like 
the axe bait we need to replace, and I think like that's a good way to do it. Like put a sports series, put a psychological series, put a harem series in there, and let them kind of take their own like little spin on things and see if they progress to the next uh, recording of this. And maybe by then we'll be talking about hmm? that's Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah, it's coming in right at the end. And just did to say on Happy New Year. It's like six after twelve. Oh yeah, it's it's Happy New Year. There. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy yeah. New Year, my friends. And I'm gone. Have fun. Okay. Hey, the video's great. Everyone should like it to watch it. Bye. Bye. Uh, but no, I I think those those axe baits will uh, replacements will do well and. I don't think we'll have a very long-running harem series anymore, though. I think that's one genre that's went way past, like, it's keeping a long-running because we've had so many bad long-running harems lately. Um, yeah, and even our current one is not looking like it'll stick around. But, yep. Also, this is why you should stick with Controlled Chaos Podcast to the end. You never know what you're going to get. No nope. kidding. You get you get the little uh, the little troll there at the end from Ann Arbor, and then, oh, that was unexpected. But I do I do think, out of every genre, I think like the longest running. If, if we go from like projecting, if those are the axe baits, the the psychological one will be our long lasting one again. And I'd like. Well, that. I would hope so, but after smartphone, I'm a little hesitant if that'll be true. Uh, yeah, you're right, and like even. Even like fucking Phantom Seer, like you know, it only lasted fifty three ish chapters. Um, but I think it'll be the longer running of them, just solely on the fact that there's such a drive for that style of story again. But it, who's to tell if it's a good written one? It it might just you know succeed. In, but poor like dog shit, like no, like it'll just drop almost immediately because fans are kind of tired of those ones too. Ah. Uh. Projections are hard. How do people do this for Actually, I just ball? thought of this. Like, Cypher Academy could probably fall into either of these categories, depending on the direction it chooses. Because we do have an all-female school, except for a male lead. And also, like, random, like, mind games at times. That is true. But I don't think it'll last too long. I honestly... I, I hope not. <laughs> I, I, I think it'll be gone by the time our next video of this comes out. Yeah, probably. We'll see how well this stuff ages. <laughs> and, uh, by the time this one ages, we'll have the uh, most uh, successful, you know, techie, techno babble, cryptocurrency shielding manga ever made. Um, who knows? It's, it's a shonen jump. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, you can never tell what they allow to live. <laughs> yeah, no, like we've tried, we've tried to predict the axing, but yeah, it's very hard. I, I do think, I do think, um, I would love to see Oh Great come back if Cipher uh, fails, though, because that's a mangaka that I really like. And I want to see them succeed in some capacity. Although Monogatari is like one of the most successful setting style series out there, so they're doing great from that. Hmm. So by the next video, 
projection-wise, I think we'll have three axes and then two more that are wrapping up. Yeah. Because we're doing these yeah, quarterly. I say I say that's that's uh, good. Good. I'm trying to actually get this to the five hour mark, and it's it's becoming increasingly difficult. We're four. How far 50, are we? <laughs> four fifty six and some change. Oh, okay. So let's see if I can come with anything else because we talked about most of the series in jump except for the jump plus things. I guess randomly I'll say other jump plus if we ever get. We won't get to them. I recommend Marriage Toxin. I recommend Maggie Lumiere. That's been going on for a year already, and it's really good. It's like Magical Girls plus Business and um, uh, Diamond in the Rough. Like, those are, like, series I can, like, swear by our quality. Diamond in the Rough was one that really shocked me. Like, it kept getting hounded to me by Faboyo, like, hey, watch, read this on stream, read this on stream, read this on stream. I'm like, fine, I'll do it. It was it had a lot of false starts, but once it gets to that start, it's really good. Um, yep. But and it, in terms of newer Jump Plus series, there's Skeleton Double, which looks promising, but is very early on, so I don't know if it'll be good. And there's Doc Doc Dark Doctor Ikaru, which I don't know how long that's going to go. It feels like it's like on the verge of getting destroyed, but I don't, can't tell in Jump Plus. It is very hard to tell. Like it could just be like very near the end of the story because you have so many fifteen chapter stories, uh, which is a whole other topic that we want to get into at some point, along with every Power Rangers ever, and then going through all of Naruto. Jesus. Oh God, that's gonna be a an adventure and a half. I I did talk to an artist about getting like professional style thumbnails done for those two though. Like, it's. Because those are, like, massive in undertakings. Like, massive. Like, every Power Rangers ever is, like, 700 episodes, 800 episodes of content. And then Naruto is right there as well. Like, it's 700 and some odd uh, episodes. And then Boruto's got to be involved in that. And hopefully by then Boruto's done. Well, uh, that'd be surprising. No, like that dude just wants to drag that on forever. Like it's, it's yeah, ridiculous. I've still enjoy it for what it is. But like, um, and I guess since we still have some time, I'll also say World Trigger is a fun monthly series to read if you want sci-fi strategy series. And then Shaw Shoten's a great gag series about comedy. It's a great way to learn about how Japanese comedy works, and it's drawn by the Death Note artist. Yeah, that's, that's what kind of got me a little interested in it, but it's not something that I think I would enjoy, so I, I kind of let You it might be there. surprised. I think there's actually some good character writing in it. That's good. But, um, like, World Trigger, like, I highly recommend that. It is on, like, a more irregular monthly schedule sometimes, but it is very much worth the read. Um, and then, like, Abyss Rage of the, like, old ones, like, that is a really good John Plus title. Um, it's just fucking straight up, like, it's hard to describe exactly what it is, but it's like a revenge manga set in the world of fighting, and it's really fun. And we have reached the five-hour mark. Holy shit. Nice. 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 Oh, well, that is a podcast. Thanks for tuning into this mini season two premiere. I need therapy after this. <laughs> I think I I need a 
I need a rest after that. Uh, and we will be back in like two weeks for another podcast talking about Ash leaving the anime. So until then, peace.